Come on, come on, come on, come on, not touch me, baby. Can't you see? Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. I wanna be dirty. Hello, Wolf. Like Jim that? Dude. Hello. What's up, hey bro? There, Reginald. Yeah. I was trying to think of names to call you. Reginald Drinkwater is what I like. Reginald Drinkwater the third. Uh, yeah, of of the New York Drinkwaters. What do you think of that? from each side, bro. That's right. You ever hear the song, we're just two guys and we're having a good time? Having a good time. You ever hear that one? No, I don't think so. You're old. You're an old man. <laughs> old man it is. And yes, Eric is gone again. He is in the Poconos. I'm sure most people around the country know what the Poconos is, right? Is that you know what the Poconos are, right? I know what the Poconos are. Jeff, yeah. they have gone to shit. The Poconos. Not I've a, heard. not a, what you've heard that. You well, know I, what I heard? I heard that they went to shit because a lot of people from New York moved there. What do you think of that? I, that's exactly what happened. Now, yeah, you, there are ads here that you, that you can go uh, own your own home in the Poconos. Oh yeah, and they always show a. And this is just the truth, folks, a non-white family. Okay. Uh, and I actually know a, fr a friend of mine, um, her mother married some guy that was just a total scumbag, just a total bum. This is years ago. And okay. they bought a home. Years ago when people used to do stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. Nope, uh, ever but, again. But no, this, this was even, I think, 98 or 99. Oh, so they were really just starting to uh, turn this, the Poconos into these shitty suburban tracts. Yeah. And he bought his land on this horrible patch of red clay that you, you couldn't even it's like do anything you on. Couldn't do anything with. And uh, he was pissed off that they were like building, you know, a hundred yards away. He thought, he thought he had moved to the mountains. He was going to live his rural mountain man life. Yeah. No, no. I heard he lives in like the, one of the worst blocks in Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. That <laughs> is even worse than Quaker town. Quaker town. It used to be Mount Airy Lodge, right? Yep. Well, the, uh, the beautiful Mount Airy Lodge where I laughed, one of my guys I worked with, one of my friends went there on like a, I think it was like an anniversary or something. It was like, Oh, the beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. He, he said it was such a dump. He said yeah. it was so disgusting. Not as bad as when me and my wife were just married. We went to D.C. and we stayed at the Fort Washington Lodge, I believe it was. And when we went into the uh, the room, the, there was a the biggest turd I ever saw in the in the bath in the, in the <laughs> toilet. And the worst was I go and Tanya walks in, she just starts crying because it was it, and it smelled awful. Uh, and then she's like, "Oh my god." So big I go in, and, she, and there's a big tear. The worst, though, no toilet paper. That's oh, what God. got me. I'm like, what the fuck happened? So then we went, and we, it was like one of those where we sat down 
on the bed and the sheets kind of were moist. Oh, you know, dude. like even I don't oh, know. And I, know exactly I just started itching immediately. Ugh. And we debated. We almost slept in the car because this was where it was one of those. This was not a fan. This wasn't the destination. We were actually on the way and I was getting tired. And yeah. so this was like halfway. We were almost at the hotel. And also, I think that what we did, we went the day before, like we were going to stop halfway, go. It's not that long a trip, whatever. But our actual hotel we were staying at in, in D.C., we didn't have for the till the next day. And boy, oh, it was awful. Oh, we still, man. We still have a turd without goddamn toilet paper. And that's why the marriage was never consummated. It right? never was. No, we had five steak, but we never consummated. And this was—I don't. This wasn't our honey. This was just a trip. We were going to go to D.C. and go to some museums and stuff. Now that we've talked about a, a big turd in the toilet, <laughs> I want to welcome everyone to the official and official podcast of Weird Science DC Comics for the week of June eighteenth, two thousand sixteen. See what Eric goes to the Poconos and it throws us all off. We're actually starting a little earlier than we ever have uh, for both of us. So that I guess you're still in Rehoboth, right? Yeah, I'm and still in can, Delaware. You're probably getting the hell out of there tomorrow, right? No, I'm, I'm no? leaving Monday, actually. Oh, what do you fancy? Yeah. Wait, my dad used to go to Rehoboth to go fishing. Never took me. Well. Never took me. I'll see if anyone knows him around here. Say, do you know this big 600-pound? You know what I fucking like, <laughs> see? The only thing he was fishing for was the buffet down there, the fucking... <laughs> You know, Johnny's uh, Seafood Buffet. <laughs> uh, yes, we're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Kids Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. Proud. These networks are funny. There's some people that I saw that are friends of the podcast that are on like 15 networks. 15 networks. Yeah. When it, where's the loyalty? Yeah, where's the loyalty with our, any, any old we have, network you like? Free. We're just freaking going to town. But yes, I, follow I us. I got news for you folks. If your Twitter feed is nothing but retweeting other people's podcasts, yes. no one is reading it. No. Are you making fun of me? No. Well, at Jeez. least you have you have other oh, things. Oh, okay. Like I, 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 I guess you're saying like the if it's just a network. But yeah. You're well, making fun of me when I start retweeting people. <laughs> I was no. retweeting these guys. These guys out of nowhere just messaged me. Hey, is there any way you could retweet a thing? They did a video uh, review of... Uh, Civil War, and they're guys who usually do sports stuff. Eh, fuck it. I put it up. I don't oh, care. That sounds cool. That's actually me being a nice guy. I am a kind of guy, if you came up to me and I was on my porch and you looked like you were starving and wanted a sandwich, I'll kick you in your fucking teeth. <laughs> but I'll retweet you. That's all, you know. <laughs> and, and you know what? It makes me sleep at night. I go to bed on my pile of money. But yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, as we're saying. A lot of Twitter this week. Uh, at Weird Science DC. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weird Science DC Comics. I'll tell you, this Facebook business, I yelled at Eric this week. <laughs> I'd had enough. We put up these articles, all the stuff that we do on the site, we put up on Facebook. And if I, here he is with his goddamn headlines again. It, he has the opportunity to put something on Facebook and then write, like, say it's a Batgirl first look. Uh, first yeah. look, Batgirl number one. Instead of him putting in the description when he puts it up there, like, Hey, check out the first look for Bat, uh, Batgirl's Rebirth, number one issue. He puts, bats are at it again, like <laughs> Kung Fu Theater. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Who is searching this? And then he's like, people like it. I said, nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. They don't see the shit that you write. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense. 
Well, he has been adding the titles of yeah, the comics. Yeah, because I told him. Know. I figured it. Yeah, but, but the thing is, it. I think it's so well back. It's 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 a lost cause. I look at all the things we do, the page, the Twitter, the and the Facebook is like a, it's a barren wasteland. <laughs> the one thing that he does, it's a failure. I think that's a general – you can say that about Facebook in general, though. I have to tell you or later on in the podcast because Eric will be on uh, to talk with some books. We've already done that. He listened last week. Oh, yeah. Whole podcast. Now, first off, he says to me um, – Oh, he says something. Oh, man, I heard that Ching Chong Chang. And I said, like, oh, my God. I said, I started laughing. And he's like, no, I'm listening. And uh, he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was laughing at how much you were laughing at it and all that. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's listening. If he keeps going, he's going to hear me say that I want to slice his throat yeah. and, and punch Jess in the face. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. remember yeah. I went off on and I said, oh. And I said, you listen to the whole thing. He goes, yeah, I'm, I, his neck hurt. He's crazy. He's like, my neck hurt. I'm stuck in bed. I'm just going to listen to the whole thing. So I had to do a little damage control there. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, really? So, yeah, there's going to be a part where I kind of say that I might want to slice either yours or Jess's throat. And I make fun <laughs> of her about a restless leg syndrome. <laughs> and he's like, oh, really? And I'm like, something there. like, right. And then he listened to it all. And then he was talking to me about the stuff. So we get on the last two nights and we're doing our stuff. And I said to him, oh, yeah, you heard that, whatever. He And he's like, I'm mad at Reggie. <laughs> like, really? He's like, I, he goes, I expect that shit from you. Reggie just sat there and did nothing. <laughs> so, so he's like, he said that I said, like, I'm going to fucking slice Eric's throat. And then you would go like, yup. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. That's so much. But yeah, he's mad. At I you. did say uh, Eric's such a funny guy. Yeah, you can email us. <laughs> Tell me how much of a jerk I am at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. You can also go to our site, which we would love to have people go to the site, look at our written reviews, our articles and stuff. And that's at weirdsciencedccomics.com. We're also on Podbean at weirdsciencedccomics.podbean.com. And yeah, check out our podcast wherever you get it. If there's any way you can rate and review, we'd appreciate it. But yeah, I'll also tell you there's the rant and rave line, the weird science rant and rave line. That has gone cold. You can call <laughs> it at 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. Uh, yeah, Dancing Mike, I, I really do think Dancing Mike, you, you're listening. You ruined it all. It, you, he set the bar too high. Also, I, I do want to mention, remember I said that I thought that I had upset Rocky last week? Yeah, I think I did. He didn't send in the mail again. Oh no, huh? Uh-oh. So I think he's done. That's what we, I'm the worst. So you alienated a lot of people last week too. I'll tell you, I'm surprised you got any. Uh, if you don't see a dip in your a dip in the stats, just because I was screaming and yelling at any. At, oh, oh man. Well, it was it was the you know Australian accent. It was hey, the, uh, like that super ching chong chang. Ching chong chang. That was not me. That was a, a listener <laughs> writing. And uh, though I do want to say. If you if you want to continue with that theme, anybody who uses the term shipping or they're banned from listening now. So oh, yeah, this, let's right. go. I fucking hate that term. I've heard it too much this week. I I thought it was funny when I first heard it way back. Uh, yeah, I hate that term, and people are going nuts about that and Green Arrow. Oh, the oh everybody's upset about Arrow shipping, and now the shipping, the shipping, <laughs> shipping. I, I I'm I want to kill somebody, but yeah, on Twitter so this the, week, the fans should stop shipping. You no shipping. No, no. I said company. that's the thing, though. That's not shipping. That's legit. You know, oh, that, okay. that's already going on. So you can't ship that. <laughs> it's me and you, Reggie. 
But yeah, I did get in a fight this week a bit with a lady on Twitter, and I was debating on whether or not to even talk about this. At one point, I was so fired up. I'm not that fired up now, but what happened is uh, Dan Abnett had retweeted that uh, it was one of those that, those announcements they keep making. Oh, the, the number one issues are reprinting again because Rebirth – sent in my little news thing. Um, Rebirth is a hit for DC, yeah, exactly. and I like to see them actually happy about it. You know what I mean? When these they, – they send these announcements about these things with their second uh, printings, third printings, yeah. and I just I just get the idea that they're all just smiles over there right now because things are actually you know coming up millhouse for them. It's actually working out. And though there is still that bad thing about that Eddie Berganza, and that's how you say it, right? I believe so. Who they had the issue where the guy was harassing women. They didn't fire him. So, yes, that's still there. That's bad. Um, but the lady was just had to jump on and Dan Abnett had said, Oh, I hope that this shows the people who are staying away a little from the, just the books in general. He's not talking about any sort of controversy. Just like, Hey, I hope that when people see this, they realize they should jump on the bandwagon too. And then I wrote back to Dan Abnett, Hey, everybody should at least give, you know, number ones a try or whatever. They're all really good. This yeah. lady jumps on. Yeah, everyone doesn't include the people who are boycotting DC because of the awful <laughs> practices. So I'm like, okay, you know, I, I understand. So I go to her Twitter page. She's somebody who did follow us, Reggie. She no longer does. She dropped us. But I go to her page. She basically has a Twitter arrow fan page. Oh, yeah. Everything she has on that page is, I can't wait for arrow. Oh, look at this. Uh, Felicity is here and at this con and I'm going to do this. And boy, when arrow this and that. So I messaged her and I said from, you know, right in the open and said, hey, uh, you know that I, I understand that people want to stay away from D.C. And yes, that, that's a big problem. But arrow is a D.C. property. Why are you saying to draw, everybody shouldn't go near DC, but yet you love Arrow? Yeah. And the response was, I don't pay for Arrow. Yeah. And then I wrote back, yeah, I think you do. And also, just you watching it gets them more money. Yeah, so then that's she, what it is. And then she writes back, well... Arrow's the last thing that I'm going to deal with from them because when Arrow's over, I'm done. And uh -huh. then I just wrote, like, how, how are you picking and choosing yourself? What but a boycott. demanding that, yes, this is not, you know, just keep your mouth shut. She's you obviously know, do making what you huge sacrifices. Yeah, do something. Yeah, she can't give Arrow up. It's the only thing she <laughs> likes, and she can't give it up. And I said, just, you know, do us all a favor and do what you think is right, but don't start yelling at other people to do what you want them to do when you can't even do it yourself. Yeah, there Sharks. you go. You said it. Yeah, I was, and I even messaged you. Look at this! And I'm, uh, at that point, if we had the podcast, I'd be screaming and yelling. I'm too. Tired. Oh, I think I, I think I said record right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm too and tired. Said, right now. Now. <laughs> and then later, a guy on Twitter was yelling uh, at me that the only reason that the Green Arrow book is selling is because uh, the Arrow TV show. And I said, well, what about three weeks ago when Green Arrow number fifty two only sold twenty thousand? You yeah. know, this, this isn't seventy thousand more people jumping on because of Arrow. Uh, a, show, they, a show whose season ended. Yes. So and I, why the fuck? And I said it's it's a number one issue. Yeah, and this was the rebirth issue. I yeah. said it's a number one 
in a company-wide pretty much reboot. It's hard to you know describe what Rebirth really is, but we'll say reboot. Yeah. So it's not even just a number one. This is a, it's a number one of a new universe going on. Yeah, yeah that's why it sold ninety. Not your it's arrow. Gonna be, it's going to be the best selling of the entire series for any of these guys. Yes, and and you know? DC played it smart. And I said it, the guy, and then the guy's like, I wasn't saying tried to backtrack. I wasn't saying that. I was saying this, and then said, well, you know, in a year we'll see when the if the sales dip. A year. I know. I said, God. Oh, they, they have this, yeah. of prognosticators. And then that's when uh, Mumbo Jimbo came out and said, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, it will drop at issue three. Yeah. I said it'll be halved by, you know, if issue three of Green Arrow is selling 50,000, I'll be shocked. I think that they'll all settle in around that 48 uh, to 40, somewhere yeah. around there. And then I've been, I've been exercising a lot. Me and my kids are playing a lot of basketball. A lot of three. Oh, yeah. Not a three-point contest lately. Not a ball. I heard you were hitting the threes. Oh yeah, I was draining those threes. It was yeah. raining threes in Quakertown, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there playing my ten-year-old. Yelling you- at him today. I was screaming at him. I'm such a tra. It's so funny because now I remember when I would play hockey. At least I knew I was okay at it. I'm terrible at basketball, so we. I'm trash talking, and it's like three out of every forty trash talks pay off. I'm, I'm like shooting a three. I'm like, yeah. You draining that bit, clank, air ball. <laughs> you grab. But you never stop trash talking. No. That's oh, that's part. I. I can only teach them one thing in basketball, and it's trash talk. But you know what? We're gonna get on with the news. We All right. The news. No, no singing. I told Eric I missed his stupid singing. DC tries free Harley Quinn Suicide Squad comic giveaway again, Reggie. Again. Oh yeah. DC Comics has revealed plans to offer a reprint. Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad April Fool's special number one as a free giveaway to promote the release of the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, they can't have a new comic. They, and even the whole thing, I know that this is going to be like a free giveaway, they're saying. Still, I, yeah. I don't understand them. But according to Diamond, the reprint will be titled Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad special edition number one. And we'll have a cover, new cover. Not really new. It's in the form of the Jim Lee cover previously used as the variant cover for Justice League 47. Remember that one where Harley is wearing the army helmet? Pretty good cover. I don't know. I don't remember. Remember that variant? She's like wearing – she's got like the eye black and a army helmet. I actually really do like that cover, but yeah. The reprint – It just goes to show that this thing's really being uh, cobbled together from – Whatever. And the reprint will be given away through direct market retailers starting July 27th. The giveaway comes hot on the heels of Free Comic Book Day, for which DC offered a different Suicide Squad reprint, a new printing of the New 52 Suicide Squad number one, a move that puzzled some fans and one particular podcast. (laughs) We're screaming it so much. This is just like Supergirl. The, the show comes out, and they have no plans. They're always behind on these things. Considering how... That issue had been released years prior and bared little resemblance to the team's rebirth incarnation or its movie counterpart. Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad Special Edition Number 1 is a much closer representation of what fans can expect from both the film and the upcoming new series. It's funny they don't even go with that uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad Most Wanted. Like, they don't even give away no. that one. They're like, no, nope, no. that piece of shit. Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad. And really, if you want the team, at least that had Katana and Deadshot. So you'd say that that makes a little bit of sense. But Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad Special Edition Number 1 will be available starting July 27th, just ahead of Suicide Squad's August 5th theatrical release so they're gonna have it'll be a comic book stores you can grab it i I don't know that this is gonna help anything 
because well, although it, I think it does have it has the same team or at least it ends it, up it with does, the same but again team. I'm saying that the where it seems like the, what I read where they're going to be giving this out are yeah. places where the people are already getting comics. Yeah, I know. That's this the thing. isn't. You gotta that, go to the movie theater. I remember when we went and saw uh, Man of Steel. We got, I believe, the number one issue, like a reprint of the number one issue of that Scott Snyder Superman Unchained. Okay. I think we got that, but even that was weird. But I didn't even know that. I, I really didn't put two and two together then to say that was weird. I got yeah. it, looked at it a bit, but they they at least gave that out at the theater. Yeah, that's so where you got to do got it. it. And that's what you should do. You should have that there. So you hand it to them. They go and see the Suicide Squad movie and then go, oh, my God, there's a comic. Because yeah. unfortunately, whether or not they want to admit it or not, there are going to be a lot of people who go see that movie who have never read a comic in their life. And sure. all of a sudden you have that. Even if here's the deal, even if you gave it to, say, you know, John Franklin, that's my made up name. John Franklin's there. And it's like. I don't fucking want this, but you know what? My neighbor has a kid. Maybe they'll want it. And then the, uh, they give it to the parent. And the parent's like, what the fuck are you doing? This, this is a fucking violent comic. Why are you doing this? Call the police. That guy gets yeah. arrested. When they go to his house, they find out that he had bodies in his closet and in his uh, freezer. And now, see, you solved the crime. There you go. The world's that a better kid, place. He, that kid becomes an arsonist. Yes. There you have so it. Everything, so, wor- everything, everything works, works out Everything works out at the end. But yeah, you can stop serial killers by giving out comics <laughs> at the beginning of movies. Why don't they do that? The next yeah. bit is something that we were talking about where DC also knows. And I think they also say, hey, let's figure out. You have uh, books coming out every two weeks. When do we think that shit will start leveling off and going down? Well, maybe they think it's September because uh-huh. in September we're getting the first crossover event. And that is Batwing, Nightwing, and Detective Comics will be joining up for DC Comics' first rebirth crossover. And it says here, this is a story that we had on our site as well and yep. did really well on Twitter. People seem to be very excited about this. Um, are you excited? I actually thought in how I wrote it up, I thought people would go ballistic. My first, my don't first like thought the, when I saw it was, of course, it's the Bat books. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, which I guess it doesn't really bother me, except to say like, well, that's pretty uh, figured. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I guess I'm excited. This actually is the same title as one of the very earliest Batman okay. stories well, from 1940. Okay, well, I'm going to say it's Gotham City is the battleground for the first crossover since the beginning of Rebirth this past June. Night of the Monster Men. I love that title. I didn't yeah. even know that was a callback. I love it. That sounds like fun. And in yeah. fact, if it was me, I'd fuck September. This would have been just the books in October for that fucking, you know, Halloween. You can make a good Monster point. Man. Yeah. It spans the Batman, Nightwing, and Detective Comics issues on sale late September and early October, pitting the heroes of Gotham against a mystery-shrouded foe from the Dark Knight's past. And now the thing that I didn't mind, like I said on the site, I even put, hey – you know, one of the things that I didn't like, and I think I put it as one of my uglies in our Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of the New 52, and, and I know that some of the listeners did, was too many crossovers sure. and stuff like that. Now, in my mind, that was always the Green Lantern book. That was It was riddled with these. You would get done one yeah. crossover event Batman, and start another one. Yeah, Batman was. Um, but I like this. You know why? Number one, six issues. Yep. That's all it is. And it's soon enough in this that I I don't know. See, this is the problem. I say all this. I think I even wrote it up. I get all the books. 
So these things don't bother me as much as, say, somebody who has decided that they're only going to get Batman and Detective Comics. Right. Then right. it really does throw a wrench into things. And I don't know if those people are just like, fuck it. And if it was me and I said that, I would not be getting Batman or Detective Comics those issues either. I would just, you know, take a pass for a little bit. Uh, I had ta- I talked to a lot of people and a lot of people are already starting to pick and choose what they can get because of this, you know, twice monthly. Well, I'm seeing like a that. lot of people settle on what we've seen, you know, if they're settling on Batman and a yeah. lot of people I saw like detective comics. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what, what I really, I mean, by the time it's September, so six issues will have come out of yes. Batman and, and detective. And then we'll have gotten, I don't know, I guess a four couple of, of night, yeah, yeah. Nightwing and Ben Batgirl. We'll just have to see how people take to yeah, them. And if, this is if only people don't like them. Then yeah. they're they're gonna say fuck you to this crossover. Yeah. Right yeah. There. Well, again, this doesn't have Batgirl. It's just Batman, Nightwing, Detective. Oh, really? Oh. And the big thing is that it's a, it has Kate Kane and Detective. No birds. Birds oh. is not included. Now, I said also, I do like this because it's one of the first times that Kate Kane gets to have her fun in one of these fucking crossovers. Yeah, I know. So, finally. Yeah, she's always pushed to the side. Eric yelling at me. She's not part of the Batman. <laughs> like she's the fucking one of the only ones related to Bruce Wayne, you son of a bitch. Oh, uh, six you really stuff. have the best Eric Shea impression. Yeah, Here, you want to hear my – people like sit there and must think because like you even said with the proud. Like he's there with – that's half of his thing. You'll You'll – Get so angry, or just normal life. This and that and the other thing. Fuck it. That's that's a solution. I'm, fuck it. <laughs> I get so mad. Six part story will begin in September with Batman number seven, continue in Nightwing number five, Detective Comics nine forty one, uh, Supergirl scribe Steve Orlando. He's actually the big guy in this because he's going to be co-writing with all of the other books. Uh, right. He'll co-write with the crossover or co-write the crossover with regular Batman writer Tom King. Nightwing writer Tim Seeley and Detective Comics writer James Tynion the Fourth. So this is pretty much a Steve Orlando joint, and I'm telling you, I am looking forward to see what Steve Orlando does. Uh, everybody who listens to the podcast know that I was not a big fan of Midnighter. I really think that he's going to step it up. I really yeah. do. I think that that was just a character that he had a particular idea for. And I really hope that he steps it up, actually. <laughs> I really yeah. do. Because I, I can't wait for Supergirl. And this sounds like a lot of fun. And they signed him exclusive. He has to have impressed him about something. Right? That's the, that's the working theory. No. You know? and I, I agree, though. I, in this capacity, I will see. I think he may be able to yes. shine and collaborating I'm, with people, and, working on the dialogue yep. especially. You yes. Know? This gives him a little more. And Tom King's dialogue, great. Yeah, and you more. know what? I have never had anything awful to say about James Tynan either. He, he is a good comic book writer. Oh. He hates us. But I, I don't have – Tim Seale we have some issues with. But uh, Tynan I do not have an issue with. It's just that he's so connected with Scott Snyder. That, but now he's branching off. It's fine. Um, the one thing, though, is people were saying to me, even on Twitter and on the site, like, oh, here we go, Steve Orlando. That means fucking Midnighter has to be involved. I swear, I pray – <laughs> that Midnighter's not involved only because I don't want Steve Orlando to have to, like, oh, we got to get Midnighter. Oh, get right. Steve Orlando. I don't want him to be tagged with that. Be like you know? typecast. Yeah, he's that. typecast the as the guy. Midnighter guy, guy. I really hope that there is no. Now, it makes sense. And the thing I said to the one guy who t- said that, Midnighter, Steve Orlando got the Midnighter book 
because Midnighter was on Grayson and everybody loved him. That's why they ended up having that book. Yep. So it makes sense if Tom King you know, is involved all this. But, boy, I hope that Midnighter does not show up. I like Midnighter. I don't like his dialogue for him, but I like the character. Yeah. But I don't want him to get typecast. I, I really don't. And eventually he's going to have to just say, listen, you know, I, I, every time <laughs> I, you call somebody else. But, yeah. yeah, Night of the Monster Man will continue on October's Batman number 8, Nightwing number 6, and Detective Comics 942. All right, the next bit of news is more Batman news. All Batman right. Day. You ever go to Batman Day? No. Well, this September 17th, you can, Reggie, because they announced that it's happening on September 17th. All right. And I will tell you, I said I, it. I in thought the Batman video. Day was just the day that you keep Batman in your hearts. No, that's every day. That's uh-huh. when all of us write a love letter to Batman every day. It's a love letter to fans. Uh, Batman Day came up uh, recently for us because we went to that free comic book day, and my youngest son, Logan, was so upset with DC's uh, offerings. That when we left, he's like, isn't there that other day that they give stuff out? <laughs> Batman Day? He's like, yeah, when's that? And I went, I'm like, I don't know. Well, this week I got to tell him. But, yeah, he was already yelling for it because that free comic day sucked. Yeah. And, and it's funny with them because of what we do and it's DC and stuff. They try to pretend to me that they hate anything else. And I say to them, you don't have to hate hey, what do you care? these other things. But that's – it's like so – pushed like they want to make me happy because they just cannot win my love no matter what they do yeah really if they're yeah. not doing it on the basketball court i'll Kids, tell you that if you're listening it's a fool's errand yes oh, yeah, it is. you'll never get this guy's love you'll He's never a get it. it it is a carrot dangling in front of you you'll <laughs> never get it dc entertainment will join millions of fans in celebration of the pop culture phenomenon as saturday september 17th was officially announced as batman day 2016 this is their official press release i think they're a little high on themselves here i don't know that this is a pop culture phenomenon hey you you can pretty much say whatever you want about batman you know he's uh He's omnipresent. He is, but is Batman Day a pop culture phenomenon? I don't know. To be honest, I forgot about it until yeah, I saw this you press release. you forgot about it. You're, <laughs> you're in and you forgot. Celebrating Batman's enduring and endearing legacy. I think it's also enduring. With generations of fans, DC Entertainment once again fate the iconic legend with festivities at thousands of comic book retailers, bookstores, schools, and libraries across the country. Retail activities include free comic book giveaways. And talent signings. Ooh. Confirmed signing events feature blockbuster talents like Frank Miller. Yeah. Really? He's great. They, I don't know. Scott Snyder. Good. All right. I'm for your, your response. For- I, I, I don't give a shit about any of these guys. Scott I mean, Snyder. Batman isn't signing. It's not Batman. It's not fucking Scott Snyder Day. Tom it's King. Batman Day. Keep going. Tom King. Yeah. All right. James Tynan Fourth. Greg Capullo. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's cool. Bruce Wayne. He's not. <laughs> now we're talking. No, yeah. we, we, we don't know that he's Batman if you found out that. Batman. <laughs> yeah. Batgirl. <laughs> Superman. Yeah. And Midnighter. They're all going to be there. Midnighter will punch you in your fucking face if yeah. you do anything. I, You're allowed to ask some fist questions. A, yeah, you ask fist questions, and then he'll press the flesh with you in the bathroom <laughs> in the back. <laughs> and, and and he might even give you a quarter for that. Uh, our comic book store that we go to, they did have that guy, a Marvel guy, who did like a couple of comics, but they, they don't have shit in our places. These are all fancy places near your house. It'll yeah. be – what's the uh, big comic book store in, in – 
Midtown. Yeah, Midtown. Then all of these guys will be there eating pizza together. I saw one event that they're there, and it was uh, Scott Snyder and Jeff Johns. Yeah, that was, and they that all was went to get pizza friends. and stuff. And I'm like, that's bullshit. I know. Fuck you. I hate those things. Look at them getting the pizza. Yeah. Yep, for all the people online, they're uh, lining up to. I'm sure if somebody, you fucking looked at them wrong. Fucking Jeff Johns won't even let you tag you, tag him in a fucking picture on Twitter now. <laughs> guy, he's getting too big for his britches. The annual fan favorite event now in its third year was first introduced on the iconic character 75th anniversary. Continuing the Bat Day, Batman Day tradition, DC Entertainment will present Bat-centric promotions, fans give, fan giveaways, and more. All under the character has become a superhero in many generations, continues to inspire fans across the globe. There you sure. go. You might even get pizza from Scott Snyder. I think that any time I would go to a giveaway or a signing and Scott Snyder's there, I would ask for pizza. Everybody, if you go to one of these, they'd say, where's my fucking pizza? I saw you get pizza. For, what? What are they, I'm not good enough for you with your fucking pizza? Hey. I'm going to protest. Yeah. yeah I mean, this, by this not going. Bad. This bat-centric, yeah, I'm, I'm boycotting. Yeah, that's, you're always saying. boycotting. You boycotted every Batman. I'm going to boycott it, everybody, because uh, bat-centric, that sounds a little, uh, you know, too specific. You think that is too specific? I just want pizza. Like I'm gonna, I want to go there, what? More inclusive. Yeah, you. I just want pizza. That's it. And it better have pepperoni. I could just see you. I could just see you at the fucking comic. Where's my pizza? I'm in line and I get there and oh, what do you want to sign? What do I want to sign my fucking pizza box when you get yeah. it, you fucking asshole. Get going. <laughs> uh, get me a pizza. And I'm telling you, you come back there and it has green peppers on it. I'm shoving it right in your goddamn face. You that fucking man, pizza. If anything you get, if anything you put pepperoni on that goddamn pizza. If not, yeah. just go plain cheese. Don't get fucking fancy there, Scott Snyder, and you got damn pizza. I'm sure he looks like, oh, I got you a feta cheese and fucking, yeah, here you go. Boom! There's your sun. Got you goat cheese Scotty and sun-dried boy, tomatoes. Fucking sun-dried tomatoes. I'll sun-dry your fucking face, you fucking <laughs> asshole. Now we're going to get on with the mail. All right, the mail. We got a lot of mail. Yeah. Lots of mail. We love the mail. You sure started do. off as a mailer. As a what a emergency Esther crapping the mail is that the word is that how you I, I, I don't know what that meant I don't know that what right saying. there was a stroke okay <laughs> the first mail, the first mail is from Dan and Dan says he starts off with sorry this is a long one reminds me of that night at that Fort Washington Inn oh oh but yeah he says hey guys haven't learned all your names yet. I think it's Jim, Reggie, Eric, and Chris. Let me know so I can get it right in the future mail. You are absolutely right. 100%. Absolutely 100%. That's funny because he just started listening a little bit. You're ahead of Eric, and I think you are. Eric has been lazy. Uh, it, all these things. There's somebody later claims Eric's up to no good with these uh, fucking days off. Uh, only my second time writing in, so I hope you guys will indulge me in a rant, especially about a book you have already talked about, and I do not mind. And it also ties into tonight's podcast. So uh, you know what, Dan? Go for it. Go for it. He says, I had heard about the new Hanna-Barbera line that was coming out, but honestly, I had no interest. Don't get me wrong. I love the old shows, but comics based on them just didn't seem to appeal to me. However, I was getting mixed signals. I heard bad things from you guys, right? Bad things. So far. There's one left. It's so so funny, too. It's so funny because I I feel bad because – 
he heard bad things, and then I think of myself, and I just didn't, I couldn't calm down. <laughs> I just ran. There's the rant and rave one. I just scream and yell. He heard bad things from you. I heard bad things from you guys about them. But another reviewer that I trust was raving about them. Now, when I was reading this first, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> There's somebody who hates us. Yeah. So I picked up the number one for Scooby Apocalypse, and now I have to get this off my chest. Now, still, I'm reading this thinking, oh no, he's going to say yeah. I'm an asshole. Here you we don't go. Know how to review you I don't know. How, no, it's more of the, you know what? You got to realize there's change. You know how I got with the wacky racers. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dan hates me. Now, I'll admit, when it comes to Scooby Doo, I tend to resist change. Scooby-Doo was a show that had been established long before I was a kid. He grew up in the 90s, but thankfully, I was able to catch all the shows through recordings, collections, and reruns. Ultimately, Scooby-Doo became such a huge part of my childhood, and I honestly consider it to be the greatest children's show of all time. And I wrote back to him, and I think that it – I'm almost with him. There's a couple yeah. others, but boy, of a cartoon – it's pretty hard to beat. It really is. It speaks to different generations, yes. too, yeah. you know, yeah. passed and down through the I'm, ages. I'm saying even the fact, like Eric's like, well, they're all kind of – I like that. That's why I like Tom and Jerry. I didn't like when they start talking and hanging yeah. out. And also, remember in that Tom and Jerry run where the French guy did it and it became really wacky and like yeah. really freaking like uh, – almost like the guy was on acid – I don't like that either. The animation it, was all like herky jerky. Yeah, too, and then they they ended good. up like grilling a lot in the backyard. That's, uh, that's, that's right. Yeah, spike the grilling. dogs there. Yeah, they were always grilling it up. But yeah, <laughs> this is why reading Scooby Apocalypse was so heartbreaking for me. I'm not against the initial idea behind it. There were always fun fan theories about Scooby Doo taking place in a torn down world. So why not put these characters in a legitimate apocalypse? Sure. However. What they did to these characters so criminal that Scooby-Doo cast should be unmasking the writers at the end of the episode. I agree. Uh, too many of the characters are completely unlikable. Velma speaks with such disdain, cursing those that don't see things the way she does. But Velma was always a character that, while knowing she was smarter than most, never put anyone down, but instead helpfully explained things to them so they can properly understand. I fully agree. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, went to the point of being almost annoying about it. You know, yeah, she like she was like always, sort of yeah. like a know-it-all. But it, she was a know-it-all, but she never used that against anybody. No. Like really, in the cartoon, y- you would think afterwards, why the hell are they hanging out with Shaggy? Yeah, yeah but because they were friends. You know what I'm saying? That yeah, they, they loved the guy because they loved him. She was smart, but she understood, due to to her glasses falling off all the time, that everyone needs help sometimes. Seriously, though, didn't she ever think to get those glasses resized? (laughs) That was her thing. Fred has been turned from a strong and confident leader and a man whipped. He's barely higher on the totem pole than a lackey or henchman. Finally, there's Daphne. First off, not a huge fan of her design, but I digress. She's so mean. Daphne was a character that always had potential to be spoiled, but she rose above it. She came from a rich family, and she could easily get by with her smoking hot looks. If you're not, if you're into that kind of thing, not my cup of tea, but she certainly gave me feelings I didn't understand as a child. <laughs> However, she rarely flaunted her richness and instead was constantly very kind. I agree with that it's as very well. true. Absolutely. She, her and Fred were doing shit in the mystery machine, but that was fine, too, you know? You know, occasionally a film would make her out to be a little bitchy, but even those films would show her come around to being the kind person she is, usually. I just don't see these characters that I came to love in this comic. Scooby's okay, I guess, and Shaggy's great. I said, Shaggy, they, they nailed, and that they was did. the that was the big thing that everybody was all up in arms about. I love him. But, I thought uh, he was going to be hipster Shaggy, and he's yeah. definitely the best one. Yeah, yeah. He likes uh, R.E.M., 
he lets them know this this issue. <laughs> so, so what what kind of call out was that? Ultimately, there's one crucial thing missing about, uh, and it was said in the review on your guys' website, which I did. There's no fun. Scooby Doo is fun. They are in a horrible and even legitimately terrifying situations, but they are pulling through, and that gets us laughs, making us enjoy ourselves, and teaching us about being brave despite being afraid. There have been countless TV shows, television specials, direct-to-video movies, and even two live-action movies, which he says he loves them. He loves them with a passion. I never saw the live-action movies. I don't mind them. I actually was trying to uh, track them down for my kids this week. I was going to watch them. Yeah, they're okay. Um, Freddie Prince Jr., you see him as Fred, right? I I I remember seeing the uh, the cast and it yeah. looked spot on. Yeah. You know, it all looked correct. And I, I've seen you know the uh, trailers, but never thought to didn't like stay away. Just never thought no, to no. watch them. Okay, and all of them understand one thing: how to have fun. There's nothing wrong with having a dark story, but creating one just to have one is stupid. And to change characters to fit that story is insulting to the source material, which is also what they did with. See, that's the thing. I didn't like Future Quest only yeah. because I don't like that property. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, I always found that very boring, and the comic kind of seemed boring to me. That's the one that seems to be sticking now. They're they're mixing and matching, you know, Herculoids in there and whatever. But that does have the spirit of the the cartoon. It does. I, I yeah. have to give it that. I just I never liked that cartoon, so I was kind of out there. But he says, but hey. That's just my opinion, uh, the opinion of an enormous Scooby-Doo fan. I understand it may be a bit biased, but I agree with Dan. Uh, the book is just not that fun. It really it's, isn't. It's We're, not fun. That's the no. big problem. And, and, you know, Dan's right in that, you know, I think I envisioned that it would have made more sense to have just the regular team. We said facing, that on the yeah, we said yeah, it on the podcast. Facing an apocalypse. You have, you have the first bit where Shaggy's there, and they're all there. But they yeah. see this guy come out, and the guy has the tag on still, and it's like, uh, you know, groundskeeper Willie. And they're like, hey, Willie, we already did this. And he goes to pull off his mask, and it's not a mask. Right. Now the guy is now – like you started out, they solved the crime like they always do. and the That would be funny. Thing. Yeah, exactly. At the and, end and of some apocalypse like, happens. Yeah, and then an apocalypse happens, and then they, they think that shit's still the same. They go to do this, and it's a zombie. It's a crazy monster. And then there's the zoinks, and the, you know, they sure. run off. But, and then they have to regroup and go, listen, sh- shit's not like it was. This is real. I even said it'd be funny if they pulled the curtain back and, like, they always knew it was stuff like that. But yeah. they, they, all you needed to do was have the Scooby gang in a real apocalypse. With real shit going down, and see how they react, and in the end, uh, saving the day. Right. In their way. That would be you know that I mean? would be perfectly acceptable, and acting like a team, you know, like what yes. they what they really are. And I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to put it past Giffen to make it so that they are a team by the end of this. Oh but, yeah, but it's like torture still, on the way there. Yeah, and just the fact that we had mentioned, like, hey, um. We think this was definitely a reaction, a late reaction to the afterlife with Archie. Yeah, but so. that was that was still fun within the comic. That was, was still the comic, just in a crazy situation that you never imagined. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But then next one continues. Chisanga says, "Hey guys." Hey, Jim, when I suggested you stop reading the Hanna-Barbera books, I was talking <laughs> about how you weren't having fun, like how Eric loathed to review Green Arrow and the Burnside background. Now, he's saying he's, because he said maybe you shouldn't do it. Unfortunately, I said when he did tell me this, it was the Wacky Racers, Wacky Raceland. Nobody yeah. wanted it. That was going to be Eric's book. 
He yeah, you did it as it. a favor. I yeah. did it, and I just hated it. And unfortunately, we this is not like I said how these other sites when they review a book. And I think we we have a couple other companies that have given us review copies now. Yeah. And I said to Brandon, "Hey, you know what? If you go into a book and you really hate it, just ditch it." Don't don't even bother reviewing it. It's not right. worth us reviewing a non DC book and just throwing because we hate it. Just you know, review shit that you like, and uh, that's not. We don't have that uh, luxury. No. Uh, how we have set this we, up. We, for we our don't site. try to do that though as much as possible. You know, yeah. you, give, you give the books to the people that are going to oh, enjoy yeah. them I the most. Because... All of your books right now are because of that. <laughs> I you, know. That's how you started <laughs> reviewing books on the site. I so, became yes, the Harley Quinn uh, expert. I had enough of Harley, so I gave it to you. And even then, and then you got uh, like Constantine Eric gave you because he wasn't. And that was right. more of a you were enjoying it more. So, yes, we do switch off. And, yeah, you mentioned Green Arrow. If Rebirth didn't happen, Eric would still be on Green Arrow. He was doing it. It, it was just an easy cut. Burnside Batgirl I started doing at the DCYOU in June. Again, it was a nice jumping on point. I yeah. gave you Suicide Squad when Tim Seeley started it. Yeah. Uh, you know, stu- Teen Titans. You not got know, Not Greg necessarily Scott. knowing it was going to end, you know. Yeah, yeah, seven, and six yes, issues yes, later, but hey. yes, yeah, you thought it was going to be like one issue, and then uh, you got Teen Titans, Greg Park. It was a right. deal, so you got that as well. That one, I just, I, you could have that six ways from Sunday. I, I yeah. didn't like that. But yeah, he says I also think Scooby Apocalypse and Wacky Raceland were terrible. So he's telling me it was. I took it as he was just like, why don't you get somebody? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, people jumped on me. Get off on the that. book! Pops. Oh my goodness! Yeah, at that that wacky raceland caused me more issues, I think, than Eric might have gotten from Batman Forty Four, and that is goddamn ridiculous. Why did the five people who like that wacky raceland have to come and yell at me? Wow, they they love that new take. It's, it was it sucked. It was so bad. It was awful. I, Do you I think said, that was the worst of the of the you easily? Know? Easily. Oh, all of them, right? Yeah. I Easily. I like. I actually like the art a little. That's why I gave it a three or a three point five. That I mean, go, going back now, you really can almost uh, feel better about Future Quest. You're like, yeah, hey, you know, it I wasn't did. my kind of thing. Yeah, but at that's least what I'm saying. I, and actually, I complain that it didn't change up enough. <laughs> I'm going back on that. I'm eating my words. <laughs> Said the thing that got me with Wacky Raceland the most is uh, there's a guy out there. You can look. He gave it a zero, and I read his review. I agree with him. Most of these times, you know, I read these reviews like, this son of a bitch. He didn't, no, I read yeah. it. I'm like, yep. I gave him like, if he was there, I'd give him a fist bump and maybe a chest bump. Like a fucking <laughs> Milli Vanilli chest bump I'd give him. Because I agree. But yeah, he thinks those are terrible as well. He says that DC uh, or where am I now? Oh, I, I start yapping. I forget. I also think Scooby Apocalypse <laughs> so Wacky Race are terrible and why they aren't part of the DC. It's still weird that they're going this gritty while the main DC universe is trying to be more light and fun. And I said that in one of my comments that, you know, that's one. Actually, I said it in my review. It is weird. The timing was very odd to get very fun and light things and try to make them gritty. But yeah. these things, especially not even Scooby, it's Wacky Raceland. That's the worst to make that, wacky to make that, that gritty and dark. And yeah. I, I, I'll get into it. Sexist fucking uh, against transgender. How many things can you do wrong? Oh, it was awful. Whew. Let me gather my thoughts because next we have Pistol. Pistol's going to call me out on some things. I might have to do this with Pistol. I, I got my Scottish accent. Hello, love. Very good. I, I actually, let me think of a Scottish. I, I, Scottish, you just have to like spit everything out. 
everything sounds like you're it's like german too <laughs> germans in german could be telling you you're the greatest person ever and be you know telling you the yeah. accolades of all and it sounds like they're ready to fucking kill you it's such yeah. a harsh language <laughs> i remember there was a commercial way back that you never see many german stand-up comedians and i don't know of any do you know any you, you look I up can't, i can't look think up of german. any but you look up I, German fucking stage act there. I don't know. Not too often. No, no I must not into that. You're not into the German stand-up yeah. comedians. Well, I'd say one of my one of my biggest hurdles would be not knowing German. That would probably be a hurdle. And really, yeah. you don't watch many German like television stations or anything. Not too many. You know, sometimes you know I like to look sometimes. at a little uh, some German clips. Would online, you? Okay. Would you totally think different. that I don't even want to know what you're looking up? Because <laughs> there's either a shite or you're looking up awful things from World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if I was a German comedian, I'd go with the name of Helmut. Actually, um, Helmut von Penis. I think that would be good. Very good. I don't, I'm <laughs> trying to think of something. <laughs> I, I said, I think I mentioned on the my one son, I really wanted to name Werner von Werner. Because wow. growing up, every time somebody would say my name, like school and even college, they'd say, oh, Werner, uh, you know, that's a good first name, too. So I'm like, fuck you. I'll make it a first name and a last name. You it's son. a horrible first name. Werner. I guess Werner, it's, it's, Werner it's, von it's Werner. Like a fucking, for like a super villain or a mad scientist. Right. It's good, you, you know. got it. Oh, Werner. Werner Braun. Hey, Jim, <laughs> Eric, and Reggie. First hello. off. What's that? Hello. I, oh, hello. I thought you were yelling at me still. First off, Eric said he thought Mark Hamill's voice, and this is Pistol again. First off, Eric said he thought Mark Hamill's voice didn't sound quite the same as before the trailers for the upcoming animated movie, The Killing Joke. But I saw Hamill say in an announcement presentation that he lets the script tell him what type of Joker to play. So perhaps it's on purpose that he sounds a bit different. I think that's retroactive on Mark Hamill's part. Probably. All right. you, here we go. You guys rag on Grant Morrison. And I just recently, and just recently, you said that you didn't like Jacques either. So I conclude you just hate Scottish people. Now I will say right now, didn't know Jacques was fucking Scottish. No, you didn't. No, he I didn't. is. And he's Jacques. Thought he was fu- Jacques. That sounds fucking Australian to me. Well, in Scottish, it's like Jack. Oh, Jacques. Jake. Hey, Grant Morrison. Jake. How's that? Oh, it's gang. Wow. On. Now I'm German again. I mean, I'm mean, uh, gang. Gang. Very good. What was that? Was that your uh, that was Chinese my, officer? That was German. <laughs> Ching Chang Chung. What are, what are your feelings on Frank Quietly, Mark Miller? I'm only joking, though. I know you guys don't discriminate in regards to who you hate. Uh, you're a big Frank Quietly fan, aren't you? Oh, I like Frank. Of course Quietly. you are. And I like I like Mark Miller too. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Mark Millar, I believe. Are, it is. Are, is it Millar? I never yeah. know. He's Scottish too. Yeah. I fucking hate him, then. I don't know Frank Quietly. He's Scottish. You hate him too, huh? He just made the list. He made the wow. list. I hate everybody that isn't me. <laughs> Jim, I've thought this for a while for many reasons, <laughs> but you can never show your face. Screw manship's friends. That's what everybody <laughs> says. Nobody wants to see this mug. You got to keep that mystery going as long as possible. And when he, when he sent me this, I actually was going to send him a picture of myself. I, wow. I did. I took a couple selfies last night. Whoa. Yep, I did. One was shirtless. Uh oh! Did you manscape? No, I did not. Well, I did not. Actually, I was gonna like, I'll shave and hey, pistol. There you go. I can't remember what it was, but you guys. Well, I can't remember what it was, but you guys said there was only one reason to buy Harley books. 
I think it was just the sexy factor. And if, if that's an Eric statement. You, yeah, really, well, would, it's the humor. Yeah, but I got to say, I think the only reason for buying them is that the resale price skyrockets after buying them. I was at a small Comic-Con a while back, and there was a guy selling Harley Quinn number 27, I think, with a big sticker on front saying, Red Tool First Appearance. Wow. And no joke, this was like a week after it came out, and I and he had bought it already. He was this guy was trying to sling it for like three times the cover price. Really? And all you need to do is look on eBay to see the crazy prices people are selling these Harley books for. Wonder if I could sell like this coming up Wednesday's book. You think I can get some money for that? Uh, maybe, but get you know, get in trouble for that. I get in trouble for that. <laughs> so he says, uh, which is the Harley the. Oh, God. And all you need to look on eBay to see the crazy price of people selling the books from which is only going to increase with the Suicide Squad movie coming out. I'm having really a lot of problems. I'm so tired. In the same thread, you were talking about new solo books that should be. I completely agree that there should be a Shazam book. I love Shazam, but we're all going to wait because fuck you. Bam. Three new Harley <laughs> books instead. He's against Harley. Huh? Lastly, the new Red Robin design. What the hell is that? If I'm correct, the New 52 changed Tim Drake's backstory and said that he had never actually been Robin. He was only Red Robin. Is that right? And it kind of is. I was thinking about this. They it, they skirt between it, but they really did. They, it was one of those where they were trying to uh, make the time yeah. uh, make sense. And you can't really say that Jason Todd wasn't because he's Red Hood now. And you got Damien and obviously freaking uh, Dick Grayson. So I, I think it kind of is but isn't. And, I think, because they, I think even they've says, relaxed to that. Yeah, they have. Because uh, they, yeah. they even they kind of hint at the, you know, he's the one who figured out Batman's like, you know, they've gone and done that to prove how uh, smart he is. But, uh, yeah, I think that what they originally tried to do, if I'm not mistaken, was that he had figured out Batman's identity kind of, and then but then Batman, like, okay, you're the side guy. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, he so, was never a sidekick. That yeah, was no, a, no. He, but he was he just was sort like, of like a yes. confidant or something. Yes, he kind of said, okay, you and Teen Titans was Batman's. This. Teen Titans was yeah. Batman's initiative. Yes. Was something he told Red Robin to put that team yep. together. Yeah, which so was, you know, stupid, he was never but, you know, a sidekick. But yeah, and then he was then he was Batman Beyond. I mean, talk about a character that did not know what the fuck. Yeah, to really. Do. So I, that, I think I think like you said last week. You have to take some of the stuff and rebirth at well, face value. You wanna, you, if you, you think about it too much, you're going to break your brain. Well, wait till you hear later when me and Eric start yelling about that shit. Me uh, and Eric get a really big argument yeah, about I, this. Eric is not one to take, take because, things as they but come. But it's weird because it, it was more like me just saying, like, hey, with rebirth, you just got to loosen up. You just got to let things happen. You can't say, like, oh, well, because it, the whole thing, the Eradicator was in Krypton Returns. Yeah. That doesn't mean the same, but but it, it he was already there. The eradicus, you gotta yeah, stop it. You yeah. gotta stop it. This is new, and I I keep <laughs> trying to tell him, it's not. I'm not saying that a crack in the universe made this. I'm just saying that you gotta loosen up because they're just saying, listen, guys, write some fun stories and let's get back to what it used to be. It, yeah. it doesn't even have to make sense in a rebirth way. He can't get it through his head. And, that, and and that's what those zero issues have been about, really, is just to say, like, all right. Here's you know, what you're going to so, get. Just so there's no ambiguity, here's here's what we're working yes. with, here's these characters. Now, here's I, again, continuity. as as Pistol's saying, it does throw me off seeing Robin in that crazy redesign of uh, Red sure. Robin costume. And also, I would have liked to – it's weird because I would like to see Tim – get something better but like you said they've been trying all over the place to do things with them and they can't i don't know where else you can go i don't think anybody's buying a red robin book 
by well, itself. Well, I mean, God, God forbid they see this Detective Comics that they love uh, Tim Drake, Red Robin. They go to buy something. They're like, I want to get everything by him. Next month, they're going to have a fucking uh, Teen Titans book. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That has no purpose for anything, you know? This no, yeah. Fucking... That's that's the weird thing. That's why I, I really think that these extraneous New 52 issues that are still yeah. going on are, are going to kill people. I because, so. like you said, then, then you buy that one issue of Teen Titans, you're like, Boy, this is bullshit. Then you see Rebirth come out. You're like, oh, I already read. People don't – they're not in the know. Like most yeah. people grab things. They're not looking – DC has to realize this. They, you can't fool people, but uh, not even fool. Don't confuse them. That's what it is. Because they pick up a Teen Titans like this week. Next week we get Teen Titans. Rebirth's going on, so a lot of people are going to the comic store. And especially people who just go there like, oh, I heard about this Rebirth. My friend said it's a great way to start. Oh, Teen Titans. I like Teen Titans. Go. Let's see this. And like, whew, that was awful. And I didn't know what was going on. It seemed like the story was going on. I'm done. And they won't know that it wasn't Rebirth or anything. It just, or they'll just be confused, or you know, say they go to get Teen Titans because they see Tim Drake on the cover, which is unlikely. But if that if the were to happen, they might read that and say like, this doesn't bear any resemblance to what I read before. I guess that other yeah. comic is over. Like, well, it, yeah, no, people, yeah, people won't even do the re- do any research. And I'm not I'm not putting this against people. They just don't give a shit. No, you know well, I mean? not even just like, not, not give really a shit. Just... <laughs> I'll tell you when I, when the new Fifty Two started. Um, people, I'm talking about people who aren't in the know. Like, they don't know, but they're, they're compelled. Like, they hear something they think sounds real interesting. Oh, you know what? I always wanted to get in the comics. I'm going to go. Yeah. Unfortunately, besides the gym, the comic store may be one of the most intimidating places you can go into. <laughs> and it may not even be every comic store, but you have in your head all the stories you've heard that if you go in and say, Hey, uh, I want this new, uh, Robin book. Which Robin? There's five. You're yeah. like, ah, and you get all scared. And run. Nobody wants to ask questions. And really, there's a guy at our local comic book store, biggest fucking asshole I ever met. Now, there's a couple girls there. Very nice. They'll steer you to things and talk about things. This other guy, if you happen to get him, he's not going to give you any information, and he's just going to make you feel like shit. Yeah, and you're going like to leave. Real shit face, oh, he's a dick. Yeah. But yeah, but people just going into something that you don't know about, and you go into a comic book store and you see walls of comics and just tons of all this stuff and you're looking for one little thing that you think you heard or want to know and and you get intimidated and leave and it's yeah. and or you go like me you don't ask questions you go over oh teen titans oh here it is you, you take it you buy it and you go home and like what the fuck is yeah. this Who and are then, these people uh, what people the hell this going? rebirth was a good jumping on point they won't i wouldn't know that that's not rebirth yeah. i would think in my and you know Stupid thing. It's not stupid, but my uninformed way, I would go and think that everything that DC on that wall has to be Rebirth because they said that Rebirth was. I'd grab it and off I go. It's just like when the people go to the Suicide Squad movie and they get this Suicide Squad fucking special (laughs) and and they think that's – it's just – it gets confusing. I really don't know why these these issues carried over because it's just it's confusing. Yep. He says so he had that stupid cow pre fifty two and then he had the red wing design of late. Now in Detective they gave him an amalgamation of Dick and Damien's costumes, but as far as I'm aware he still wasn't Robin after Jason. So why dress him up like one? If I'm wrong on any of that, please explain to me. But like you said, Batman kind of had him go to the Teen Titans. He yeah he's he's part of the Bat family. Obviously, he's every time they go and. 
really where you get a little confused is something in the like picture, the, after the all, Batman and Robin uh, Eternal. He's right in there. He's considered amongst yeah. the other Robins. It's never like, you were never a Robin. He's just this other type. It's like Duke now. I'm Even Robin Moore, he was big on the Yeah, Robin that's what I'm Moore, saying. But, that he's yeah. considered because it's it's a gray area. It really is. Yeah. They, they had a problem there where they wanted to make that specific five years, and that in the Bat books it didn't work. So that's where they have to say, well, the continuity stays, and we'll mix and match and, and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, and he says, thanks for all the free funny. Keep up the great work. Hardest working guys in comics reviews slash podcasting. That's his hashtag. Longest Whoa. hashtag ever. Yeah, uh, really. Love Pistol Obsidian Blackbird McKnight. The next one's from J-Man. He says, what's up, Jim? What's up, Jim? Eric and Reggie? What's up? What's up, J-Man? What's up? First, uh, Rebirth Teller read this week was Batman. It was good, but not great. As I was reading the issue, I started thinking back to Snyder's Batman number one in the New 52 and unfairly rated this issue based on my memories and enjoyment of Snyder's Batman number one. I have to admit that Snyder's first issue grabbed me and captivated me a lot more than this issue. Perhaps I can hope for a cliffhanger or foreshadowing of a new menacing threat in issue two in less than two weeks. Duke didn't do much in this issue, and the emotional impact of Batman almost dying on top of the airliner did not hit me very hard. So I'm hopeful, but not very impressed yet. And we talk about that. I really do think that's still to get people up to speed. People who didn't uh, read the New 52 and weren't there when Bruce and, uh, you know, Batman died. I think that having that almost happen, you can't have him die again, but having it almost happen even throughout some of the things that you could uh, get involved with that Batman 52 about his parents being proud. Eric hated it. He hated that part, but I think that this was – I think that really because uh, what I'll say later, um, the main thing is this Gotham and Gotham Girl villain, and that's the last page. So right there just I think says that that you know still getting people up to speed yeah. and showing – now, I really think that this Batman is changed. Since he died and came back, I think he has changed up his game a bit. So I think that that is what he, what Tom King is trying to show you. That, hey, listen, you got to know that this Batman is really concerned about uh, dying a good death, uh, having his parents proud, and stuff like that. So it's, now he can go forward. And I yeah, was, well, like no, the Zero issue was like a continuity thing. It was like Alfred's got his hand back. Yeah, and yeah, Duke, yeah. Duke Thomas is in the picture. He's there. And, so and then, was, yes. And then and this, this one was more like, all right, here are, here's the real story and yep. characters. And here's the know. Batman. I really thought also this one, you say, uh, J-Man says Duke wasn't in it, but I really do think that this was to show that, boy, him and Duke are fucking right on point with each other. Like, yeah. Batman yells crazy shit. Duke knows what he's talking about. Like, they are really connected already, and he calls him Mr. Thomas. Mr. Yep. Thomas! <laughs> I like that. He goes on, I really like Green Arrow number one. I had a theory about the cliffhanger ending. I think Shadow was trying to infiltrate the underground men organization as a bow-wielding mercenary for hire. Emiko was Shadow's undercover accomplice playing along and staying close to Ollie. When Shadow was given the order to kill Ollie, Ollie's decoy stepped in. Who was Ollie's decoy, you might ask? Clayface. You son of a bitch, Clayface. Straight out of Gotham on loan from Batman and the Outsiders. So it was really Clayface. He got hit with a half dozen arrows. I do not think that... I said in my thing, and you'll hear later again, I always spoil everything for later when we hear these things. <laughs> it's um, all right. I do believe, Reinforces it for yes, later. I do believe there's a point where they show Emiko looking at an arrow. I do think that Shadow is doing this to protect Oliver because at one point right before she attacks Oliver at the end, uh, you see Mr. Red Mask, as I called him, uh, Broderick, the uh, the guy who uh, who runs Ollie's uh, the finances of the Queen Industries. He uh-huh. says... 
we don't want Shadow to kill him now. We have to bring him down first, then Shadow attacks him. So obviously Shadow is working with them. I don't think – I do think she's infiltrated them, like uh, J-Man says, but I think that they want to make it look like Oliver is dead now so that this organization can't do anything against them. That's my theory. But so far, pre-New 52 Clark's son is less annoying than I expected. I love it. It's a damn shame what, that John, what Jonathan accidentally did to their cat. You would think that Clark would make power control training with his son mandatory if he had any suspicions about that superpowers John was developing. He does tell him. He says, don't use them. And John yeah. says, won't. But it's one of those where it, it is when, like an old lady who lifts a car. It is just an adrenaline fucking action, and he does it. He visions. Also, you know, little kids are fucking liars. Yeah, they do. They, they, he, they, they you know say that, that you, you know, you, you tell them not to do something, and, and you really, guarantee they're going to do it. A kid, you know, impulse control, not strong in kids. No. Heat vision and freeze breath are two powers that could definitely do some damage by an untrained wielder. Hell, the same could be said about most of Superman's power set. Give that boy a mandatory lesson. He was going to. He was going to do it later. They were going to make that bond. See, man doesn't know that Clark went through about a dozen hawks and cats in his yes, so they, it's not, they didn't it's, show that. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't come naturally, you know. No. And the worst, he didn't even use his powers. He just punched them to death. <laughs> and it, not even super strength. He wanted to make sure he felt human. That it, He learned early because Pete Ross, serial killer, Pete yeah, Ross used to do that. And that's what Clark learned was to be human. Was to torture. That's how you have to torture animals. Although I get a complete, uh, I get a couple of image titles and some valiant titles. I'm presently much more excited to read the Rebirth titles. I I am too. I have a feeling that Rebirth will slowly shift readers away from Marvel. By the way, Jim, you should check out a new series from Image Comics called The Fix. You know what? I have. Whoa. And I have been meaning to, I think it's up to issue three is going to be coming out, if I'm not mistaken. I read the first two issues, so if issue three is out, I have not gone up to date with that. But each Monday when we do our Just for the Halibuts, yeah. I always have that in my thing. I always pull up all my comics that I want to uh, review, and I just always end up not doing it. I yeah. always do something else. And again, you, I wanted you have to do 15 other ones. Yeah, well, I wanted day. to do the Dungeons and Dragons one today uh, because I really enjoy that as well, uh, the Jim Zub one. And yeah. I didn't get to it. I did the, the what's it called, the covers of the week. I get all involved, you know, fucking raising kids, shit like that. I had to mow the lawn. You know, sh- shitty right. crap, real world shit. But uh, so I'll be doing that on Monday. But maybe I will uh, buckle down and do the fix. But it, it is really good. I would describe it as a mashup of Goodfellas meets Grand Theft Auto with lots of dark comedy and poignant commentary on life as a dirty cop. It's just fucking funny. So go pick it up. I agree. If you guys haven't read that. It's really good. I, I've heard it was it. good. You would love it, Reggie. Yeah. That's all for now. Keep up the good work. J-Man from Monterey. So J-Man. Yep. J-Man. J-Man, that freaking German. See, he'll like my German impersonation. They freaking <laughs> shut down this company. <laughs> Alex M. says, hey, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, and all the other weirdos. So I took a long shit this morning, and I was, I was reading two and a half issues during that shit. What's the most comics you have read while on the John? I'll tell you. Recently... <laughs> As in today, I read Dark Knight Returns, Last Crusade, all while taking a dump. And that is a huge comic. And what happened is I had this That's like hamburger. four regular comics. Yeah, right? I, well, yeah. So right there, we'll take it. I had, I had some bad diarrhea. And I don't know about you, Reggie. Have you ever had what I like to call constipated diarrhea? Is it, it, it kind of comes? It comes and starts and stops. Yeah, kind of, and then yeah. and oh, then yeah. it's like hurts like hell, and you go and you're like, how? What is what is plugging this up? 
Yeah. What is stopping the flow? And then sometimes you just kind of bend a certain way, and yeah. it just, it's like the oh, damn Oh, I was broke. doing that. Yeah. Freaking legs up, freaking behind the neck. <laughs> you got to get that uh, I was gotta get that step stool, the shitter yeah. thing. Uh, really, we have a – after I talked about that, we have a step stool in there, but I don't think the angle's right. It yeah. works sometimes. But, yeah, today I ate this hamburger. I had a double cheeseburger, Swiss cheese. Um, sauteed onions and mushrooms on a pretzel roll. I made that for myself. Oh, you made it. Oh, Oh, yeah, I made it. It tasted so good. Something was wrong. Something went wrong on that way, and I don't know what it was. I also wanted to – I'm going to make a chicken pot pie uh, tomorrow, and I had some chicken, and I usually do a thing where I actually put the chicken with a little bit of butter in the crock pot, and I let it cook on low for a while, and it really comes out well. It's something that people don't usually do. It's just their chicken, a little bit of butter, boom. So I, I put it all in the crock pot. Then all this crap happened. You know, I'm reading on the John. I'm doing all this. And then about five hours later, I decided to check on the chicken. Never turned on the crock pot. Ruined just, all the chicken. Just sitting there, just rotting so with angry. a pat of butter in yep, there. Yeah. There's a pat of butter. I'm like, God damn it, I, I didn't turn been, on the I think it would have been funnier if you looked in the crock pot and your son had peed in it. Wait <laughs> 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 you hear this podcast. Uh, you'll hear later. I got so angry. Me and Eric were recording the Batman book the other day, and uh, all of a sudden I hear screaming. I went down, Rafe, shit the, on the floor, and, and had projectile throw up from eating ghost pepper salsa. <laughs> all in like a two-minute span. I start yelling at it later on the podcast because uh, when you hear Batman at the end of Batman, you hear this, rah, rah, and then we, I had to stop. And then like when we, we were still recording, but I edited it out. I'm like, I'm going to fucking go kill him. And I slam down the shit and I go down. They're all running around. Oh, my God. <laughs> and there's this fucking turd in the middle. Of, they were watching the basketball, the Golden State Cleveland game the other day, screaming, oh, yelling, ah, ah. and then I'm like, oh, God, what's going on? And like, that's not the worst way. He tried to eat this ghost pepper fucking salsa and projectile threw up all over the place. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. By the way, Jim, I don't know if anybody corrected you. Nobody did. But actually, Dearborn, Michigan, you know the place. You were joking about during Greenland's Rebirth Review, saying it probably has one or two Muslims living there, when actually it has one of the highest concentrations of Muslims in the entire United States of America. And I didn't remember. I thought Eric said that, but I must have said it. I must have said, hey, you know, they just keep doing it because there's only a couple in the but he says, which makes me think, did some guy tag every other garage that night with anti-Muslim slur graffiti like on Simon Baz's garage? Yeah. And it's just that, – that makes it worse. You know, you have a full-out huge Muslim community and you're writing terrorist on the one guy's thing. And, and also the sister getting fired all the time just seems off to me. Yeah. I don't think that that plays – you know, people would stand up for that. In, uh, in a community like yeah, that, yeah, I think there yeah. would be a little more of a support and he system. He says, huh, here's another. Yeah, how the hell could Jeff Johns make a fuss about the New 52 and Rebirth for being so grim when the Dark Side War had such a dark and violent conclusion? Let me just point out that in Just League 50, Dark Side War Part 10, a baby was born uh, to a bastard, uh, a bastard to a mom that was evil. Then the mom died with her baby in her arms, and then the baby killed someone else's mom, and then the baby was turned into the dark side. Now the baby's being raised, the person who killed his mom. Oh, don't forget, most of Gotham was probably burned down during the fight. Maybe it was the right conclusion for such a violent and dark era of DC Comics, which is pretty much still going on. Finally, I just... 
I want to congratulate you guys on a seven-hour podcast as well as the awesome Good, Bad, and the Ugly podcast. If I can add anything, it would be to add a title for Biggest Winner and Loser of the New 52. My pick for Biggest Winner would be Killer Croc. Since the New 52, Waylon Jones made the largest growth as a character and probably is involved in some of the best appearances throughout the New 52, including Batwoman, which I loved him in. Uh, actually, I liked him in Batwoman, loved him in Catwoman, uh, and at Gotham Academy as well. He was pretty yep. good in that, too. He made the, it's funny too because Eric doesn't read any of those books really, but you could make the thing like it always seemed like a different character. You know it what did. I mean? And I yeah. didn't care. I liked it every time. He made such an impact during that time that he was even included in the big spread for the recent rebirth ad. Yep. And I'm pretty sure it's not just because he's in the Suicide Squad movie either, but yeah, I think he's in the book as well, right? That yeah. they, they had him. It was weird. They had him at the end of that issue the, tonight when we talk about. He, he's eating the zebra. Yeah, well, they, they, they're working these people in, obviously. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be the roster. It's going to be the movie roster. Yep. Although it's weird because El Diablo, well, yeah. I reveal I, it. But, yeah, but yeah, I get, maybe he'll yeah. come back from Yeah, I think he's, he's going to come back. Yeah. Uh, actually, tech, anyway, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, as for The Biggest Loser, well, like you guys said, this guy has been in some bad bucks, and that would be Tim Drake, a.k.a. Red Robin. How much time. I, I agree with you 100% on that one. It's funny, too. You were talking about this earlier. I didn't send you the mail, so you had no idea that this was coming up. Now yeah. he's back in Gotham, and maybe Mr. Tynan can figure something for the kid because he needs it. I think he'll be a little better in, in detective. Thanks for all the hours you guys drone on about essentially nothing important. I look forward to this one and finding out what you guys thought about Superman. I bet you can make it an eight-hour podcast. I'm sure this letter helped. Written in a letter by Alex Martin. Next one is Dancing Mike. Hey, Jim, Reggie, Chris, and part-timer, and hello, mother. I am writing this week with a public service message for all of your listeners. If you are tempted to subscribe to comics directly through DC, don't. I had some problems myself the one yeah. time. Uh, it was Legends of Tomorrow. Remember I told you on their deal? And I, I paid for it three times. Remember, While the yeah. savings are significant, the inconveniences associated with the direct subscription service are more than enough to offset any monetary value. Let me preach on it. I have one issue of Batgirl left on my subscription from DC, after which I will be getting that series from my mainly uh, – my newly opened local comic shop. I also will be getting Batman from the same shop after issue 13 of the new run because I foolishly re-up longer for Batman. While the next issue of Batgirl will be a little over $2 and therefore cheaper than the cover price, I think that the remaining issues of Batman, which were a bargain at a little over $3 when I subscribed to the three ninety nine comic, may be more than the cover price. That's weird. Unless DC did some math to compensate for the new price point, which I sincerely doubt. Yeah, that's, mm. that's, that's weird. And that doesn't take into account that with Rebirth. I don't know what DC is sending or not sending. I thought maybe they would, wouldn't send Batman Rebirth since it was technically a one-shot. So I bought that issue. Then I received it in the mail about a week and a half later. See, I have my problems digitally, but he's getting it actually delivered. Yeah, he's getting it. I, I, so, I didn't yeah. even think about that. But, yeah, of course yeah. he's getting it right yeah, from the yeah, publisher. Yeah. So that takes away some of the value right there. And that's another point. When you subscribe through DC, you get the comics a little over a week later than the release date. This is also, uh, Brandon talks to me a lot. He gets his from like DCB. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, I was, I was, uh, not going to. And you did know, you as well? Promote. No, I, I, I never, I, I've ordered stuff through some of these, uh, okay. websites. I was yeah. not going to actually promote a website that isn't paying us to tell. Oh, there are yeah, places yeah, well. you can get these things online. Yes. Well, uh, Brandon gets that, but those, they're always late too. That's they, the they, thing. They, that's the thing is they come a week, they yeah, usually come I, about a week you know later, what? but. I can't deal with that. Well, I, obviously, for the site, it would well, be useless Well, not even just the site. If I was a, if I was a fan, 
I can't, yeah. can't. I can't deal with it. Once what, you're not going to hear people, you're not going to read anybody talking about it yeah, or go on the just, internet. I yeah, get, I get so angry. But the, but the thing is, let me tell you, the discounts are fucking deep, dude. Oh, I know. You know, you I know. really slash the price. I remember way know? back. I think I even said like Brandon was like, I'm going to get this, and I said, I'm like, you got to check out this deal, and he he went with it. But yeah, why, why would we promote these people? Yeah, huh? they're out there, folks. If yeah. you want to, you want to save some money, just look he it up. He says if you get them at all, he's saying about them delivering. I have had to call DC several times because issues didn't show up or look like they had been beaten with a buggy whip, and you have to go buy the issue anyway, and that extend and they extend your subscription. Yeah, that makes up for the hassle, especially since you have to wait a couple of weeks to make sure you're not getting the book in the mail later than usual, which happens with alarming frequency. So, in summary, I would strongly recommend not uh, subscribing directly through DC. Uh, th- that's the thing. You would almost think like, hey, I want to support my company that right. I love. So you are going directly from them. And yeah, he does not like it. I got I got Legends of uh, Wonder Woman and they charged me three times and I got so angry. I mean, I, I'll also tell anybody, and this is true, subscribing at most comic stores for a pull box or through the publisher or even through the digital app. If you subscribe to say you subscribe to Batman. Yeah. You're not only going to, you're going to get Batman, you're going to get like. Oh, they're going to throw everything. If, if it's, if it's Batman featuring Plastic Man, if it's Batman, yeah. you know, walks in the rain, whatever. Any, six, book, when any I went, book that mentions Batman, yeah. or even, you're probably yeah. going to, it's probably well, going to when, when I went to our comic store, that was one of the first things I got in a fight with them because, not a fight, but I got angry because I went and I remember I was getting Future's End and um grayson grayson was announced so i said hey i want to get uh grayson when that comes out and i want to get futures and my son rafe wanted to get involved with that yeah. so i'm there i go the next day or ne- actually i probably went two weeks later and i'm like hey and he's like oh yeah by the way i, I pulled a rocket raccoon for you and guardians oh, uh, galaxy <laughs> I'm like what, what well, that what, guy was what? just being a fucking yeah and i'm like what are you talking about and he's like well i figured you'd like them they're really good i'm like no, well, how would you get that I, i'm getting future's end yeah. why am i you getting this i don't even think grayson was out at that point especially yet. now knowing like what future's end was you know yeah and, like, and he's gonna that, to that? and then again i felt like a jerk because i'm like ah but fuck that i told him huh no usually i would just be like okay yeah, i'll take him but, uh, but they will. They'll, they'll try to stick you with whatever. And they can, you know, more likely you would have pulled, uh, you know, Future's End as a subscription and they would have given you all the fucking Future's End month one yeah, shots. Yeah, like crazy. You know, shit. and I'm yeah, like, no, like I didn't ask like to that. pay. For or all shit. of a sudden he adds World's End. Like, exactly. oh, talking oh, well, about this that. Is like, this is a sister this book. This is the same. <laughs> yeah, he says, now on to the other matters of lesser importance. You noted that I have been writing rather than calling lately. That is because when you read the mail, I get to hear your comments on what I've written as you go. With the Rent Rave line calls, they just get through and with no response. So, yeah, that is true. I yeah. think of that. Well, I would like to think that's because all I've said is so absolutely brilliant and irrefutable that there remains no need to further discussion or debate. I would still like some feedback on the rent and raves. Now, the problem is, is the way I have my computer set up and the way we do this is very bare bones. I would love to have it. I've said to you from the get-go, from the minute I started talking to you about the podcast, I would love to be able to play sound effects. Oh, I'd be like a morning zoo. It would be ridiculous. I'd have, yeah. rrr, rrr, we'd have all those things. I used to yeah. play the crickets when Eric would talk, but he couldn't hear them. It's, with my computer, the way it's set up, and we don't have a soundboard. I'm telling you, we are bare bones, and yeah. we don't have a soundboard, stuff like that. So I would love to be able to have the rant and rave stuff where we play it and I stop and when we're talking about it, that would be awesome. 
Uh, right now, it's not set up that way. Hopefully, at some point, it will be. We'll see. I, I'm thinking about getting a new computer. And really, it's not even just a soundboard issue. It's more of my computer. My computer's old, and the sound card's shitty. That's what I've read. Uh, so you can't, I, I think you do. I, I mean, I'm not sure, but you have to dedicate another track yeah, I would have to, to the two sound track. effects. Yeah. You know. But I think there is a driver, some sort of driver that you do also have to have, and my sound card does not support it. I have, yeah. I've actually looked into that, but he says. Lastly, I would like to give a shout-out to the newly opened local comic shop in the Merville, Tennessee area, which is spelled Maryville. But if you say Maryville around here, you might get a well-deserved ass-whooping. <laughs> the new shop is called The Golden Age, 1942, and it's awesome, mainly because the owners are very friendly and helpful, unlike the grouchy douche nozzles that frequently run comic shops. And we talked about it earlier. We sure all, this whole time I've been yelling about that guy near me. So if you're in the <laughs> Murville area, isn't that Maryville? Don't they call it Maryville there, Reggie? No, it's Murville. Murville. Don't be, be scared. So it's like go Murville. Go to Murville. Be sure to check them out and support them so that they can stay around for a long time. But don't support the Tennessee Titans, Reggie, because I don't like the Tennessee Titans. You got it. That is my that is my little aside there. Yeah, Especially since Hastings, where I used to get my comic shop or comic books, appears to be going tits up, which is very sad. Until next time, I'm looking at the wires behind the cassette. Now I'm on the right, standing on the eject. Says Dancing Mike. Nice. Dancing Mike from Maryville. Thanks, uh, Dancing Mike. Maryville. Merville. Merville. Mer- you know, years like ago, there was, there was a comic Marvel put out called Marville. You ever hear of that? Really? No. It's, uh, it was, it's probably the worst miniseries ever. It was it a town? It, like, no. it was Marville. <laughs> it, it's, it, it defies explanation, really. really. I, it's I wonder. That bad. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's. I can't even. I have to. I'm gonna have to look it up now. I'm gonna have to look it up now. M a r v i l l e. Oh, it'll blow your fucking mind. Is it that bad? Oh God. The thing is, yeah, I can't even get into it. It's unbelievable. Speaking of bad, next mail's from Manship. Bad. Manship says, "Why the hell did Scooby Number Two feel like work to read?" He says that right. Hey, bros, still cannot believe that the Quick Town comic does not care for the original Tron movie. No, I think it's boring. I, I don't know that anybody can say to my face that if you ever saw my face, Manship, that it, that movie is not boring. It is boring. It is a tech demo. There, you heard it again. That's almost as bad as never watching Shawshank. Maybe I have. Maybe I have watched Shawshank you recently. You, you are right. I haven't. Just waiting on that third awesome thing that Jim dislikes so I can give up on him forever. Um... Detroit fucking Lions? How about that, Matchup? He's a big <laughs> He's a big Lions fan. Okay. I must admit that his dislike of green peppers is damn close to that third thing. What are you talking about? You uh, is Jim a fan of the newest Tron movie? No. We do know that he is a fan of the Tron Legacy soundtrack, as it plays in the podcast sometimes. I only put that because of the digital thing. It's okay, soundtrack. Keep rocking the Tron tunes on the podcast, and who knows, one day there could be a third Tron film to enjoy if we're lucky. Who's lucky? There's supposed yeah. to be that third one, but that legacy did nothing. What a piece uh, of and I thought legacy which, was awful. I, I like go the back. And Reggie, what don't I like about Green Peppers? You know. know. I don't like when they put it on anything that's oh, right, right. Philly cheesesteak. Cheese <laughs> that's right. the only thing. Green peppers don't go on anything Philly cheesesteak. So you have yeah. a Philly cheesesteak pizza from Pizza Hut. They have green peppers. You throw it in their face like Scott Snyder. Yeah, that's right. not They've a Philly cheese. It no. should have cheese whiz, onions. Cheese whiz and onions. That's it. That's it. Nothing that's else. It. 
And, yes. and steak, obviously. Yes. Why? And I love a standard cheesesteak pizza, believe me. At like a pizzeria around here, they do make them all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, I love them. Do they, they don't use Whiz, do they? They gotta use American no, no. Cheese. They use just they use actually. Um, some of them use American cheese, or provolone, uh, and some just use like uh, still the mozzarella, the right, mozzarella. Right. But no, yeah. I like it actually with the American cheese when they do it. Uh, why do we love banner between heroes in our comics? Batman, Superman, Flash, Hal Jordan, Jessica Simon. But we worry when our podcast heroes banner goes too far like it did in last week's podcast. Jim and Eric are like oil and water sometimes, just like the gun-toting Simon Baz and the Agora book. <laughs> when reviewing comics, it's nice to have two differing views on the issue for us readers to think about. One of the, di- one of the dynamic reviewing duo is right, but which one? The best part, though, is when our hero podcasters come together making sweet music together. Sure, us listeners love hearing Shay and Warner yell and scream at each other, but when they agree on an issue, they are almost always right. (laughs) Except when it came to both of them picking apart certain convergence issues. Just like a third Tron movie, there will be a second convergence, whether they like it or not. Wow. And you are full of crap, man. If there's there's ever a second convergence, I might have to just... I'm done. uh... I might have to walk away. P.S. Green Arrow number one was really great. And, Jim, you missed your chance to pull an Eric business plan, Shay, with this week's Batman number one. You could have produced so much website traffic by giving Batman a four uh, score like America's Sweetheart did on Batman 44. And that's from Workmanship. And the thing is, um, it's weird. I am one of the highest. I gave it an 8-9. And I was one of the highest reviews. It's weird. They have, like, the obligatory tens that Batman always gets. Sure. But then it, it really dipped, and people, like I said earlier, people are negative for some reason. I, I don't know why. I really don't know why. Like, they're getting on to the books, and a lot of these people haven't been reviewing DC. I think that they they get a um, – they kind of try to uh, gauge the landscape and think, like, oh, everybody's been, you know, really down on DC, so if I'm going to do this, I better be down. But you don't have to be real down right now. Enjoy yourself. I am. I'm a miserable fella. I actually, the, the <laughs> PR guy from the DC that we talk to, I yeah. sent him a message about getting some stuff for uh, you, actually, Reggie. And I yeah. did get a lot of it for you, but I, I tried to get something. So when I sent it to him, I said, hey, by the way, uh, you know, I, I hope everybody there is happy because, boy, this rebirth is making me happy and I'm a miserable old man. And he wrote <laughs> back, no, no, we like when you're miserable. <laughs> I, all right, you, you asked for it. Oh, they're definitely listening and reading then. Because says, uh, that's... Yeah, yeah, miserable. Brandon says, sup, fellas. Also, maybe Eric. Well, let's get started with a hot oh. take. I think Eric secretly eloped. He didn't want anybody, Jim, Reggie, and us emailers, to bust his balls about getting married for months before doing the deed. So this was the incognito way around it. I mean, if it was only attending a random wedding, I feel like Eric could have gotten out of going, gotten out of going to this. He gets out of a lot of things. The one thing about it was we said we thought this wedding it really took up more of that weekend. Yeah, like we're I like, thought he was oh, in the wedding. Yeah, no, he wasn't in the wedding, and the wedding wasn't until two, yeah. and they weren't going to go, and they're like, what is stopping him? Yeah, two, from two being in the on a Sunday, right, or something. This, this weekend, this weekend is a, a big deal for him. He goes to uh, to his dad's grave. Okay. He calls him daddy. Still, he's a grown man, Reggie. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he listens to this. But no, this is actually a, a pretty big thing for him, and it it does sure. it does uh, kind of take him out for the week. 
So, uh, but no, he was pretty high spirits with me talking of the other books. So maybe that took his mind off it. His skills have been honed over time to point here uh, to the point that he has been able to come up with an excuse in that spot. I mean, I weasel my way to go into these all type of engagements, mostly just telling my girlfriend I have to work and can't take off since they're, they're usually on Saturdays and my shift is Tuesday, Saturday. Anyway, that's a weird thing. This, this wedding was a Sunday. It's very yeah, odd. Maybe that, he was that, like, maybe he won't. If that fails, I pout like a grown man child until she changes her mind about bringing me. Let me tell you, do not doubt this method. My pouting skills have become extremely strong over time. If that doesn't work and I do get dragged into going, I just get super drunk to the point she doesn't want to deal with me or I say something stupid to someone or I I shouldn't and she won't ask again for a while. Winning all around. Sounds like he knows all the tricks. Come to the dark side, Eric. The empty house for the night is nice. Eric has done a lot of things. We've been doing podcasts at points where we don't spell it out on the podcast, but he's like, yeah, Jess isn't going to be home tonight. She's, you know, going to stay over friends after they go out and stuff like that. So he, yeah. he, he does get out of a lot. And he'll, if he was on, he would tell you that a lot of his friends and even some of his brothers and stuff will, will message him and say, and they will say like, fuck that thing that you do, you know, come on out. And he won't, but. You know, the big things like this he has to. Now there are also a few reasons I think this might not actually have happened as well. First and foremost, this still requires planning. Eric is not doing. <laughs> the loafing is too elaborate. Next theory, Eric couldn't take part in any form of uh, final debauchery in the form of guys of a bachelor party. I don't think any man passes that up. Final theory, his pretty boy image would be tarnished, which would crush his attempt at future horror podcast groupies. If that ever got off the ground, this horror podcast. So basically, I'm torn here about what I think. Look at his finger, Jim. See if he's hiding anything. Uh, I think we're like one of those. He has been married, but we're like a uh, 60s uh, rock group that we yeah. don't want the fans to know he's married. So we, Exactly. We, we play it off like he's single. You know, He's still available, girls. He's available, ladies. All right. Second topic. What the hell? is with all these goddamn dogs in the Hanna-Barbera comics with communicators to talk with humans for. It's true. <laughs> I said that uh, freaking Muttley looks like he yeah. was from Sc- Scooby. We, who wants another thing verbally communicating their daily needs to them? I, for one, never want to know what the hell my pets are thinking. I have enough people in my house to listen to and boss me around. I sure as hell don't need a pet thrown in the mix calling me Brandon, <laughs> Daddy, or even saying, hey, asshole, any given day. Now, here's this thing, through the books. I mostly settled on my final pull list, at least through August, until the remaining titles are added and I pick those up. The new ones I've settled on uh, trying out besides my usual Batman Superman titles are Green Arrow, New Superman, that's the Keenan Kong, Red Hood and the Outlaws, right. which I – every time I see that Red Hood and the Outlaws ad in the books, I've seen it like the last two weeks, fucking looks good. Yeah. Titans and Wonder Woman. It looks I'm really interested good. in that for sure. Yeah. I figured I'd give them an arc to see what's cooking and see if I'll stick with them or drop them for others. Other than that, I've only read Batman and Superman DC-wise this week, and I love them both still. I'll catch up with the rest of the first month uh, next week when my order, second order comes in. This crazy way he's writing this. What's up, Randy? You drinking too much now? I think he's doing this from a wedding. He's super drunk. But yeah, I I told you. That's why I told you with Brandon. I will say to him, man – did you read Batman? He's like, uh, I'm not going to get it till next week. <laughs> it's all down in the yeah. dumps. I'm like, it's fucking good. I, I, I know people that listen to this podcast a week later because yeah, they yeah. yeah. wait till they get their books. That's hey. I Dudes, I'm out of clever quotes from my grandpa for this spot. And that's Brandon from BMUR3660. And uh, we're going to go to Brandon's review, which I am not prepared to say what it is. 
So it's going to be a, excellent. Uh, I, I actually, I don't. I he did tell me I'm completely lost, and I did. Uh, you know, I don't even. It's write. a Marvel book or books. Yeah, actually, actually, I thought that he was actually going to do one of the Valiant things that we got. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So it's a, it's going to be a, a shock be and a surprise, surprise to everybody. It'll be a surprise, and then uh, when we're out of that, it'll be me and Eric coming back with books, and then eventually me and you, Reggie. We'll be back to talk some stuff as well. Hey, how are we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon here, bringing you this week's Marvel Minute about Amazing Spider-Man number 14. Uh, we got writer Dan Slott, an aide from Christos Gage, artist Giuseppe Camicoli, inks by Cam Smith, and colors by Marty Gracia. So we're kicking off uh, part three of this arc. Uh, started with issue 12. Basically, it's a storyline, Spider-Man, and the Regent. Now, a little backstory about the Regent. He was uh, introduced to us back in one of the Secret Wars issues, Spider-Man miniseries. Uh, so if uh, he's somebody you're not familiar with, uh, that's where he was introduced to everybody. So he's kind of been setting up a uh, supervillain prison, siphoning powers from these supervillains. And he's kind of moved on to collecting some heroes now. So he started by getting... Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, last issue. That's kind of how it ended. So we pick up um, the events of this issue with Regent kind of going through and collecting different Avengers. So he uses Miles' powers to kind of lead Miss Marvel into a trap and use his Venom Sting on her. Uh, and then he, he kind of uses the powers he gets from her to capture Nova. Uh, and then he kind of goes down the line. He, he uses Nova's powers to capture Vision. And then he ultimately ends up capturing uh, Thor. And that's all in the beginning of the issue there. So it's kind of given to us in a few pages. And, and his fight with Thor is, is pretty impressive art-wise. They do one of the things that Jim loves to see where, where they uh, show the logo of the name in the in the panel uh, while the, the character introduces herself. So, so that was pretty cool. Moving on, we cut to Peter Parker and... Tony Stark, um, and they're kind of having a discussion with Miles' parents and kind of coming up for an alibi for why he hasn't showed up back at home because he, he's kind of still in high school and they've been wondering where he's at. So they kind of come up with the excuse that he's doing this science thing for them and they kind of buy it. Um, and as they leave, Mary Jane, Tony Stark's assistant and works at Stark Industries, which is why she's tagging along, kind of has a moment with Peter and and she eventually ends up walking off. We continue the story here, and we kind of get some uh, quick inter intertwining snaps of, of a few different things going on and, and how they're all related. starts with uh, Regent kind of bringing Thor back to his, his superhero and supervillain prison so he can get her powers out and get him get them put in his suit. As that's getting done, he, he goes and kind of has a meeting with Harry Osborn, uh, who works for Peter at Peter's company. While that's going on, they cut to Spider-Man and Iron Man. And, and they're kind of figuring out something fishy is going on, wondering where the Avengers are, since Red Wing has returned back to the Avengers base uh, without Captain Falcon there. So, so while that's all occurring, they kind of get a buzz from Harry on his phone, communicating with Spider-Man that, that he's in trouble because he is kind of revealed to Regent while he's not in his suit and he's just being a normal dude that he knows uh, what he's up to in, in his secret identity. So that pisses him off naturally. We see Spider-Man and Iron Man on the way to, to rescue Harry and Regent ends up meeting these guys kind of midair, kind of slaps Spider-Man out of the way and he's left to fight with Iron Man. 
we kind of see him using the various powers he's collected over the last few arcs, arcs, last few issues, to kind of get to a stalemate with these heroes, and, and they're trying to figure out, you know, how to defeat him. And ultimately, they kind of conclude that they need to get to a computer because his suit is, is kind of electronically powered and charged, and, and they need to come up with some technology to defeat him, which they don't have access to. As that's all going down, we see Harry being put into uh, one of these superhero prisons, even though he's just kind of a normal dude, so we're not sure what that's going to do to him. And we flash back to the fight to see Regent kind of just dispatching our heroes without much effort since he's got, you know, vast array of powers at his disposal. They they really don't know what's coming or how to combat him. And we end the issue with the cliffhanger of Spider-Man and Iron Man at the feet of Regent and him declaring, I am Regent. And, and that's how our issue ends. So we, we get a preview of next issue. Uh, we see a flash of Mary Jane in the Iron Spider costume, and then that looks like what the cover will be. All the covers throughout the whole series of this volume of Amazing Spider-Man have been amazing. They've been done by Alex Ross. So if you're interested in Spider-Man, even if you're not really too keen on what's been going on in the books and you like covers, those have been pretty cool to kind of collect going along the way. But overall, this is kind of where I tell you guys to buy, to borrow, uh, to forget the issue altogether. Spider-Man, I, I might be a little biased here. He's my favorite character. So so I would suggest this being a buy, but not for that reason alone. Um, I actually believe the last three issues in this arc, uh, 12 through 14 currently, have been the most interesting Spider-Man story in probably the last year's time. The Regent's a pretty cool villain. You know, he's a new villain. You're not quite sure what to expect. He initially, you know, seemed like a good guy just collecting super villains and kind of using their powers to defeat other villains, but that's kind of turned into hating heroes and wanting their powers now, so he's the only one with powers making everybody safe. So so that's where Spider-Man's trying to put a stop to this. And it's pretty damn interesting. I also read Civil War 2, issue number two this week, and I would suggest you guys uh, either borrow or forget that one altogether. That story's just really not going anywhere yet. But I'm going to keep keeping you informed, and if it does does pick up, I'll, I'll let you know what, what goes on there. But until that time, uh, we're just going to reference it as a buy, borrow, or forget it, and this week's was a borrow or forget it. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this week. Uh, look for some reviews coming for the upcoming Valiant Comics and a Dark Horse Tomb Raider comic coming Monday from me. Until that time, I'll back to Jim there. And the books. The books. The books. What are you doing here? I'm doing stuff. Doing stuff. You Fixing like you rocks. like stuff, or you like things, or you I like, like stuffing things. Stuff and stuffing things. Are you yeah. McStuffing things? Isn't sure that your do. rap name back in Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> MC McStuffing things. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, what just happened? Did you knock over your mic? No, no, I touched it though. Oh, you touched it, did you? That's too what much. That's what McStuffin <laughs> things always does. He, he does touch things. This is the meat and cheese of the podcast. Um, I'm going to go with the meat being a. I don't know. What do you want? Ribeye? Not a big. I don't we know. Go I don't like really fancy. Go How about Slim Jims and the cheese of squeeze cheese? 
Squeeze cheese. Squeeze yeah. cheese and Slim Jims. You ever have? Did you ever actually put squeeze cheese on a Slim Jim? I don't really eat Slim Jims all that much. My kids love Slim Jims. They love those. That is really is, in my mind, a kid's food. After you uh, get to a certain point, you don't eat Slim Jims that anymore. That was the one guy uh, that we used to work with, Sean. He got mad if anybody had, like, fruit snacks, you know, like little gummies. <laughs> He'd yell, you're fucking 35 years old with your fucking bread. I'm like, what did they, they taste good. He had the haircut of a five-year-old, though. Yeah, really, he didn't. Every time you'd say, well, hey, we, that's a nice shirt. Where to get that? The Baby Gap. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, my kids love Slim Jim so much that, uh, in fact, how do these things always turn into a story? Um, we were at the uh, Walmart the other day doing some food shopping, and my son, my youngest son, Logan, said. At the Walmart. At the Walmart, and he said, I need or he wanted, they were picking out a snack. And he's like, oh, and he comes over and he's like, can we get this? It is a $7 pepperoni stick. And I was like, you don't want that, right? And he's like, no, no, it's like a big Slim Jim. So I said, first off, it's not. No. But if you want to go with that. Sounds delicious. It was me, Rafe, and Logan. And I said to Rafe, listen, if you agree that that is our snack, we'll go with it. So Logan, Rafe will just go with it. As a as a goof, you know what I mean. Just yeah. the fact that we're buying a seven dollar pepperoni stick, he thinks, it's hilarious. So. and it it is. It was probably, it was like a little bit. We could probably have played baseball with it. Is what I'm, I'm telling you, I have I have bag. bought these before. I enjoy yeah. them. So we get it. We go out in the car and we're driving home, and they're like, "We gotta eat it." So you break it off. First off, so I always sliced them. Yeah, well, we're in the car. I, I know. I'm saying slice, but you, and if you get a big section. It tends to stop being like pepperoni and almost like you're eating raw meat. It really was. It was disgusting. <laughs> Plus, uh, Logan was taken aback because of the, the skin. Yeah. And I'm trying you to explain. I'm trying to explain. Well, when you do and you have like pepperoni is sliced like that for a reason. Yeah. You don't really see a lot of like people grilling the pepperoni stick, <laughs> you know, out or, hey, look, I'm serving up the, uh, you know, bonjour with your, your meal, sir. And it's a big pepperoni stick. It, it's good. With some in, cheese whiz. It's good in, in small pieces. So, uh, yeah, me and Rafe almost vomited. And, um, Logan loved it. And then we came back and I said, you know what? We have this three quarters left. And I said, I think I'm going to make some sort of like pasta dish, like a pasta bake. And I'll use the, uh, pepperoni on top. So the next day I go to get the pepperoni stick out, gone. Ethan ate the whole thing. He sat there. They said he was just sitting there eating it, almost like it was like, I don't know, a popsicle. Just like, I don't know. Like a slim gym. Well, like a slim gym, but a huge slim gym. And he did that. Well, in the meantime, this podcast is cobbled together again, right? A little yes. cobblestones. And uh, last night we did record a couple books. We did uh, a couple of these that were going to come later. And I found out later – well, I told you at one point I went down. This is just more of my kids and this eating crap that uh, basically Rafe shit the, the floor. <laughs> they were watching <laughs> basketball. And Rafe took a dump on the floor. It just came out of his pants. He didn't even realize he, he had a frap. And it came so, up. But so he was a little Jimmy Werner walking back from the was, fucking Chinardis. He was, but there was no reason because he was just sitting there. It wasn't even like they said. I said, was it something he was trying to watch the game? He was watching the uh, Cleveland Golden State game. The Cleveland Steamers. Like, and they're like, no, there was no reason. He just he thought he farted, and then he went, oh my god, stood up, and a fart, uh, a fucking turd came out. Uh, but that's not why I brought that. Up. What I brought up is while I'm saying about eating stuff, is we have a ghost pepper uh, salsa. Downstairs. That sounds terrible. At one point, my son Ethan, who ate that stick, 
uh, demanded that he wanted to get it. Now, I blame these YouTube videos with these guys on there with like, yeah, here we go, go, and they start yelling and everybody's fucking, that's all that is to be on YouTube now. And so they wanted to get it. I said to Ethan, if we get it, you're going to eat it. And it's like almost like you want to smoke. Exactly. You smoke you're going to lock him in the closet well, with a bag of chips or did, a freaking bottle of salsa. He did not. He took one bite and almost cried and, and couldn't take it. So it just sat there. I don't know why I left it there. So Rafe ended up, we had some uh, Tostitos and yeah. Rafe wanted some salsa. And as a goof, again, I was up here talking to you. And as a goof, he's like, oh, I'm, look, you guys, I'm going to do that. He took a bite, sat there. They said his face turned bright red and then projectile vomit oh all God. over. That's what went on downstairs. That's when we, we were recording and they were screaming and yelling. Yeah. There was shit on the floor and vomit <laughs> everywhere. I don't know what's going on at this house. But you know what that means to me? Positivity, Aaron. Oh, yeah? Positively awful. I was going to say, because like, I'd just be angry and mortified. I, I just, I didn't even care. I just shook my head. I'm telling most of the things I blame on these videos, and you, I'm an old man who blames YouTube on everything now. It's like, every, that rock and roll, not those YouTubers. Those video games. Oh, I get so mad at the, the, these YouTube people. I hate them all, too. My kids are like, you should watch this. I won't even mention the, the people who they watch. They're very popular. And I watch, and I want to kill them. I want to strangle every goddamn one of them, like you son of a bitches. But yeah, then my my son uh, Ethan's like, if they mention your guy's podcast on there, you'd love my damn right, I would. Damn <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, getting away from this negativity. The books are good again. Books are really we, good. We are definitely uh, enjoying Rebirth. Correct. Correct, man. So and I'm it's weird it. too because a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork. And doing reviews, and even the the ones not you know not Johnny Come Lately's, not Tommy John's here, not Tommy but people John's, who no. would normally review a couple of the bigger books are now reviewing all the Rebirth books, and I'm getting the idea when I read these reviews because again I read all the reviews, I love reading other people's reviews, and then messaging you how often telling me all about them, yep. and um, I really get the idea that a lot of these people have not read any of the new Fifty Two books have gone to Wikipedia, possibly read two sentences about them, because they come up with these statements and all this other thing. And then but, try to remember all they could about the freaking Young Justice cartoon and yeah, tie this all together. Shit like that, or, or, you know, all these other extraneous details that they bring up. I told you, if you don't know, you fake the funk. Damn right you do. You fake, you get very generic. You, you lie get, until you die. You don't even have to lie. Why bring stuff up? There is a review out there. That reviewed the Justice League book and continually through the whole review mentioned that Tim Drake was in it. It was Dick Grayson. We all Dick know Grayson. Dick Grayson. Uh, How's your voice? I'm tonight? losing my voice again. Oh. Um, but what I was going to say is you said something. I don't know if it's something that was off the podcast that we recorded already or if we were recording. But I agree with you that people are kind of behind the curve. That when a lot of the curve. well, and what happens is, yeah, we'll hate a book, and not that we set the curve. We, we do, set the curve. We do, Eric. Definitely. But what happens now? Everybody still has this bad taste of the new Fifty Two, but most of these people, the bad taste is secondhand. The sloppy seconds. They hear, they hear that the new Fifty Two sucks, so they're gonna go with it, and now they're coming into this very angry. I am not. I love it. I even the books that it's I a breath of like, fresh air, Jimmy. It is. There are two books tonight that are not my favorite books of Rebirth. I so take good. them over a lot of other things, 
and I, I enjoy them. And I love seeing the little callbacks of older stuff. Confuses me a little, but I'm going with it. Um, but yeah, there's a book tonight that is probably my favorite book since Rebirth. And before that was Wonder Woman. So I am I'm painting myself into a corner here because I like this book more. Metal Man, eight point five. It's not Metal Man. That does not. And and you know what? I don't even. I'm gonna give you a pass now. Hey, you, you got upset last week because you listened to the podcast for the first time, <laughs> and here I'm yelling. I'm gonna strangle Jazz. I'm gonna slice your throat. You were mad at Reggie because Reggie didn't defend you. Like, Reggie, come you on, we're mad friends. at me. You just knew. Say something, you know man. I say this just shit all something. the time. Reggie, just like, yep. You just like it. a Nazi, followed orders. Yep, you just followed orders. I don't know why. So am I Hitler? Is that <laughs> yeah, what you're you saying? I'm Hitler. Uh, maybe. But yeah, um, these people with their negativity just, you can review something straight up, to, you know, your own opinion, whatnot. But it just, it is very odd to me to mention anything in the New 52 in these reviews as a negative towards these new books. You know what I mean? Now there's, there's, I'm not saying, you, yeah, and I'm not saying to you like, you had a problem with that new costume. I'm saying like, yeah, Superman's been awful for two, two years and da, da. no, that, that, that's pretty much done now. And you know what? This is a lot better. It, yeah, that, it. We're nitpickers. That's what it yeah, is. And, but we, we don't really let that affect our scores at all. No, we like to nitpick. I have some stuff tonight that really was making me chuckle, some things <laughs> that I saw. But yeah, I just don't understand the negativity. And now me and you are the positive guys on the block, it seems, and it's so odd. I thought we were the bad boys. We're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the miserable pricks. And all of a sudden, we're the ones leading the charge, the fucking rebirth parade. Walking <laughs> on sunshine, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're walking on sunshine. But we're going to get to these books now. And it, it's kind of weird with like where the best book is or the big book because, yes, there are ones. But it seemed to me I was going to put Titan's Rebirth first because I was going to say to you, whenever there is a Rebirth number one, we should put it first to get it over with. And I can kind of see that. I, I thought that that made sense, but that's not what we're doing, Eric. No. We're going to just go with the big one, and that is Batman number one. I know you you were listening to a bit of the podcast last week. Did you listen to the whole thing? Yes. Did you hear when Reggie said that I was the most positive person he knows about comics? <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing about that all week. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You also heard me say I was going to strangle Jess. <laughs> yes. Did I did I say that on the podcast? Oh yes. I didn't know if I did. I know. I think I was saying I was going to slice your fucking throat too. Yes. Oh, it was all wrapped up in the one little thing. Batman number one, er. That's so weird. It's weird, too, because Batman probably wouldn't sell as good if it wasn't for that Gotham TV show. <laughs> if it wasn't for that Batman v Superman. letting everybody know the characters. <laughs> Batman number one, written by Tom King. Art by David Finch, Matt Banning, Jordy Belair, and John Workman. It's like us, Workman. Constantly barely, Workman. Barely talk. I'm, I don't know if you've ever had such a sore throat. That as I'm talking, I am legitimately almost screaming everything I say so that it comes out and it's making it worse. It, no, I don't even remember how bad it sounded when you like I was sick as hell and you're like, you're coming yeah, on yeah. and doing a couple of books. That yeah. was pretty bad in my mind. Yeah, this is this is bad. We finally get what I've been waiting for, and hopefully you are. A hundred percent Tom King Batman. And I think it was a success. Oh yeah? Yes. It was a balls to the wall action fest. <laughs> 
that also gave new readers a good idea what is important to Batman when it comes to dying, but also living. <laughs> I wrote this. You're an asshole. <laughs> it's a love letter to Batman. Sure, it might have been a bit corny or redundant. It might have been a bit corny or redundant to readers of the new 52. But I liked it a whole lot. We also get a second look at the new villains, Gotham and Gotham Girl. Second look, Eric. That's a little, I thought they were heroes, Jim. That's a little inside thing there that I know that's just the second time because I read the Rebirth special. Sure did. And a you couple know times. We get to see Gotham and Gotham Girl. It's funny. That's what I thought she was going to be called. Um, and I'm sure I wasn't the only one surprised to see how super they really are. What do you think of that? You know what? You landed on pretty thick here, Rex. I, I went into this book and I thought to myself, you know what? I, I'm a little worried. But when I came out, I had my arms wide open. Yeah. You are just trying to lose it, aren't you? I know. I was just trying to think of anything I could lead into yelling and singing. But no, uh, you were you had to have been shocked about Gotham and Gotham Girl, right? No, I'm Which saying, you I never would have thought that they were supermen. I can't woman. even say I was shocked because I we knew a bit going in. These were going to be the like pseudo villains going forth the Tom King's run. I didn't know anything about him except no, for you know it, really, it's not our signal yet. Job. It's almost they our time. They did a great job in setting it up because yeah. when you saw that in Rebirth, they said that no, 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 not our signal yet. Yeah. And now you really do when they what that happens at the end, which we'll get to that, leads to the fact that these are going to be villains, kind of like an Azrael, where they think they are better. And they are more suited to save Gotham. They're not coming in as a, as I can see it right now, of a, oh, we're going to figure out, riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> I'm going to fucking do this. No, not I, a bunch of mustache they're coming twirlers. in as, you know, they're coming in as one of those where we see it all the time. I, like Lex yeah. in the action comics. I can do a better job. I'm more suited. And they, they kind of, Tom King does throw it at you. But the also one thing I want to remind you, not remind you, but tell you what I thought going into this or after I read it, was that really this is the first book of his run. You know, you had the rebirth. That's him and Scott Snyder setting the tone. But I think he continues this because if not, you would probably get these villains right away. You would get more of that. He's setting up a whole lot of stuff before that. I think he's getting everybody to catch up because even with these, the rebirth number one, a lot of people aren't even going to jump on with that. When they go to the comic store and they're going through and they're, oh, I don't understand what that is. That must be uh, like some fucking graphic novel. When they see a Batman number one, that's where most of the people are going to go. Now, I want to see how this translates in the numbers when we do get the sales. If the ones, legitimate ones, are, say, 10,000 more, you know what I mean? Less, more, I don't know. Uh all those numbers are sometimes they're fucked around because of the people just collecting shit to, to do it. But uh, I love this issue. I'll it's tell you right now. Issue right off I the really, really enjoyed it. And it makes me here's the deal. I was always looking forward to Batman. I don't think that anybody out there, I couldn't lie to you and say, you know what, Eric? Now I'm looking forward to this. No, this it's is Batman. Of, yeah. This is Tom one of the books that most people have been looking forward to. When I read this though, Especially this issue, I realize he knows the characters. He's a fucking hell of a script writer. He's I don't got even care. Voices. You don't even. You can tell me whatever you want about ideas and whatever. The thing that has gotten him as far as he he's done is his script writing. The dialogue that this guy writes in a comic is fucking almost second to none. 
It really is. That Grayson, the humor that he put in was all because of character and dialogue. It was never forced. It was all led to. And I love it. I really do. Well, it starts, and though I have some major issues with this comic, <laughs> but I wanted, when I start nitpicking people, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I just, I have to nitpick. That's just how I am. As all these other sites say, we're very negative, Eric. But it starts off and you see a plane and you see a kid. And I was like, what, oh. what the hell? What is this? Fucking, are we going flashback Dick Grayson? Because it looks you, like young Dick Grayson. As, as soon as we got started with this issue, though, ever since I said in that one, uh, like the two issues ago of Red Hood Arsenal, when we saw that ping, I'm like, that means mother box. Yeah. I see that ping everywhere. Now it's for a goddamn seatbelt safety I side. Know. You know, These like pings. pings. My ping. motherfucker, just throw it in my face. Yeah. But yeah, you, you get this kid to me looks like. He looks like a Robin. He looks like every Robin there ever and, was. And it's weird because, like, again, I you even said before we started that I've affected you. And we yeah. even – did you uh, – when you listened, did you hear the, the mail from last I, week? Oh, no, about, you sent me that mail, okay, I believe. I did. And I may have, but about how it means everything. I actually think I sent you an interview with them, but then the mail kind of said the same thing. Right. But yeah, so me and you are going into these things. Like, everything has to mean something. <laughs> Maybe it does. Maybe he's looking like Robin because that's like the the future hope of Gotham. Batman Rebirth number one, I read it as a straight issue. I wasn't trying to read too much into it. And now because of this nonsense, I am looking at numbers trying to add them up to some goddamn secret meaning somewhere down the line. I'm fucking stupid now from trying to fucking read too much into it. I'll tell you one thing that I also think with Tom King is he's a very cinematic writer. Where, like, this could be the start of a movie. You know what I mean? He sets up the stuff so well because as this plane's going and flying through the bat signal in any second, there is Gordon and Batman on the rooftop. Now, also, I know that he's like, hey, you should give me your number or whatever. It's weird that he's called Batman with this bad signal for what he is calling him for. It doesn't seem like there is a quote-unquote emergency at the moment because Batman knows all about it. You know I what think, I'm saying? I think he's looking for a little bit of an info sharing. Hey, what more do I you don't know, know Batman? He's saying this, and what he wants to talk to him, he's lighting that goddamn signal <laughs> for something that happened a week ago. And that and cigarette. Yeah, he's I think he just cigarette. needs an excuse to get oven to the rooftop well, cigarette yeah, break. That's the thing. You're not allowed to smoke even on that, that rooftop, I think, but he can sneak out there. I just hide him yeah, behind that signal. That. Nobody knows that he's smoking. <laughs> that's, he's like, oh, yeah, I. Hey, I better go call Batman. They're like, we don't need Batman right now. Oh, we need oh, Batman. No, we need Batman. Because Real bad. He wants to talk to him about uh, something that happened a week ago. And again, if, if I'm going to read a lot into this, I'm going to say that Tom King is going to show you exactly what people people jumping on with this know about Batman and want to see. You want to see Gordon with the bat signal. Everybody knows what that is. Everybody loves it. Always so, love that interaction. And even the case of him smoking again. You know what I mean? And yeah, yes, he looks basics. older again. He looks, the guy has gained now 50 pounds in a week. What <laughs> He's let himself go to hell. But they're there and they're talking about that Cobra has stolen some uh, surface-to-air missiles. That's great. It's not great. But yeah, well, I like know, this thing. We've got the start of a mystery going on. What and happened to the, the fucking missiles? The mystery is solved immediately <laughs> as they're talking, quote-unquote, said missiles. <laughs> Fly into the sky and hit the plane that's right above them. If they're, it, as my oldest son Alex, who now I remember, I have an older son. Yes, that's a quinky dink. There, mm-hmm. Eric. Uh, you are talking about something that immediately happens right above them. That is a little forced. A little bit. Um, I like the way it's set I up though, the visually. 
Oh, I did too. I didn't mind it, but then here's people were mad at me on the site, but here's where my one of the, the coincidence is my probably my biggest problem. Then my next biggest problem is Gordon. Gordon starts screaming like a fucking lunatic. And I know you're going to tell me. You, you can say. You may not tell me. They told me on the site that yes, a did. plane just got hit by a missile. Yes. People are upset. Gordon is over the top screaming. He yells. He sees it. Holy. We need to get. He is, looks like. I mean. <laughs> looks like he has gone insane. He turns Everyone. around. We need to get the. Batman's gone. No screaming. Then he no. goes. Right. Right, right, right. And I said in my notes that this is to me a little kid who's running outside and scrapes his knee and starts fucking crying like a little baby. <laughs> and ah, 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 and then looks and nobody's there. Stops because the crying is is why is he? And he gets st- up and walks home. Goes yeah, and walks home and goes. And why? And then when his mom's like, "Oh, you want a band? I don't need a bandaid. What am I, little bitch? What am I, little bitch? My little bitch, and mama." Now, see, like you're mad at the screaming there. I am more You're just mad he's wasting time. He's wasting time pointing at the fact, oh, that Batman, he got me again. Well, that's what Fucking I'm saying. Is crashing, motherfucker. Goes, Get on I this. I think it goes together because he's so crazy. <laughs> and then when he sees Batman, like he's putting on a show. Also, just because of what we read before, My heart's this, just guy, not in this, no this guy more. was Batman. I yep. don't, we'll never know the exact time frame. It could have been last week. This could've guy been. was Batman. Don't well, tell like a fucking idiot. I'd say it's been a little bit more. He grew that mustache back, the hair, put on I some I know, paint. but again, this is it's all hokey. Yeah. It's all back to the deal. But he's yelling. Also, you don't need to yell at Batman. <laughs> you don't need to yell like that. You're like, Batman's shit. on it, Jim. The minute that you see that, you're there with Batman. Batman is going to take off to save the thing, and you say, I'll get my guys. Boom. So he's there. So I had an issue with him yelling and screaming, but again, not a big issue. I've never been under a plane that's been hit with a surface air missile. Maybe that's what happens. But then, yeah, you see Batman, and also I think that this is a thing Tom King is doing as an interplay to show here's what normal people would react. Here's how Batman reacts, and he reacts like a badass, and he oh, always well. Yeah, he just jumps off, and it gets me throughout the issue how cool he is because there's points where he is talking. Don't you Batman? He doesn't even pause within a sentence as <laughs> flying off a goddamn bridge. Like I'm telling you, he's flying the bridge. Hey, do, do you have a moment, sir? Yeah. Of course I do, Alfred. You, the, in that point, they could think that he's in line at Subway. The three for $15 deal. He's, he, the worst thing that he's upset at is they're out of green peppers. I don't know. But he jumps off the green plane. peppers on a hoagie? I, wrong with you? They have that there. That's an it's option. Gross. I think it's ridiculous. That fucking, you, you put, you get lettuce, a Philly cheesesteak hoagie? You put lettuce, you better <laughs> shut your mouth. You put lettuce on a hoagie and I'm already getting a little upset. If that hoagie's heated, you take that lettuce off, my friend. Oh yeah, you no can't have lettuce. should ever have uh, fucking lettuce. Never. Maybe you get the McDLT back in the day, cool side, cool. God, it was so good. Hot side, hot. It was, it was a fucking styrofoam issue. They, it ruined it all. You it know, ruined the planet and our fucking so, appetites. Goddamn social justice warrior ruined our fucking McDLT. <laughs> and we had the big and tasty. Perfect solution there. They got no. rid of that like assholes. I no, don't no, no, it wasn't because the goddamn lettuce was fucking watery then. Yeah, but that, that's because it, the cool side wasn't cool anymore. Sure wasn't. What the hell are we talking about? Batman. Even tasty. He's zipping off there, and he's he's talking. And really, I will admit that a lot of this talk throughout this issue got a little technical for me uh, when we get to the angles and stuff oh, like that. Oh, dude, but I'm this, telling you. 
fucking Duke. Let's uh, like, we're talking about. It's been a week since Gordon's been Batman. Yeah. It's been fucking seven, seventeen hours since Duke's been fucking like whatever he is now, assistant yep. partner. And Batman's like, Duke, I need you to find me an angle on this so yeah. I can ramp the plane and like from the car to the plane, the speed, That's the velocity. The, the worst. That's I'm like, so crazy about that. Like, oh is my it, god, I was not very good weird, at math. Though, Batman. Because he says you're right. You can help Duke. Pull up the info on the plane and the car. I need an angle. That's all he says. How do I do that? I don't. I wouldn't even know what he meant. I don't know. An angle. I'd be like, well, you were getting a sandwich at Subway, so you weren't like. It's almost the angle is Batman's afraid that he's going to get tagged for this. He's. I need an angle, buddy. I don't want to get tagged for blowing up this plane. What's my angle? But Duke, that's the greatest thing. I think that it is made that way to show you that Duke and him are already boom. Oh yeah, Duke's on the trolley. I'm snapping. But I'm telling you, I just put myself in Duke's shoes, and I'm an idiot. So I'm like. People are dead. There's nothing I can do here. I'm oh, sorry, also, Batman. Also, what you get, too, he jumps off the building. The angle of your as, dangle is related as, to the heat of your meat. The heat of the meat. As he jumps off, also, Batman definitely has, like, a um, modus operandi as he goes. He calls uh, He calls freaking Alfred first, gets all the info. Then he says, I need Duke. Now Duke goes on. And I loved it. I love that Batman. This is a guy who's always prepared. We see it. We Did see you like it. this new Batmobile? It's okay. It's, it's okay. very it's like reminiscent a... of the Batman animated series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if we're going to see it again because it looks like he kind of destroyed it at the, in yeah, this issue. Yeah. But I, I really just got used to the I new get that, Batman. Yeah, I get that it's one of those. Remember that one issue where we saw like the 50 million Batman oh, yeah. and he had him go down? It was on Clark, right? When Clark was Jokerized. I believe it's when he busted in and they dropped him. Oh, yeah, Endgame first and, issue. Uh, button or something it was, like that? Yeah, it was really good. So I, I just think this is one of the, the horde of Batmobiles. <laughs> but yeah, Duke's right on it. I keep buying it. Batmobiles for my Imaginex. Keep them around my Batcave. Yep. Yeah, and Duke's right on, and also he even says with his, uh, like, hey, you want me to get in the yellow? He says, I'm here, Bruce. You want me to put on the yellow? Dude and needs a name. It. Dude I, needs a name, something fierce. I think that when, because he calls him Mr. Thomas. Mr. Thomas, and, and he doesn't even know that, what to call the costume? Just I, put on the yellow. Yeah, yeah, put on the yellow. I think that what Batman is doing is just that they're showing that he respects him, and oh, he's, no, he's like treating him as an equal. I really do think that, and he doesn't, he's not going to explain shit to the point where he is asking Duke, the craziest fucking got thing. got 53 seconds. Yep. Make it happen, Craziest Duke. Craziest fucking thing. And going right with it. Never yeah. questions him because this, is, this isn't this is his chum Robin. I think this isn't equal. This is what – and, man, he busts off that bridge because the angle is the angle that he has to go off the bridge. Yes. And so what he wants to do. Also, again, we're talking about things. You want to talk about how they have – like Batman's prepared for everything. I think this is also supposed to show you that – he is telling Duke some things because really what he's doing is asking him where to jump off the bridge so he can eject and fly up to there. Duke would never know what the fuck he's talking about by just no. saying what's the plane thing, boom. They are so in, in tune and also I think that he is training Duke to legitimately be Batman. Like these other people, like even Dick Grayson and stuff, they, he trained them to be a sidekick to go off. I don't know. There's too much more of this that Duke is too well in tune with this. I'm done. They are seriously in tune from the get go of yeah. this issue. I mean, this is, this is crazy in tune. Uh, but yeah, he busts off through, off the bridge in the Batmobile and then hits the ejector seat. I'm telling you, right there, it, this, this book is awesome. And I'm telling there you, there's Batman in a fucking ejector seat flying to the flying pl- through the air. And I love the fact that you see the wind going through his cheeks, through oh, his yeah. teeth. You know what's it? Yeah, you had that. You know what's even better? It's then Gordon's yelling at him again. 
Sure. And because there's Batman, I'm gonna call Gordon. Do you copy? Gordon, do you copy? I'm here, and I can. What do you need? <laughs> He's you a maniac. The, you look at the art. He is screaming at the top <laughs> of his lungs. And then you see the next panel, and there's that little Batman in the ejector seat flying. I think that that's the best panel of the whole fucking issue. It makes it so good to show you. There's little Batman. He, he and at this point, I don't know. I'm telling you, if that's the best panel, you, I'm telling you, the best bit of dialogue has to be, uh, like, wait, wait, did you see a push? Where are you? I'm on yeah. the plane. You yeah. know, it's like, see, I don't find that. But again, then, he no, no, says, I, I love it. I, I love it. But when he goes, oh, well, of course, of you're course, on the again, plane. now he stops yelling. Oh, of course, you're on the plane. Left I think you a minute ago. The ne- yeah, and. Two seconds from there, they don't show you. He's in the Wendy's drive-thru getting a Frosty. <laughs> it seems like he's given up that. He's, oh, well, he's yeah. He's stuck in traffic. Of course, you're on the plane. Yeah, I'll take a number two large, uh, the burger with uh, cheese, uh, no no lettuce, uh, pickle mayo. Extra pickles. I'm a yeah. pickle guy. Yeah. He's fucking ridiculous, Gordon. He is so worthless in this <laughs> issue. Uh, this guy was Batman a week ago. But yeah, that's so, so ridiculous. But yeah, even it wasn't then, a very good Batman. We're not even Jim. talking about the fact that Batman now knows what he's going to do. It may not work, but if it does, he needs Gordon to change the plan. He needs Gordon to get everybody to the Blackgate Bay or whatever. Yeah. Because that's where he's going to bring the plane down. Gordon argues with him. <laughs> Gordon. And I'm like, dude, dude, just do what Batman says. You left him a minute. He left you a minute ago, and he's already on that yeah, goddamn plane. Yeah, he left you a minute Batman ago. Says. He is ejector seat onto the plane. Yeah, really. If at this point there was problems on the moon of Titan, Batman would be there. Don't I don't argue. even know how fucking Gordon got out of the police station for the amount of time that's passed already. He was at Wendy's. I really don't. No, I mean, like he should still be huffing his way down the stairs. Yeah, yeah, really. I also like the fact, like this panel that I said I'm a smoker, I smoker. Really, I know. Shit's I like hard. it as well because it's almost the opposite of the missile that hit. It's almost like a, the missile destroyed. Here comes Batman to save, and yeah, Gordon's yelling. But then you go, Batman gets on the plane. You have this crazy ass guy. Where was the NSA when this guy got his ticket? Where's the fucking never, air marshal? This guy, and again, people do go. his ass. When I go nuts in a plane that something happened, you know what I'm yelling? I'm not yelling about Batman. I'm yelling, God damn it, I'm going to fucking die. And I'm sitting next to Dick Grayson, the queen of fucking England. Look at her. Look at this old fucking bitch. I'm yelling. In that, or even that, the lady next to him has got the, the cross and the, the rosary beads. I'm like, where's your fucking God, lady? Who wants yelling. to suck a dick before they die? Because yeah, no, that's game exactly here. Ding. And there's where the little kid. Eh. Oh, but yeah, this is going to get weird. The little kid's there. And also, I also want to point out, he looks out the window. Very Greg Capullo-esque look yes. to him. He has that pug nose and stuff. But yeah, he looks out, and it's terror at 2,000 feet. Batman is on the fucking wing. At the same time, there's a bat on the wing. Also, and he's like, why do we deserve? This guy's still yelling. Why do we deserve who we get? I'm not a joker or a riddler. I turn around and go, you motherfucker. That fucking badass Batman's on the plane wing right now. Go look at this asshole. But yeah, he's there. And, Everybody, come check this shit out. And I didn't know what he was doing, but then I realized that way. He puts it, and he's putting, you know, a thruster. Gets thrusters on the wings. And he's going to do He's getting all the angles. And again, some of the, the angle bit, eh, it got a little too much, but it was really good. I, I can't even say, I won't say that the pacing was bad. The pacing was great. And to the point where... Yeah, the pacing was fucking fast yeah, as and, hell. I'm telling you, when I first read this, I thought it was a little bit off because I'm like... 
how the hell is he doing all this stuff? The plane's been hit by a missile. It's coming down. It's coming down fast. And then when I read it again, I'm like, God damn, we are moving at a goddamn yeah, fast-ass pace is. getting us here, and it works now, really also, well. Also, I don't know if this is because I have enjoyed almost ever. I really – even the one like uh, Flash that I last uh, uh, episode I talked about, I still enjoyed it enough. Yeah. I've liked every Rebirth issue. And I think that is also tying into the fact that these all – when I get done every one, it seems like I'm like – God damn it, what was that, like 12 pages? Everyone is like that. Then I'm like, oh, man, and I think it's because I want more. And I'm actually having fun reading it. It's about time, right? Yeah, it is, because this is just so much fun. Batman is urban surfing a fucking plane. I'm telling you, before we got on, I'm like, this reminds me of Dr. Strangelove fucking going down on the nuclear missile. Slim Pickens. Slim Pickens. (laughs) I always thought that was so great. But, yeah, and he's he's yelling to to, the deal. Now, here is where... Specifically, I will tell you why I know that I love this issue and I love Tom King. I was not sure that he wasn't going to kill him. I actually thought to myself, holy shit, they put the fucking wraps on this. That Batman's going to die. I thought it was going to be like the second issue of Martian Manhunter where our main character died. I was like, what the fuck? Or he was just going to get so fucked up and this was going to be almost like a back-breaking thing where Duke right, right. wants to fill in and he now there's something different is almost Duke being Asriel and that's why we got Asriel a little out of the way in Detective Comics. I'm making up all these things because I was in. I was fully into this issue. For our hero. I was. And yeah, then you get a weird scene where you see the the it looked like a woman, but I guess it's a guy. No, I I, I it really did look like a woman. I think it was just the blood that's coming the out of the mouth made it's it look like blood. fucking lipstick. And boy his side of his head got blown tits, out. Honestly. Did you see that? The side of yeah. the head is blown out. But yeah, you see the Cobra deal. Everything is really well laid out where Batman's still saying, like, I'm going to save the city. Um, but also that's exactly when uh, Alfred is telling Batman, listen, I see what you're doing. I understand what you have to do. You won't survive this. It's impossible. It's get rough, you have yeah. to know this. But at that point, we see that the person who had shot that missile, and I'm assuming they did shoot the missile, and then got killed. Yeah, the Cobra agent yeah. shot the missile and then was killed by our mysterious and figure. And there's a mysterious figure that says, observe the clock, Batman. And I actually, like, you're almost led to believe uh, maybe that this was going to be Gotham at this point. Right. Like, oh, my God, that's that new Gotham villain. And also with the, you know, the guy in the plane is only yelling, "We, where's the, who we deserve? We deserve the, is only leading into this Gotham idea of this Gotham. Yeah, our super heroic yeah. characters yeah. like a Superman or a Green Lantern type yeah, of shit. yeah. And um, again, I think this uh, this mysterious figure, I like, you know, observe the clock, yeah. Batman. To me, I could like I'm saying, like I did with uh, Batman Rebirth number one. I could just be reading like strictly what it has in front of me here, and not thinking too much about it. It's a reimagined Clock King in my you mind. You think it's Clock King, and that's yeah. a pretty cool deal because that's just thrown in there for later. Yeah, you know, we're gonna deal. No, yeah, we're not dealing with this shit right now. No, We've got that, and Gotham, that's Gotham pretty cool. And also because of what he's done, he did it after anything that would really affect the. The story. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. They, they've already shot the missile and he does this. And yeah, I think that you're probably right. That's probably a good call that later on will be back to him. But yeah, we see. I can't wait. That's a, that just sounds like a fun villain to throw at you. And it, it's a fun villain. But also what I love is that even Clockin thinks that Batman's going to survive this because he sees him. He's looking at Batman on top of a fucking plane. Observe the clock, Batman. But again, I think that that's also thrown in to throw people off thinking because the big thing of how Rebirth uh, 
the Rebirth special ended with the clock and the, the whole Watchmen. I don't yeah. know, but that's it. That's it. And if it is, then I think it's hokey. But speaking of hokey, because then Batman's saying he, he thinks he's going to die as well. There really isn't any reason why anybody dealing with Batman at this point besides Clock King thinks he's going to live. No. So he says, listen, he starts getting his, his things in order. Time's running out, Batman. And, and I like this because if you have been reading the new 52 and you go in, obviously we've all had Batman die on us. And when he died, it did seem like the Bat family was in disarray. We had the whole Batman and Robin Eternal was trying to pick up the pieces and figure out lies that Batman had told him and things like this. I like here where either we go into it thinking, or my, me and myself, and I think that it is something where he has learned is that he doesn't want this to happen again. So he says to Alfred, listen, um, I prepared messages for the boys in case well, I, I encountered because he didn't have that before. No. They were left high and dry. Alfred, I, I've got messages for all the boys. And also make sure that Jason gets on that goddamn painting. And make sure. It, and, then, and then Alfred's like, I, I'll give you the first one. I don't know. That was, that? Irish. that was more Irish. That was more My throat's killing me. Hello, love. I'll give you the first one. But we talked about this with that painting, Master Bruce. It's not Classic happening. Alfred. It's not happening. <laughs> so he says like that. And he even show. says, but then it's so funny too because you have to been thinking about like, what's this code zero one zero? No, no, that, that's what I was telling you about that I was trying to like see. Maybe it I is just, something. I don't know. I think if if anything, if this is one, it's just to show you that there is this safe. Because eventually somebody's going to break in and get some info on him. It, there's, if it is, it might just be out there. He might just be fucking with us. Then he talks to Mr. Thomas. Mr. Or actually, Thomas. he doesn't talk to Mr. Thomas. He talks about him. And this actually is one of the best parts for me. Because he does say, listen, pass on my regrets to Mr. Thomas. And I love right, just that. I love it that he's like, I really wanted to train him. I really was enjoying myself. But I'm not going to be able to. And I pass on my regrets. Just tell him I'm sorry. That, and Mr. then he goes Thomas on and says, adds an air Mr. Of respect Thomas, to it, you know? he has a respect for him. I think he is treating him as an equal. And he says then, if he wishes to continue with the education. And again, Tom King is so good. The fucking guy, get him over here. Get his pants off. I'm, I'm done. Right. Because I'll the fact it. that he just doesn't say, if he wishes to continue his education, he says, as he should. Because Duke is kick-ass. He's a special kid. He says, Dick Grayson's as good a teacher as I ever was. That's the, one of the nicest things that Batman has ever said it's since the Emperor. Movie, too. You know what I mean? Like I this, don't know. He, he said a really nice thing about Dick and the Justice League this week, yeah, too. Yeah. So, but yeah. again, this is what I'm saying is I think that this part is all – that. yes, people who read the Tynan number 52 are going to say, oh, wait a minute, because then Batman goes on and says, Alfred, would my parents have been proud? Uh, is this a good death? And this is very reminiscent of that very that he had that he wanted to make sure, and that was the last thing he wanted to make his parents proud. I like that as a callback to that for us, but not as much as people jumping in that didn't read that New 52 to know that this Batman is not just the god Batman. What do they call it? The fucking the bat you know, god. The bat god. That this is a guy who really cares about things. He cares about his kids. He considers them all his kids. Boys. He is worried about Duke. He is a different person now. This Batman is not the same Batman that started, you know, the New 52 and or even before. This is a Batman that either – I have a theory also that he may also have a death wish and <laughs> wants to die. What he's saying is, hey, Alfred, you got a lot is, of bases covered is, here. <laughs> I, hey, 
is this a good death, Alfred? Because he's worried that he's going to die again. He died being spiteful and being a dick because he wanted to prove the Joker wrong. That was – I said in the podcast last week, I think I might have cut this part out where I, uh, I told Reggie, at one point in my life, if somebody would have dared me to kill myself, I might have done it just oh, to prove him wrong. That's a challenge right yeah. there. And yeah, I right. That, and that's what you, he was. From you saying yeah. that, that's you dying right there, honestly, yeah. the old way. Yes, and that that is – he is, was a spiteful guy who was so centered on the Joker and wanted to prove him wrong and do this. It's not like this now. You're, you're Jim, get, when are you going to change? Off. When are you going to be Batman? Never going to change. Because, <laughs> but you're getting this. If you're just jumping in and just listening to us even now, um, you're getting this Batman who is concerned about not just avenging his mother and father's death, but doing something that would make them proud. And, yes, that was in the 52 issue. And- and I'm I didn't like you, it in the 52 issue. I, I like it better here. I, I'm telling you, it is so reminiscent of the number 52 issue, which I had a problem with, with the hokiness. Yes, and I, I loved everything leading up to it. I'm telling you, with the boys, got messages, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tell Mr. Thomas, all that stuff. I thought it was fucking spot on, great stuff. And then we was talking to Alfred about, you know, would they be proud? I'm like, it's a little too much for me. But again, like I, I even said to you when we were talking about this before, now I also – I like too that before we got in that 52 issue – and that was just the thing written in a book that said, "Oh yeah, know that your parents were proud." And he wanted to do this where, and also you want to tie that in. That was when he said he could move on with his life. Maybe it's now, because this has happened. Well, I'm saying though that yeah, because now he can die happy that he knows that that Alfred is saying that to him. Yes, now you because oh, so Mr. Crazy, Wayne, though, I really didn't know your parents too Batman well. They were all gallivanting. Like, Batman looks a little, or uh, Alfred looks a little. Sad, but this, it's such a non-emotional dialogue between them through this that it, it's weird to me, but I also think he's also It's a conversation talking, they have every week. I, well, I think he's also <laughs> talking about Alfred as well and maybe even the whole city. I think that this is just this whole good death thing I think is something that he is very concerned with now <laughs> and wants to make sure that that happens. But he goes, he's going to die. And the plane lifts up, and he thinks it's Clark. He thinks it's Superman. Also, we did forget. I thought it was one of the funniest oh, yeah. things where he sends a note or you know message to Justice League. Now. Let them know. They get the answer machine. I put in my notes. I think they thought Batman was moving. They didn't want to help. Nobody. I, I'm, to help. Honestly, I really like that just thrown in there because but we because complain all the time where we're talking. Why does yeah. somebody call the goddamn Justice League? And everybody's off another planet or fighting monsters yeah. on their own. Yep. Yeah. They're Why don't we get those stories? Where the fuck are all these stories where those people are off planet? Where those they, they have the annuals are always these stories. You yeah. know what I mean? That they this happened when when Batman was trying to get a hold of Green Lantern. This happened and whatever. But uh, yeah. And then they like I said, he thinks it's Clark, and it ends up being Gotham and Gotham Girl. These villains and they fly up and I and I, re- yeah, I really do think this is going to be one of those where they have shown up. You now they have saved a plane. Everybody's seen them. This isn't going to be them like, oh, Gotham's going to want them. Well, it's like when Superman saved the plane in the first Superman movie. He became yeah. this freaking goddamn yeah, like god being. It's a play off that. Yeah. I, it's a little like that Ulysses story to right. me when uh, Jeff Johns took over Superman because how I think now it may not play out this way but yeah I think that they're going to be like oh Batman's fine 
Look at these people. The look at they can fly. We can have somebody like Superman. I'm in. And Tell Bat, sec, next, Batman's going to be pushed aside. Next issue, it's going to be from all the buildup we had with that crazy guy on the plane. We're going to see a headline in the newspaper: "Heroes We Deserve." Yeah, heroes we deserve. You're going to have them, and then you're going to get, I hope, a couple issues of Batman turning into pre-Flashpoint Superman, trying to find anything wrong with Gotham and Gotham Girl, and not finding <laughs> shit. And then finding out later that he is. But boy, they're some big dudes. I, who knows where they came from? And they, it's, no. their costumes are very kind of golden age esque. Yeah, yeah. I really dig them. And they it, really look like cool heroes, it though, even though it's not going to work me. out. Shocked the hell out of me that they're super powered like that. Oh, I yeah. Never saw it coming. To me, I thought that they were going to be a villain. Actually, that you know what? Like, I, I did uh, see, you read this issue before I did, and you yeah. spoiled it for me. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, but I thought they were going to be somebody that was like, oh, almost like an Asriel. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a take on that. It's a little bit different, but I really liked it. The art, David Finch's art was such a big to do. Like, oh my God, he's back on Batman. This is on. It was good. The character work was good, but nothing wowed me. Like nothing at the end of this issue did I say, holy shit, I got to go back and look at that. I told you my favorite panel was that little, little tiny panel with Batman, the Batman because of the perspective of it and all yeah, yeah. how it was. But, yeah, nothing really amazed me. I'm telling you, I have some issues with the colors just because of how reminiscent it is of, like, uh, Snyder and Capullo's run. I just want – I'm not saying I need a brighter fucking canvas for the Batman book. It just, I just want a little bit more than the browns, you know? Yeah. But I, uh, I really like that panel where he's going off the uh, the GCPDs. I like that, and I up. love the ejector seat one. I, yeah, I that's cool, too, yeah. The, the one where he's on the thing where uh, – Alfred has to do the hokey. You got the new bat plane. You got the new bat plane. Actually, that, I thought that was hokey as hell, that, too. That was hokey. But the panel where you see the perspective behind it's really badass. it is badass. And you get the idea. It's so perfect how they do it that you get the idea. It's not going to fit unless he does something, which he does. Um, it's just the wow factor That's is what got thing. me. When we had the rebirth, and it was uh, Mikhail Yannon, even the panel where he's hanging off the fucking platform – that big, it was an yeah, awesome, yeah. like, it was like, holy shit, you know, when you turn the page, there was nothing like that. You were like strong that. fella. Yeah. Everything was great, though, but yeah, I was actually expecting more of a wow factor of it, but again, I, I liked it. I liked the story. I'm sorry, there's some things. really it's nothing just, wrong with the it, art. No, no, nothing's wrong with it. I just, it's weird, it's more of like an anticipation thing of what they said we were going to get, but I, I did like the whole issue. If anybody was against either Scott Snyder, not even just Scott Snyder, just didn't think that Batman is a fun book or, or an exciting book. This is an action-fucking-packed fun it, Where else are you going to get a book where a guy jumps off a fucking bridge, hits an ejector seat, and goes on a plane, and the thing is afterwards you think, you know what? I could see it happening. There's a lot of these times where shit like this would happen. You're like, oh, fuck that. But no, they even show where he's holding on with the, the batarang and doing things. It's very well laid out of how it can work. Uh, but yeah, it leads to a crazy clock king, as you say. I hope and, so. And also, uh, that's the thing. I just, like, for this Batman book, I want to see, like, I'm all excited for this Gotham and Gotham girl story. Yeah. It's going to progress. And it's something, something new. new. But I want, to introduce more of the villains to this Batman yeah. book instead yeah. of just a Joker in the Court of the Owls over and over again. Uh, Clocking, I think what was it fun. Lu- Louis the Lilac is coming Louis back. He's going to be in here, but that'd be great. But I'm saying, like, throw me a goddamn Mr. Freeze story, you yeah. know? Or the real false face. The you... real false face. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like... Fucking King Tut. 
Actually, at the end, it's not that isn't the uh, Gotham and Gotham Girl. It's a split apart Clayface. I figured it out. And Batman. That's Galface. Batman was Clayface too. They were just fucking around. He's that's, just playing around. That's Galface and Galface. Galface. But yeah, I give it an eight nine on the site. What would you give it? I think I'd give it an eight point five. An eight point five. Yeah, it's really good. I really I, liked it. It's a very enjoyable issue. And there's, I've said, we'll nitpick and just make fun of things because we like to laugh about nonsense. But yeah. it's a fun book all the way through. Yes, it is. I agree. All right, and this next book, I liked. This is, uh, I said, well, there's going to be a weird thing where when you go back to these rebirth number ones, you, you do get, I can't say less, but it is more of a, like almost all the, yeah, almost all the rebirth have been like, oh, that was a nice story that got things going. (laughs) And you know what I mean? You're not going to, yeah, that's a nice story. That's a nice nice story, but you don't get. You're not going to get a lot of hard-hitting things. These are really going to set a tone and, and start. Now that we're getting some number ones even, I realize these these rebirth number ones set a tone and kind of give you a little nudge, a little nudge towards the story. And uh, I like how Batman, he was going to push that plane. This kind of pushes you towards the direction. But this is more going to show you exactly, uh, you know, the tone and how it's going to go. And it's this like detective one, a bit. It is. This one's a little more because of the fact that it does have Wally. It means more to me with it. Just the and it's even the brief. You know what? Let's get into it. This is Titans Rebirth Titans. number one. I always I keep wanting to call it Teen Titans. <laughs> Titans. Titans Rebirth number one, written by Dan Abnett with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratmund, Andrew Dollhouse, and Carlos M. Mangual. Yep. Wally's found his friends, the Titans, and after finding out that all it takes is a touch to bring their memories back. Which we get to see the like, moment. She's got the touch. Dang. Got the touch. It's the touch, the touch too, too much. much. Oh boy, my throat is killing me. And I'm just a terrible singer. Ow! And Thunder! How's that? I, I could probably do some Brian Johnson with. Thunder! Okay. Let's, Which we get to see the moment that Wally became BFFs with each of them. This issue becomes another recap of Rebirth, but somehow, even though it didn't work for me in Flash, somehow this has enough emotion involved that it felt fresh to me. Yeah, the thing is that it's not, to me, it wasn't as much of a recap of Rebirth because you're seeing, you're not getting the scenes from Rebirth. You're going and... No, I mean, it's just like I'm saying. I know, well, you have to go, this at least I can say, you, you do have a step. You have to go from one... To two to three, and right. this is the a two before of the three. Ah ah ah! And I really do like it. I I like the fact I have a big issue with one thing that I think is a major problem because we start off and Wally shows up and there's Dick Grayson. Now we you, well before you even get into your okay. problem, there they show up to the Titans' apartment. Yes, which. They haven't been Titans in like what are we gonna say five years now? Well, depending on like time yes. variance, whatnot. Where's Nark? Nobody gives a shit about Gnar. Where's Hawk and Dove? Nobody gives it's a shit weird, about though. Hawk You know Dove. what's funny is that it's not – this isn't even like, hey, we have a rebirth. The people with Titans, you got to catch them up. Mention – no. They're no. gone. Narc, where's Harold? He's hunting. Yeah, where's Harold? He's out at Bumblebee. They're not hunting. They had babies and they're compu- composing That's music on it. Right now, Harold's there. He's, he's getting another fucking Grammy <laughs> for some hokey song titled like uh, Nightmare in the Park. 
I don't well, know. But this fucking apartment, Dick though. Dick a huge fucking fan. People have not been in this apartment in years. The place looks tossed, disheveled to hell. A window might be broken. Yeah. It's just weird to me that, like, everybody out of nowhere, and this, in my mind, takes place right after Titan's Hunt, where they all leave the diner and they go yeah. back well, to the apartment. Well, that's the thing, again, where we have that weird deal where we don't know. But you're going to assume that because yeah. that's the last issue we read with them. It doesn't say it's, five it's years later. Night, doesn't it's say Nightwing's yeah. uh, costume changing. It feels that, like that to me. Like while he gets back, I'm going to go where I remember my boys being at. Yeah, he doesn't and, know. Like again, he does say that he was watching them all through the space and time. So maybe he'd know that they weren't in the apartment anymore. But maybe he went back to the apartment first just to kind of. Look at some old fucking scrapbooks. Yeah, maybe that's what he was going to do. And he does seem a little shocked when when Nightwing shows up. And I, I, Dick Grayson shows up, and I was taken aback because, oh, like I was, you read all, you read that Titans Hunt, right? Yes, I did. That was a book you read and reviewed, correct? Correct. Miss any like that Doctor Fate book? You didn't miss any. You reviewed them all. We talked about them all. We talked about every issue. On this podcast, and almost you're making me think I missed an issue now. Now, what was there? Eight issues, right? Uh, yes. For seven issues, they fought with the fact that they remembered people that they don't know why they remembered. I mean, really, that last issue was the last point where they actually were like, "Holy shit! You know what? We might have known each other." And then there seems to be someone missing. So hey, they go on to fight somebody. Dick shows up. Yes, there's somebody in the Titans apartment. God forbid there's been nobody. It could be a squatter for Christ's sakes by this time. The guy is in what I am saying to you. I show up right now. Me, Jim Werner. Hey, what are you, the Flash or something? Right away, I'm, I'm at least saying that. You see the Flash emblem. You see all that. So, number one, this is some sort of Flash, yeah. right? Maybe some crazy guy who likes to dress up as the Flash and, and fuck homeless guys. I don't know. I don't it's know what, he, power get, to have. Don't know what he gets his kicks doing. But he shows up, so he says, Dick. Dick freaks out. How do you know my name? We have just dealt with seven issues of the same thing. Everybody yeah. that you hang out with, Dick, now, you said the same thing to them. By now, I think you are in this mode where you would say, holy shit, here comes another one, and would just stop and say, what do you mean by that? Why do you know me? In fact, at this point, I think say, they'd have you, a fucking thing to fill out. Like, here, here's a checklist. Fill this out. You come back. And the checklist like, when did you know me? Back then. What was I called then? Night. Back in the day. What, who were my part? Oh, Donna Troy. Da, da, da. Here. He goes, hmm, well, answer three. Da, da, ba, boom. Okay. You must be somebody I know. I don't remember. Tell me who you are. Well, I'm saying, no, what, we miss going into, what we miss going into this issue, though, is that Dick went back to his own apartment. He orders pizza, and the guy's like, Dick Grayson? Oh, my God, were you a Teen Titan, too? Actually, goes back, and they say, Dick Grayson? Who? Because nobody's <laughs> nobody supposed knows. to know him. So <laughs> if he Christ. knows, that means something big. That means that the Somnus satellite didn't affect him for some reason. So that means something crazy is going on, just like Donna Troy, just like Garth, just like Roy, just like Nark. Nark, I say. Harold, Bumblebee. Fucking they, they all Hulk, died in a Dove, terrible car but, accident. But you know what I'm saying? It, it is so, it is so, that is forced for them to fight because there's no reason for them oh, to, it's, at this it's point. It's the majority of the issue. Does he look like a villain? He has a costume that looks very similar to the Flash. Yeah, so did uh, Professor Zoom. He did, but he he doesn't know that. He didn't deal with Zoom. <laughs> And it, yellow is bad, red good. 
So, but Kid Flash wears yellow. Yeah, that's true. They start fighting. Right, and, so before we're gonna, Wally went and speed forced this new costume together. His was yellow. Yeah, but it's not. No, it's no, red. It looks like the Flash. Up. Looks like the Flash. Guy's got red hair. Nothing wrong with redheads, right? Everybody loves a ginger. Yeah. <laughs> they start fighting, and the speed force energy goes to Roy. And, too much. and then he has the touch. The touch too much. And he's like, what the fuck? I, Wally? And now he knows Wally. And <laughs> I said that it took me aback a little that throughout this whole issue, it's the speed force that seems to get their memory back. It's not the, you know, and you said, well, it looks like it's coming from Wally, which it is. Yeah, I, but it's I, just I, a weird kind of way that it goes. I, I, I say that. I can go with you with the Speed Force thing because the Speed Force exists. You know, it knows everything. Wally, while he was in it, he realized yeah. everything that was going on. It's a part of him. So when they touch him, I just actually saw it as Wally being back in existence, and now he's a physical object you can touch. And since you can touch it, you can remember it. It's uh, yeah, weird. but he, they never. Know. It's weird though because they never really get to the touch. He does not have the touch the too touch much. Too much. Yeah, it's more the lightning. And and I said, if you want me to be. If you want me to be a uh, guy who has conspiracy theories, uh, one, and even to the point where after Dick hit gets with it, uh, and he says, did, what, did you just tase me? His hand's on fire. <laughs> but I would say a, a conspiracy theorist in me would say that it's possible that these people all don't know Wally now, except Barry, it doesn't make sense, but why that the Speed Force is, is making these memories. This is so hokey over the top. It just threw me off that it's the Speed Force. It's fine. But then the rest of the Teen Titans just happen to show up at the the apartment. Well, what is Dick doing? He looks like he he's is... Slowly. Yeah, he's like, but he's like so like taken aback. He's just standing there while all of them fight Wally. And he's already said like, he's Wally, how can we forget? Oh my God, we knew that you were around. We knew... They're just going to fight. And it, it seemed it was a way to, you know, let's dance. And yeah, we got to have a dance so we can get the touch yeah. too much. So and Donna Troy goes to fight, touch too much. Now she <laughs> remembers. And they all each remember something about it. And I'm really. Saying, I, I like that aspect too. It's very brief. Like each of our characters while fighting, uh, they think, oh my, when, each time someone remembers, they're, they're put back, they stop fighting, and they're like, Oh my God! What did he do to our teammate? Let's get him! And yeah, each yeah. one has this interaction. And I where- did like I said. And even if you want to get even more conspiracy theory, Lilith even calls out like she she's trained, she's changed Dick's brainwaves, or he did. He changed Dick's brainwaves. What has he done? He must be evil. And it just seemed weird to me. But yeah, I'll go with it because I like that. You see these little vignettes of their past. And, and in my mind, this is when they actually solidified their friendships. Well, and yeah, it, it probably was, even though, boy, yeah, with Lilith, Wally went a little, he went a little too far, I think. He got out friend zone is what he did. Yes, he did. Wally's a yep. man. Because, yeah, he, I, yeah, and you get down to Troy, and it, it made me laugh because it really seemed like Wally was making fun of the new 52 and even just, just Dan Abnett was saying that Meredith Finch, because, yeah, there's like, hey, Let's have fun. We're going to get these water balloons. We're going to bust them on Roy's head. And she's like, where I'm from, we don't play tricks. We focus on training. He's like, well, that doesn't sound like fun. We're going to start having fun. I was like, God damn, you are. Because I was. I was having a lot of fun. I started having so much fun. I bitched and moaned the entire Titans hunt because of the freaking continuity. Like, we were just introduced to Donna Troy. How was she a part of this Team Titans team five years ago? It doesn't make sense. I didn't care going into this. No. 
And I'm, I'll go with it, whatever. It's, you call me a sellout, whatever. I don't and give I, a shit. Yeah, I will tell you. And even with this, oh, we lost this, and we lost. It still doesn't make sense. It still yeah. doesn't make sense that somebody who originated in our deal in the New Fifty Two <laughs> was with this before. But uh, Wally does make a very poignant and very important point here that it wasn't just the time that was taken away, but they seemed to take specific moments, like the bonds. Met, the, yes, the bonds that. So it's not just like a, a cut and dry. Ten years, boom. Five years there. It seems like whoever is doing that legitimately went through. It's like me editing the podcast. Went through and pick and choose. So See, yeah, they they did do that. But yeah, uh, say so yeah, I got my notes here, but I freaking uh, for all these little vignettes, we got mm-hmm. Wally breaking through the friend zone with Lilith. Yeah, that that was odd because this whole time he has been very upset. He mentions it here. He just kind of lets it. He lets it roll. Linda. He's like, he's like yeah, you know what. <laughs> We all lost some things, Linda. And I'm telling and, you, as soon as I started, like, you know, touch too much with these people, yeah. I'd be gone. I'd be fucking speedster molesting Linda until she remembered. Jesus Christ, you went dark. I thought you were going to say that you'd say to Lilith, listen, I did love you before, but I've moved on, baby. No, no. He's so fucking upset about Linda. All of a sudden, you know, I'm, these people are touching me. They remember. Again, I'm going to go get my wife back. Just think of that. If we're getting towards a Mr. Freeze thing where if my theory would be right and that these people really don't remember Wally, that the well, – and Wally himself really never was around right. and that it's the Speed Force making this crazy thing that Linda never really was married to him. And then he goes and does that. Holy moly. Touch too The book gets dark. But yeah, um, well, no, yeah a Wally lot of these is- things are like very nice – uh, it's a very um, Aquaman-esque thing with Garth because, again, oh, yeah. He's why can't they the get any world. of these fucking guys? It has to be the surface world. Oh, I feel like an outsider on the surface world. Oh, look at me. I, I've heard enough. They they should set up a goddamn fucking <laughs> psychologist thing, a fucking hotline for any fucking Atlantean that comes up on the goddamn surface world and vice versa because you're never going to fit in. Get and used like- to it. The, uh, the Dick and Wally stealing the Batmobile. Yeah, That's don't. something I want to read a whole issue yeah. of. I, I do, uh, but I do have to mention that anything that ends with a fist bump <laughs> is okay in my mind. And Garth and Wally end their little talk oh, okay. with a fist bump. I'm okay. I just I've I've had enough yeah, of this. I know you've been stuff. you've been complaining about the whole goddamn, that's all we've thing had. for years. And then now. The, the goddamn Aquaman Rebirth again was okay. Yeah. But that's all we got. We got this more. Did you end up reading that eventually? I have not actually read that oh, yet. Oh, criminy. You got to read that and tell me what you think because it's more of that. And then well, at the I, end. I got to read at, it before next week because Aquaman end. comes up. Yeah, well, it? at the end, there's fucking, there's goddamn Black Mana pissed off at Aquaman again. You it's know, I, I think I did read this, but actually it was just that. you telling me about yeah, it. <laughs> we were over the goddamn thing, but yeah. Now, the strangest, the strangest part, though, like I said, Dick and Wally stealing the Batmobile. That's the best. One, I want to see a whole issue of it, and yeah. actually have that in Teen Titans Go this week. Yeah. Uh, yep. And I'm like, Which that's I'll what exactly, I'm like, doing. I'm all about it. Yeah, that's fun. And but, that's always fun. And then at the end, you want to see them put it in reverse and try to get the mileage off because Batman will kill him. And then at that point, Dick Grayson's like, no, I'll take care of it. And walks off with his fucking Gordy Howe jersey. Boom. And and kicks it and it runs into a T-Rex. And it goes in the fucking T-Rex and then out the fucking back window. (laughs) But no, fucking uh, all of these are fun. Even Roy and Wally sharing a beer together because – it's what teens would do, but then you got to think about his addiction problems later oh, on. Yeah, it's yeah, a little that. bit, it's a little dark thinking about thing the you future. Have a fucking uh, goddamn fucking needle hanging up. But even then, hey, it, well, it was funny to me. Smack in my secret apartment. You even get a little bit of a 
not part, like like a little heartfelt thing, like, hey, you know what, Green Green Arrow, he's not around a yeah, lot. Yeah, you don't know about this. So guys. again, Roy, you're you're trying to blame other people. You're an <laughs> addict. Don't blame other people. But then even with uh, Wally was going to start saying something about Barry, which I think was going to be positive. Right. I think there was, well, because remember, eh, you always have him hanging around all the time. And I don't know, maybe it would have been like, well, you know what? He doesn't. Yeah. But it's weird. All this issue, all I kept trying to find is some reasons why I think that Wally isn't real. And even then I'm thinking, he was about to say that he didn't know Barry Allen because he's not real. As much as you got me trying to look at the Batman, like to find something that's hidden in there. You sent me this fucking wild ass theory, and I, I ignored you. I'm like, no, I'm not chasing you down this rabbit hole again. Nope. Yes. Yeah. No. All I said was, I'm telling you, we're gonna find out that Wally is made up by the Speed Force to correct everything. I'm like, don't you do that? To me. I love around. Wally. But yeah, and then we end with an awesome big group hug, and again, it's fun. It's it really is. Fun. Their friendship is stronger than what has happened to the universe. It seems really clear by the end because. When Wally first showed up to the apartment, he found a photograph where he was not in it, but he remembered taking it and being in it in his mind. And by the end, after everyone remembers him, the friendship is changing the universe where he is back in the picture now. I I think it's false. And even then they're hugging and there's Dick Dick Grayson in the background. He's got his arms crossed. He's just shaking his head. He's like, you. Also, I want to say in that in that photo. Where does Garth get that pizza? That pizza's made of rubber. He's eating that pizza. That pizza's stretching. Um, what you had said before. I always before wanted to have a pizza like that. Fuck yeah. But it's not even just, it's not like one of those where it's like, the oh, cheese. the cheese. Yeah. No, it's the whole thing. It's stretching. Um, you, <laughs> you had said to me before, like, man, my, your first note was that you love the art. Oh my God. And I love it too. Art and I made this book so much and, more and than the again, story allowed it to be. People badmouth Brett Booth. Why? Why? I don't know how you can. Because maybe you can say, maybe his art style might not fit in with every book. Maybe that would be the case. Maybe, Maybe like his art style might not fit in with uh, Batman. Maybe yeah, sp- or whatever. I don't I know. I just know every time that Brett Booth is on a book, and honestly, especially this it. team, That's, Andrew yeah. Dollhouse, Norm Ratman, this team together is fucking magnificent. Yeah, they are. Brett and, Booth, I remember getting so excited like when I was reading the original Teen Titans run of the New 52, yeah. and Brett was on him. Like, well, that's oh, what so I was great. saying. And then he was on the few issues They're of Nightwing. so good on the titans the yeah. team titans he's great and he's also great with dick grayson but he's also he's just good i don't know he's just good but god damn it I, this issue has a polish to it everything yeah. has that great nighttime sheen and it does have it has it. a specific thing that i know see here's the thing where we we do reviews you like to put full pages up what the yeah. hell's going on over there we, we, you like, full like titans i like to uh to pick and choose like yeah. if it's a thing panels and, he really does like those misshapen and crazy <laughs> thrown panels and he used to drive me nuts. And I'm looking at him now and it is all over the place. He has a lot of those panels where there's, you know, there's slivers and this and that, but it really fits. And I really like it. And boy, I have read on his Twitter. I think he may have even talked to us when he used to talk to us a little bit more that Wally West is one of his favorite characters. Yeah. And every panel that he has, he does seem to take like an extra special I'm telling you, Wally looks fantastic. He does. That's what I'm saying. It looks like he's like, I'm not messing up. This is my favorite character I'm going to do. And I even even like Roy's fucking 80s fucking Uh, sunglasses. No, that is, in my mind, that is pure 90s extreme (laughs) attitude. He's about to hit the X Games up. I'm telling you, those are the things that like the Barbarian Brothers wore (laughs) in the 80s. And like guys, I would show up at the gym 
and they would have those fuck. That's Jose Canseco glasses yeah, right there. I, the, here's the deal. We're saying yeah, this is probably like 88 to 93 or something. Yep, right in that wheelhouse right there. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a skateboard in his freaking quiver. Yeah, no, probably. I got so mad when the X Games first started because I I was a younger guy. Yeah. And um, it started up, and I I, think I was in junior high. I and was and awesome. the big the big things were like the skateboard and stuff. So you go and watch it, and I'd see a guy, and there he is competing. And first off, the skateboarding always threw me off because in a run they'd fall like seven times. Right. Done. Dad, like disqualified. Right. Strike one, no, you're no, out. Okay. But then they'd get done, fucking everybody high-fiving each other. I got so fucking no angry. No competition? No. I'm like, what are you doing? And I, I really think that I bet you now, I am it's telling you right now, I bet you there's less of that now because then those motherfuckers figured out if whoever's going to win this going to get those big endorsements and make the money. And then the fucking shit starts happening. They fucking people hugging each other. Oh, Tony Hawk, give me a hug. You now you're tripping people you're so they fall down the fucking Fuck, half-pipe? Yeah, screwing up their lugs. <laughs> Let them fucking go to fucking die. The trucks. Yeah, the trucks. Let them die. I don't care. Now, did what did you think of besides for Roy's extreme new makeover? Um, <laughs> did you? How, what did you think of the new looks? I liked it. I, I, there was not anything that I didn't like. I really liked Lilith's new looks. I yeah. did not expect that going on. I so thought when, she would just look like a redhead. Cra- when's this crazy fucking Green Arrow? Or Green Lantern from the fucking Justice League 3001 show up? Somebody that's put what that on the like. side, yeah. Did somebody put that? Yeah. It does. It looks like the construct that Hal made and fit in the pocket. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I I'm telling you, besides, I'm telling you, Roy, this a little bit through him. I like to look enough because I, it's I way better than when Red, when Red Hood Arsenal came yeah. back with that armored look he had. I hated that. Oh, I'm this looking. This is fun. Yeah. But I I just miss the Nightwing red and black costume. Yeah, I, I don't like the blue and black. The, the panel I'm looking at just to say is the one where they go to attack Wally, when yeah. all the Titans show up and, and Dick doesn't open his mouth and say he's with me. Hey, That's wait. all he has to say. Stop. But yeah, I'm looking at it. Fucking, I think Roy looks fucking badass. I love it. I, it, it, it's one of those things where because we know the character and, and what we dealt with, those glasses are perfect for him. Those glasses would be perfect for him if I saw him today. <laughs> Rocking those glasses, Roy, you son of a bitch. But yeah, I like it. I, I like it a lot. I really do like this issue. Again, it's one of those rebirth issues where you're not getting a ton of info. You're not no, getting no. A lot. You're getting the team, but it's getting the band back together. Now tell me, I uh, I think this is new information where Wally's telling every, all the teammates, um, now that we know what we know, like we remember one another, yeah. I think whoever did this is going to try to yeah, do it again. Yeah, he says, I'm going to try to do it again, and that is new. Yeah. And that is a, kind of odd uh, because, you know, that he would think that. But it, it is going forward. That's I a think, Speed Force premonition I is what that is. I think that the Titans book is the place to be if you want to know what's going on with this sort of thing. I don't know if setting it up with this and setting it up this big is going to work to go to, like, say, the next issue. Uh, they're going to go fight a knockoff of Deathstroke who wants – you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you would expect this book to remain pretty big. In like what Titan Punch should have been. Yeah, and because uh, they're really setting up that. I'm very interested to see the number one, which I don't think comes out for a little bit. I think oh, that this true. one came out – a little bit before, like I don't think Titans comes out the next couple of weeks. I may be wrong, but I think it comes out in July. I don't actually know and, if Aquaman comes out next week. No, I don't know. Um, I know that the end of the month, I believe it's that weird um, annuals 
month or week. Oh, Remember right, I yeah, told yeah. you there's like Grayson annual out of nowhere. Grayson <laughs> had how many issues? 18? Had fucking 10 annuals. <laughs> fucking that, that doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, I, I, I hope that it remains as big. As, so as what this is kind of pointing out to be. And there's not much to the story. I'm telling you, we expanded upon this way more than we ever should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could it's have been something fun. we talked about for two minutes, but yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, what did you give it? I gave this an 8 out of 10. I'd give it an Only 8? Only because of how simplistic the uh, story is. I'm telling you, I had so much fun with this. I wanted to give it a 9. I'm like, but there's not much to the story overall, and then we're recapping on Rebirth a bit. Oh, yeah. I just, like, you keep saying that, like, when I had problems with Flash well, last week, that was a panel. Oh, yeah. That panel. was different. This I'm just brings saying that- the Rebirth in and then goes to show you what he has to do. I just, I like to, you going forward, you need to know a connection between these. This is what yeah. I was saying even to the point where I wanted more of Jessica Cruz. Going forward now, I know if if Wally jumps in front of a bullet to save Garth, or vice versa, actually. If Garth does something to save Wally, it, it makes sense to me now because yes. I see how good a friends they are. And, and not even just like a goofy connection as well. It, it is a very big connection. It's a connection where like he had convinced Garth to stay on the surface world. <laughs> but also he, he's been goofy and he's been this and he's been he's – He's a goofball. He's been a friend. He's been a lover. He's been a lover, a Jim. A lover. He's but been his touch too much. Yes, and I'm talking about Dick Grayson. Of course. Lover. But yeah, I, I really like the way they got the characters together. I like it. I'm looking forward to it. If these rebirths are supposed to do anything, it's to get you excited for the series, and almost everyone has. Done and done. So what do we have next? Eric. 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 We've got Superman number one, written by Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Patrick Gleason, Mick Gray, John Calise, and Rob Lee. Well, the pre-Flashpoint Superman family has settled into their new farmhouse digs in upstate New York, and while we don't have Superman taking on Lex Luthor or Doomsday here, we do have a young John Kent, or the Smiths as they're known here, finding out that having powers isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yes, he finds that out. Now, I, I would agree with you, Eric. This one is number one. Number one. I really like With this. a bullet. And, and why? With a heat vision. With a heat vision. We really enjoyed the uh, Superman, Lois and Clark book. And this is obviously, this is the book, though it's Tomasi writing it. This seems to be the book that's kind of the, you know, continuation. the next phase yeah. at the continuation. And I loved it. And I love the fact that this is the book that we're going to get John. And we were talking before. Uh, we, hey, I love the fact that the Batman and Robin team are on this book. Yeah. And this does, to me... If you love Batman and Robin, which I did, then you'll love this book because this is the super Batman. This is, you know, this is super the opposite Superman. end of the it's, spectrum. Yeah, it's the the other way, but it's still the same thing. It's yeah. it's almost exact, really, it, it, to the point where maybe some people might be angry. But Fuck it that. is it's good. It is Superman trying to teach his son how to be a man, how to be a Superman, you know, all be that. Superman. And we're seeing this through the eyes of John, this issue at least. I actually hope that we do get to continue seeing it that way. I like the uh, negativity. I, I wanna, I'm saying I, I do really enjoy the, uh, like, we're the, uh, they're seeing through the eyes of John for the most part. We're supposed to step in his shoes here. I do not want it to continue forever like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it. 
I wouldn't mind if we go that sort of route. And it's not just through him because it does start. I know. With, I'm saying, though, we see, you know, say, but, but we are pretty much stepping into the shoes yes, of John but here in the, for the most in, part of the book. They have, they're going to have that Super Sons book, but that's yeah. going to be more of a crazy, wacky, me and Damien. No, I can't about. wait for that book after this. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. But I think that where you're going to see the, you know, becoming Superboy and all that is going to be here. And I like the way they do it. I like that instead of us being told, like Superman telling John how to do things, we're seeing that he is learning how to do it himself. He's trying to do it. He, he fails, fails this issue, time. but he fails in a way that it makes sense to me. This is what it's almost like a Damien where, you know, Damien would go out and say, you know, at the beginning, hey, I'm going to make Batman proud and go and slice eight throats and comes <laughs> back and goes, but, but they're, I stopped them. And but no, they were no, bad no. guys. But in this, I really liked it even more because John is doing things that he's not telling people. So he's, he's coming up with his own ideas and stuff like that, but he wants to be good. But we'll go, we'll start. It's, it's really weird because it, there's a duality here between Batman and Robin in this, but like where Damien was raised to be this assassin and that's all he knew and then had to overcome that. We have John believing, you know, He's a regular kid, but now who, he's just you know, now. And now he's cursed. It's the opposite. Powers. and it's, it's like the It's a gift. Yeah, and it's a curse. Yeah, yeah, and it, not only that, but then he gets upset later in the issue because you know they have to lie about it. It's like the Incredibles. Exactly. You, know, oh, you made me lie and all, and that it was perfect the way I think Tomasi wrote a younger kid. I thought it worked like, well for a child, and yeah. I thought what I would do myself. Tell you because I stepped in the shoes of John in this. Yeah. And I loved it because. Well, we start out the book where John gets to see Superman. Oh, you know what? I'm jumping the gun. Yeah, on because that. at the beginning they we just got that it's real him beginning. At, yeah, it's at him. And I think that the the reason why this was there, they have this crazy thing where Superman's there and he's at the grave, the fresh grave of Clark in Smallville yes. with the Kents. He's there, and I, I really do think that most of this scene was just to tie it into the rebirth to show yeah, we had to that have that we had to have the obligatory mr oz talk yeah and he says that and i i really do think that that's all and why i liked it so much is it's pretty much you know two panels or two pages yeah you're it's really quick you get a really odd thing where clark's there and he's talking it's i like it too because he only knew they only said a couple words to each other him and Superman. You but, they weren't close friends. But they're the same person. I know. So that's why I really like it. You get it here where I think that you – I got the idea thinking that now it, it's hit him that, you know what? I had myself here, my brother, he calls him. He says, yes. sleep well, brother. And he never got a chance to even really talk to him. And he had tried all the steps he thought he had to bring him back. And he, he can't do it here. So he's, he pretty much at this point. I got to go says, call my brother, Jim. And he, has, he pretty much, I'm not going to call my asshole brother. <laughs> oh, fucking, if, if he was there, I'd hit him over with the shovel and bury him again if he came up. But yeah, uh, he says, like, I know you're not going to come back. Sleep well, brother. I think this is like his final goodbye. Yeah, I'm sorry. Gone, he's gone. He's there. He's exhausted all options here. Yeah. There's nothing left to do but he, to take up the mantle himself. He kind of puts his hand down to, like, give him a goodbye and then pulls it up, and it's glowing, and it's very ambiguous. It's very odd. Don't know what's going on. He seems to think something about it because he does go, huh. And then he's like, hey, Mr. Oz said this, and now this. And you're wondering, like, what, what? And maybe somebody out there knows that there's something that this means or whatever. Tell me I this don't. has something to do with the Oblivion Stones? I don't know. But then he's like, hey. And I really like this. He actually says, I think you'd be happy to know I put the black suit aside. Yeah. 
and I'd been we'd been at half mass long enough, and it was kind of like that whole thing. Like, why did he wear, when when did he wear the black suit? For years. Well, I'm saying, but when did he start wearing it? In Lois and Clark. I don't, I don't know. What no, you're I'm saying back in. Wasn't that the? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, back in the '90s when he came back. From when the he dead, came he back. The, yes. That's what he's saying here. Is like I wore that suit when I came back from the dead. Fuck it. I'm done with that. We're done with that. Now you dud. Fuck it. I am now super. Like this to him is more than just. Hey, I'm wearing a suit because it's you. He's saying it to himself. He says we've been at half mass long enough. That was him coming back and saying I came back from the dead. Look at me. No, it's done. The black suit's gone. He has the super suit now. You didn't like because they didn't explain it, but I really, I just really wanted a quick that. throwaway line. Is what but I wanted. There it was. Now it's an issue late for you. Yeah. But I really like that he is not. I thought. Oh, he got that suit out because he wants people to believe he's Superman. No, he he's wearing the new suit that he seems to have made because it's now time for him to get over it. That to him is time him. to move on. Yeah, and he's going to move on and become Superman again the way he was before. And I love it. I thought that was so great. It actually gave me the chills a little because he is saying that. He's done, you know, half mass. We're not, we're nobody's fucking caring about that anymore. And then he rips open his jacket. He's got the super suit, you know. And you know what's funny arm. to me? I really got into this book. I have to personally. I think this is the weakest part of the book. These two pages. Well, again, I think that it is a um, getting you from where you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a connection. You have to point. do something. I mean, they could have said like, boy. You know, Lana, this and that. No, they did this, and it, it continues. But I really like. Hey, they, honestly, they didn't have to say anything because, like, let's say we're sitting around the freaking, you know, the Smith family table having breakfast, and Superman's just talking, so we could have that exposition going. Yeah. Seems like this Superman keeps everything close to the chest. He doesn't tell Lois about. He this. doesn't tell that, but that's why I like that he's talking. Yeah, oh yeah, I get this. It. I like that he's talking to who he thinks is Superman. That'll never it's come. Inner back. voice. I really like that, and but he's just ta- he's talking to the dead Superman. And I really like it. And he's pretty much saying to him, like, I'm going to continue on. You know what? Almost like, you know, you didn't die for nothing. I'm going to carry on. Even the whole thing he says, I I wish that he would have brought this up because he says, yep, Lana, you know, she did fulfill her promise. There was a promise that Clark told this Superman as well. Right before he punched him, he said, I'm glad because they're going to need somebody to protect him. And then punched him. And that's where he got him off of him and and Cala, Connell. Connell. And that's what he's doing now. And I wish he would have said, you know what, I had I had a promise too, or whatever. But I like. Then you go to the the splash screen, the credit screen. You see, you know, the history. And I really liked that. Yeah. Really liked it. And uh, but that's when you get John. It, it switches right from there to the Smith Farm. And I know a lot of people had the problem with, but I I didn't. They changed their name. They're fucking. Oh no, I just went with to the stay whites. out. Yeah, I just they had the whites for Perry. They they threw that out, but now they had to go. And you also – they left that house in – what was it? Like San Bernardino or whatever it was. California. In California. That, uh, shit was going wrong there. It was on fire. <laughs> they left. The they whites are dead. You do not need people coming for fucking insurance, people asking <laughs> questions. You know, next thing Clark's arrested for arson. You don't need that shit. You make up a new name. I'm telling you, you get out the fuck go from California to here, you change everything. And that's what they did. So I'm telling, I had no problem with it at all. I think they changed animals too. Well, they, they must have because we go in there and the barn is on fire. And I, I, the one thing I thought is like, hey, there's the lightning strike woke me up. The barn's on fire. I wish he would have just blown the fire out, but I guess that would fan the flames. <laughs> but he, 
John is looking. It's a tough call. That, well, John is low, or you know, super. Doesn't he still have that freeze breath? No. <laughs> Can he kiss the barn so it, it forgets? <laughs> forgets the barn it's forgets fire. it's on fire. So you get there, and he, the barn's on fire, and Superman's saving the animals. It's a great Superman moment. It and is. you look, and there's John, and he's doing the the narration. The but all then looked, eyed, you know, like the fucking gigantic eyes looking and on. I'm and telling all. you, they did it so well too because he's looking. And at the Little thumbs up. And Superman gives the thumbs up, and then you turn the page, and it's the big page with Superman or John giving his dad the thumbs up. And I'm telling you, with Art Patrick Gleason, it it's like you can sense the pride. <laughs> I, I, I love this issue, and you can just tell how happy he is, and also to me how the issue goes. He's also happy to think to himself, like I have those powers too. And I'm going to be able to save people and all that. And in the, I'm going to be him someday. Yes. And in that panel, he has the parademon little toy that you like. He has some Legos and some – looks like a RoboCop actually to me, the other one that's sitting Now it's down. a RoboCop? It's a weird – no, the one that's laying next to the army guy. It, it has a weird chest, but the, the face to me looks like saying. a RoboCop. But then they have like what looks like a Cyclops. And I laugh so hard because his arm's missing. And I think that Lois went and got that at the uh, – like at a garage sale. And then said that Skeletor cut the, the arm <laughs> off, and John loves it. But he's got his little toys there. And again, it's so good because he's there. He sees his dad is happy. We know that he is a super powered being, but he's also a kid. You see his toys there. I think they did it really well. And then there's when Goldie comes in. Goldie, the cat. What's up, Goldie? I forgot the cat's name was Goldie. And to me, I'm it. all I knew was Ranger was a dog. Cats have nine lives. One of those ended over Colorado. Yes. They, they dropped Goldie and Ranger. Where's Ranger in this, too? Ranger's doing stuff. He's, he's doing stuff and whatever he, he does. But they, they point they out took Goldie. took him to a farm where he's going to play and be happy oh, forever. Yeah. That old guy who just happened to drive by had a farm. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, Goldie, there'll be more mice out there. And I, I Again, this whole thing, they have a lot of these family moments that we loved. in the. And I like seeing farm. Clark on a farm again. Yeah, and he's on a farm lifting fucking, you know, rebar and fucking concrete. It and it's classic Clark. Yeah, it's I great. And uh, even Lois, she, you know, gives him shit. She's like, hey, you know what? That's the last flannel I get. And he's like, you know what, Lois? I, I hate to tell you, flannel went out in the 90s. I, I kind of don't like the flannel anymore. You I'm glad you said that. You, yeah. Every goddamn Christmas, more yeah, and more every flannel. Christmas, flannel. You know, I don't you know what like, I like flannel. Maybe a new iPhone. How about that, yeah, Lois? Hey, and he's I like, need to call people, and too. And he's like, hey, Lois, you see the shirt I'm wearing? You know what they call it? They call it a wife beater. You better start fucking minding your fucking <laughs> business, bitch. You're, you're going to be in big fucking trouble. But, yeah, and then uh, the Clark is like, hey, we're going to – John wants to know. We're going to do this barn. We're going to do this. No, not you're yet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, not yet. We're going to go from there. And I love it when he's like, yes, sir. And he goes. Yeah. And then uh, Clark's like, hey, go out. You know what? the uh, What is it? The corn harvester? The corn harvester needs gas. It ran out of gas. Go fill it up. And he goes to run off. I'm like, where's the gas? <laughs> he doesn't take any gas with him. But He's a child. He's stupid. He <laughs> runs off. He's like, hey, get him, Goldie. Goldie's get chasing, to it when he Goldie's gets to chasing it. a mouse. I, this cat is so special. I've never had a cat in my life that actually runs around with you and stuff. Cats, like, they, like again, Honestly, he, he I'm thinking, say, why is he not running around with the dog at this point? He would say, hey, Goldie, come on, go get him, Goldie. And Goldie, bitch, please. I don't have time for your shit. Goldie would be off somewhere in the fucking shade, fucking sitting there doing some shade. bad Cats shit. Cats love the sun. I think they love anything but running around like this. 
But yeah, they go, and that's where you see that a hawk is, and it's not a chicken hawk, Eric. I'm a chicken hawk. The hawk. You know what I'm saying though. My freaking, I'm going to see my Mimo tomorrow. Put flowers on my daddy's grave. Yeah. And she just had a bunch of kittens, and all of them died except for one that used to follow her around. And she told me on the phone this week, she it was sitting right next to her, and a chicken hawk came down and took it. Chicken hawk. It's not a chicken. That's what she said it was. I think it's just a hawk. I no, I'm saying in real life. Yeah, no, I'm saying I think that most of these things are pro- – I don't know what a chicken hawk to a hawk is. I don't need to watch. I'd have to look this up between fucking books. But I, know yeah. they go to, I know they go to roosters and ask for help about how to find chickens. They do, and then they listen, son. <laughs> I say, I, I say. say. I say, you're bothering me, son. Go get that goldie, son. <laughs> I want a chicken hawk. But yeah, he gets the, the the cat gets taken by the hawk, and there's John. Now, also, like I said, you've already seen John see his dad save all these animals. He's there. John reacts. This is not him saying, "Oh, I'm going to kill something. I'm going to do this." He reacts. He is freaking out. Now he could have maybe flew up and punched the. Honestly, I don't even think he meant to do the heat. Yeah, vision. he just yelled, "Let her go." And burn the shit out of both the hawk and the the cat. The Nobody cat gives a dead. shit about the hawk. I know, the cat but is the, cat, the cat is dead. It's dead. It's burnt oh to God. a crisp. And John is so upset, and yeah. he and he goes and he gets the little collar. He broke his promise because he told his dad he wouldn't use his powers unless you know his dad was around. They were going to work on it. And as he's crying, he looks I was up. Shocked. Yeah, and there's a little girl happened. there, and I got so upset. And it was not because of animal rights. It's first because off. John then said no witnesses. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then burn the shit out of that girl <laughs> because he learned that from his dad's treatment of the flannel with his mother. That's right. The, I learned it from you, dad. <laughs> but no, what happened, it's such a good you're, – you're telling a story. Tomasi is using this to show again that with great power – Comes great responsibility, Eric, sure but also does, that yeah. he is not ready, that he reacts. I, this is a lot of things that are thrown in here. Not once did I say to myself, man, this just shows me because I don't know who is going to read this and use their heat vision on a cat. I don't and know. Some fact, lady I was fighting with on goddamn Facebook this week. Yeah. And what did she say? What, she, what does she think? It. Does she think that somebody's going to see this and see how heartbroken John is and think that it would be good to burn a cat? And because I'm sure she said, he's showing that you should burn a cat. What good happens from this cat being burned? I was talking to this lady, and she's talking about how unnecessary this was, how awful, and animals' cruelty, and all this stuff. I'm like, and I'm trying to explain, this was very important to show us the gravity of the situation and the depth where this – how it's a life and death situation with these powers all the time. And she's like, and you need this to step into the shoes of John here. And she's like – I don't need to go out and burn an animal to stem. Whoa, whoa. I didn't say emulate the character. And also, I said, I, you should have called me. Called me over. I would have been on there because I would have said, okay, John doesn't do anything. What happens? That cat's dead. It's dead. He reacts because he's trying to save it and realizes, uh, to me, this is very similar to Max Landis's American Alien. I believe it was the second issue. Second issue, yeah. Where those pieces of shit came back to the town and they, they were going to kill the family. And John, sh- or John Clark shows up and he can't control his powers and burns the shit out of that guy's arms. He Fuck, has no arms, arms left. Right off. I didn't see anybody complaining about that. And you said people care more about the fucking, you know, cats than people. But it's not even that. Number one, this is a comic. This is a comic book. Oh, and dude. it is I proving it a point. I'm saying I was seeing on Twitter this week freaking people tell, talking to Dan Abnett and shit like that. I'm or not Tomasi. talking uh, Tomasi. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, saying 
why do we have to have this? I'm like, and uh, I keep wanting to say Dan. Tomasi's all like, look, I, I did not come to this decision lightly. There's no. going to be a payoff in the next enemy. And I'm so happy because there's so much animal cruelty in the world. And I'm like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? You're this, reading a goddamn comic book. The thing is, this is something where you're showing you ha- he's this using. This is really important. It's a story. Yes, he he has to show you something that John learns this lesson. And for the rest of his life. Yes. And it can't just be, I said, I made a joke. And I said, what are, what are, were they supposed to do? Sit lower, say, hey, John, you know, you, you promised us you'd make breakfast in bed. Okay. Oh my God. I didn't do it. I forgot. I'm going to make toast with my heat vision. Oh no, I burned it. That's yeah. what, and you said. That's what that, the lady said. That's oh, what the lady this, said. This is a Superman family and book. He should have just been burning toast at the I, kitchen table. Are you kidding me? And when I said that to you, Legitimately, this is not me lying and making up a story. I did say that yeah. to you. I was thinking about what a moron would say because yeah. that's moronic. That that doesn't show you because he burnt toast. The only person mad about burning toast is Katana. Katana. That's the only one. But yeah, you have this in, in every oh, comic, really. Yeah. You have this in comics where you, you have to show so something bad does have to happen. Unfortunately, it's his cat. I, I must be horrible. Because I felt bad for John because he I, was trying no, to do I, something good. I was good. shocked to the cat. I'm like, oh, my God, they just killed a cat. Al- I burned the cat alive. And then, like, you know, I keep reading then. And, you know, I'm just sitting here feeling how shocked John must be. And then the shame when he yeah. has to come back and he has because to sit there and have going. breakfast. And-, and then he's having breakfast and Lois keeps saying, you know what? We don't see Goldie. And it's perfect because it's almost like when you you uh, you hurt your elbow. And you never hit your goddamn elbow until you hurt your elbow, yeah. and you, everybody's fucking hitting your elbow. Hey, buddy, hit your elbow, you fucking asshole. Twist that knife a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and yeah, it's just he wants to tell them, but he doesn't. He's like you said, He's there's a- shame, there's hurt, and uh, in the meantime, this girl does see him, and we do suspect, and it kind of leads into that that'll be his Lana. That'll be his friend that he meets who does know he has powers because then they're at the dinner table. Really weird. I I don't know, man. If I was her and even looking at her with those gigantic fucking eyes, she is scared as hell. Oh, yeah, she is. She does not want to be at the Smith family farm dropping off milk from her grandpa's dairy farm across the way. I actually think she wants to see him again. I know that she's looking, but it's That shit is tense. When they say, though, about the cat, she seemed okay until then. Even when she comes in, she doesn't seem – I don't know. I think that maybe once he looks at her mean that she's like, shit, I better watch my P's and Q's. I heard about these wife beaters, the Smiths. But – uh. I, the only like, thing at the one point John is trying to escape inside of his shirt. Yeah. Well, and the he does one, yes, not want to yes. be here. Uh, the one point made me laugh because then you have to remind people that Lois is an author. <laughs> you get this whole but procrastinating versus thinking, and I'm uh, like, okay, get off of this, please. And then she then she turns it around. Hey, I haven't seen that cat of ours yet. You didn't see it when it fucking dropped it over Colorado. Get me a flannel. Yeah. I'm looking now. Yeah, Clark has a. We Clark, love this, Lois. How dare Clark you? has a button-up uh, blue. He doesn't have a flannel on anymore. He's no, this like, is he's, dinner time. You gotta dress up for I hope it's from now house. on he does not have a flannel on the rest of the series because he's taught her. <laughs> <laughs> she shows up the next issue. Start. She's got a black eye. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, was burned alive here, John. Is so yeah, well, you know what? You can't be worse than that. So I'm just I'm laying it on. You can get yeah, there. You can get uh, there. The girl shows up, 
And she's like, oh, you know what? Uh, my dad, we just moved in. Grandpa. Got a dairy. Grandpa. Uh, Grandpa. Well, yeah, but dairy farm here. He wants you to have this milk. And I'm Kathy like, Kathy Brandon. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know about you, but the milk that they have, like, it always seems to me it would be very warm, and I wouldn't want their damn milk. I think it's bad. But uh, yeah, John's trying to escape. <laughs> they mention, hey, uh, listen here. Tell me you wouldn't take free stuff. Get the fuck uh, out. Of here. I, hey, I may do. That. I'd give it to my kids. I wouldn't like it. I'd give it to them. They can they can projectile vomit all over the place with that. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, it's a big point though when or a big part of this where they say, hey, by the way, <laughs> you see a cat around? Like all of a sudden, I have not in in Lois and Clark. I do not remember them mentioning that cat more than once. I'm and telling you, I, we didn't even hear the name until this issue. Yeah, in my so, mind, I, I think they did say it before, but because I, I did say it, and then I, I know forgot, Ranger. I knew I that. Forgot it then, but yeah, they're like, "Hey, you know, you have this," and and they're like, "Did you see it?" And she looks at John and like, "No, no, but I'll put a saucer out." Like that's their bond right now, and obviously, to me, they're going to be out there. John's going to be on the swing. And she's going to come by and, like, I, I saw what happened. And then hey, he's defensive, but then she's going to be like, I think it's great. Woo, wait, can you burn some toast, baby? I heard your dad don't like that flannel. Hey, I like fire, too. Let's yeah. go burn she's really, things. She's the fire starter. She's a oh, goddamn – she's shit. from the village of the damned here with her blue yeah. eyes and blonde hair. She's children of the corn. Holy shit, where's Malachi? <laughs> so they be an ugly somewhere. So then, and John – then John is going to take it out. He's like – Clark starts talking to him. John starts. He starts screaming. You know, you're using me as an excuse to be a bunch of liars, and he, he's well, he's lashing out because yeah, he's upset. He's very defensive and combative, yes. and it's great. And it then works what's so, great that's too, a kid thing to do. And what's great about it? He yells at his dad, and then goes upstairs crying because he's and upset. He gets, and he gets he did, grounded. And he didn't want to yell at his dad either. Oh. Yeah, he goes to the room. He's not. You know, he's not crying there because he's grounded to me. He's crying because he just yelled at his dad. We already saw his dad's everything to him because his dad does not let him have friends, Eric. That he's, <laughs> he is a shut in. He, he's thinking to himself, listen, if my dad doesn't like me, I'm done. I am done like Goldie. I know, but, dude. Yeah. And by the end of the issue, I'm afraid of that as well. Yeah, well, he's out. He's looking out the window and Wonder Woman and Batman come up and he's like, it's to me, it's awesome because he's like, huh? Whoa, because that is cool. They're right. Having them show up is so cool. For and then just kids. the freaking the, the silhouette of Superman opening the well, door, the silhouette, the shadow in front of them. Here's the deal. Yeah, the shadow. But here's the deal that that gets me here is Superman comes out very aggressive. Uh, yeah. But I don't know why. Because, because these people are at his home. Yeah, but th- there are heroes. He knows they're heroes. He knows that they – he left them when Clark died and said, we'll talk about this later. Now, again – This is his private place. That's actually – I will say one thing as well. Why does Wonder Woman have that sword out? There's no reason for it. And Batman's – they're, they're, it's a very aggressive very. stance there. They are talking about things. And, yeah, then John's trying to use the super hearing that – I don't know. It's a little shoddy. Yeah. <laughs> he is he right. He fucking practice. I see him too. up in that window. He should be able to hear them. Yeah, they're talking, and you just get, crack it a little bit, yeah, John. Damn. Yeah, yeah, you get the, uh, you know, bits and pieces of what they're saying, and it, it kind of is supposed to throw you off. Kind of go from there. Now they're talking, and it's talking about power levels. Uh, we reached out, still a stranger, which I do think the we reached out, still a stranger, is to him. I think yeah, that so he, they're like, hey, you know what? We've reached out to you. One Superman's dead, obviously that. But then it's like my family, the boy. I told you, dangerous to others. Now, that might be him saying that, Superman. I don't right. think Batman and Wonder Woman are saying he's dangerous to others. 
I don't think I know anything about the boy. He's saying, listen, my family, I have this boy, I told you. He told – somebody told somebody. Somebody. <laughs> But yeah, if it's like I told you, he has powers. He's still dangerous to others, off limits, whatever. Um, but they're, they want something. And then it ends with the, the thing that threw me off. It, it ends. Superman goes in quiet and quickly. You're coming with me. Oh my. I'm not, not even that because while they're talking, all of a sudden they both, like all three of them look up and it looks like they're looking at John. John recoils in a fucking horror. There's a crash. And then freaking you see Wonder Woman and Batman to like, you know, leave. Now I, and then I, it's just I John also, in the dark room and I then actually, Superman comes in. I look because I really wanted to see when Wonder Woman was flying off that she was holding Batman because <laughs> we never really see that. I wanted Batman like Batman cannot get a break. He's always getting flown around places. And to me, it would have been so funny because when they land He's like, okay, you go first. And then Wonder Woman walks out, and then he comes out like he walked. It made <laughs> drop me, me off around the oh, corner. Yeah, that's what I think. It's, it's like a 2 a.m. girlfriend. You drop me off there. I'll, I'll get myself home. But yeah, it made me laugh so much because I really wanted to see <laughs> Superman's or Batman's feet dangling with Wonder Woman, but it's not. You kind of see something going on. I don't but, know. But yeah, John's very scared. All of this, he's been scared the whole issue about what happened. He's been embarrassed. He doesn't want his dad to be mad at him. And his dad comes in and says, you're coming with me. And now, John, here it this is. looks like you're fucking cruising for a bruising. Yeah, but again, it says next, eradicated. Oh, the yeah. whole thing we know with the eradicator, I think that just shit has gone wrong. And I don't know why John's going. I really I don't, don't know, like why. I don't know why. Unless it's, it's one of those where it's such a scary scene to me. I don't it, know why. It might be one of those. Did I beat where, his child because the Eradicator is pretty much a clone of Superman. Yes. And whatever this Eradicator is, if it is from a solar, oh, so yeah, back in the day, it was the embodiment of Krypton yes. itself. And if this one is the solar flare, if this happens to be, everybody wants to yell that the Kenji Kong is the Superman that flew out in China. If it happens to be him, that, that it's not Kenji Kong. Kenji no. Kong happens to, whatever it might be, I have a feeling that somehow that person, that is other. Is it Kenji or Keenan now? I can't even Kenan. remember. It's Keenan. Okay. Um, I don't know. Something ties into John. Like, remember, um, Connell, that was a big thing to him. Yeah, I am gonna. T- I'll raise your son. You know when they fought. So I don't know if that's what it's leading to that this other eradicator, this clone, whatever it might be, knows about John, and that's why they came. Listen, and and Superman comes out and says, "Listen, my family's off limits." No, you know what? Your family's involved now because that's what's going on. I don't know, or if he's We're just gonna like, get a call back to Krypton yeah, Returns, or if it's like uh, I don't know, like Justice League this week, where he thinks it's time for this. It's weird. That it would be time because it's kind of his first time exactly. too. But it would be weird. So I want to see. Or he, he might not be going to. I always assume that they're going wherever Batman and Wonder Woman came. Batman and Wonder Woman might have just been, hey, listen, you know, shit's gone bad. We need you, you for I the want, Trinity and, book. No, I want you to know your family's in danger. We may find out that him saying this is them all going. That he all of a sudden oh, they yeah. start flying. It's time again. to leave. No, yeah. So we'll see. But. I loved it. I loved oh, it. I love issue. the character of John. I love the way Clark is. I love the beginning when he's talking to the dead Superman. Lois, eh. But I love Lois. We made jokes <laughs> well, about this Lois, We made we wife beating jokes about Lois, but you, you know. You, you made wife beating jokes. You know, we made wife beating jokes about Lois. But no, I really loved it. Um, I love this more than any issue that I've read in Rebirth so far, especially the number ones. And because I gave Wonder Woman a 9.7, I'm going to have to give this a 9.71. Nice. 
I'm not going to go 9.8, but I'll go 9.7 as well. What did you yeah. give it? You gave it I give it an 8 out of 10. Okay, I loved it. I loved every minute. I thought it explained everything and set up a book that we've been wanting since Batman and Robin stopped. That I'm saying the, the, the beginning part was just a little weird to me, those first two pages. And uh, I really love the art for the most part. But like you say, like when we get to the end, yeah, the, we have Batman Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman and, and even, Batman are bad. But again, if you want to go into it and I wanted to say, you know, I'm thinking that's John looking at him. And I could say that they're making that as he is so scared of what he's hearing them yeah, say. You can take that that route. Because, boy. They, Batman looks like a vampire, and Wonder Woman looks like a zombie. Sure does. And even Clark himself. Zombie hoback. Yeah, yeah. And Clark looks a little. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm saying that last that last page. Clark looks a little weird to me. Uh, I'm looking when he comes in. Yeah. I, I think it's more of it's it's like a, I don't know what's wrong with his hands there, but he doesn't have fingers. He has gigantic gloves uh, for I, hands. Again, though, maybe it's supposed to be that everything's you know in in John's deal. But yeah, it, maybe uh, it is. I, it, it's I, funny. You know who I think of the voice? It's so weird when I read this and then I see that last page. I think of Stan Smith from American Dad as the voice <laughs> now of this Superman. <laughs> Either that or uh, Patrick Warburton. Right. It's like something big like that. But, boy, I loved it. This I is loved a really this. good issue, though. I, I loved it. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to stop now, and then we'll be back with more books. How about that? The smooth sounds of Weird Out Loud. Smooth sounds of Touch! <laughs> I'm going to go and gargle fucking kerosene, and that'll make it feel better. Yeah. We'll be back. Man, we're back. We are back, Eric. What are we back from, Jim? We are back from something. I do not know. It may have been. Mind a, the Poconos? It may have been a uh, a song, a ditty, if you will. I do not know. A but we're doo-wop? back. We're back with what could be called the green section. Could be. Except only two of the three books are green. Uh, but the third, third one, the third one, yeah, there's some, and I'm green. We got a really, be, we got a really useless green in the third one. Yeah, really, really, fucking jokester in that one. Even Aquaman showed him up. But yeah, the first one, what are we talking about? We're talking about Green Lanterns number one, written by Sam Humphreys, with art by Robson Roca, Jay Lyston, Blonde, and Dave Sharp. I got really concerned for a second because I have art by, art by. Art by, <laughs> art by. They're all like, oh my God, what happened? Our Lantern heroes go off on their first mission, and man, is it more than they can handle. After coming across the raged-out meth head with a gun, our heroes find a sacrificed alien in a basement full of bodies, and when the townsfolk show up and give in to their rage of the situation, well, a big-ass hell tower explodes out of the ground, of course. Of but course. since this is now Argus's jurisdiction, our heroes go back home, where Jessica is confronted by more raged-out wall martyrs, and Simon is bestowed with the Emerald Sight. Yeah, my head's throbbing just hearing that. It was Dude, funny I'm when you said you, Dave I, Sharp and stop, like I should say something. I had a pita chip in my mouth, and I put it in my mouth and then realized I can't chew it. And those things are hard as rock. So I was sucking on it. I'm and telling you, I, said I, that and I was some, trying to get it out of my fucking mouth. For some reason, after I got done, I could not get past the fact that I had art by twice. Yeah. I, it I don't, bothered are, me. Are you like me? Are you going to change it now? Because I, I am would, change, I would it. change it right now. You can't leave that. You can't leave that sitting like that in your notes. Someday those things might be worth something. I delete them every time. Yes. I um. I don't know. Uh, this issue. It's like the tale of two cities, Eric. And is one it? city is cool, and one city isn't. Because I was really enjoying this read until one point, and then shit. And even when you were talking, you're talking. I'm like. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The minute 
that that hell tower shows up. Argus shows up. What the fuck? I was waiting for John to come and, and kill a cat. I, I it's so many things were thrown in at Speak one point. Dogs by Green Lanterns. That's right. He is he is a serial killer. He, he's the one. Those bodies there. Uh, but yeah, all of a sudden there was just too much. There, there was. It was the. It just was too much. I almost said the touch, touch too much. much. I knew it. <laughs> but uh, I stopped. But yeah, I like the back and forth between Simon and Jessica at points, and then they go too far. It's like Sam Humphreys. Wants to do like he. I'm I don't you, know. Like, I, I have enough stories for six. I'm gonna pack it in the one issue. Yeah, and it's weird. He's just done. This is number one, buddy. Just settle your horses down. He's a sin, baby. Horses. Don't shove it in right away. Spit but, on a bit first. And um, a, a couple other reviewers were taken aback or, or had a, a problem with the dual narration. I like it. That's and my I favorite like part it to of the, the book. point where it makes sense. That's what you you want. I'm and yes, you see the duality of it. You see the juxtaposition, if you will. Well, I'm telling you, if, if you, you will, will, Eric. If I will, and I will, you will. 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 Oh, yes. Fucking, um, like last uh, Rebirth issue, I was complaining a bit about the bickering, how I just didn't couldn't get into it a bit. It's very low-key here. You still get a bit, but because of this dual narration or caption where like they say something and then we hear see what's going on inside their minds at the same point, it works for me so much more. I did like it. There was one. There was only one time that it threw me off. And when we get to it, I'll tell you. It's it's like a weird, like Simon Baz, like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. I'm gonna head out to to fucking space. It was a weird thing where I think it was when she was trying to tell, like, hey, we're only here to help. Fucking talk for yourself, you whore. I started I'll, laughing and realized my mic was off and I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was weird. But I liked it. I even liked the point where. They go in because, yeah, they space pitch. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go hang with my boys. I think those were the exact words Except for that guy Gardner. I hate him for yeah, some even reason. Even then, you got to throw him as a joke again. And it, yeah, and I like that. Um, They're going to get a word that there's an alien. They go to find out. And I like that they're going together. And I really did like this where um, she, Jessica, anyone in the house, give yourselves up. This is the Green Lantern Corps. And someone's like, Phew. That, that sounded, sounded pretty decent. good. Yeah, practicing. I like that. I so like what? that a lot. And um, then you get this guy, and he I didn't even notice not he has the Red Lantern emblem. Yeah, he, he decided he's going to make his own T-shirt. He made it because that's what he was promised. Yeah. And at one point before that, when he's yelling about the ring, I actually thought he meant a Green Lantern ring. When they were talking about the ring, I thought this was going to be one of those rings that came back from fucking Edge of a Blade. I didn't know, but then you go there. He's there, and they they don't know what's going on. They're, he doesn't Dude, look like an alien. Even, I'm and he, telling you, I didn't know what was going on. I actually think he looks way more like an alien than a meth head. Like, well, I don't have a lot of experience about with meth, it. God damn, like, this guy was fucked but up. But here's the thing. At this point, we didn't realize we were going back to that rage virus that we had at the end of Red Lanterns. And that's, a, and that's the thing, and so too, that's why I, was I like, don't even know if going. this is supposed to be I know. that. It, it seems like it's something. If it's not that, it's that. Because I really... <laughs> I'm because telling it you, really is. It that really rage virus, like that. I like. I can't even remember who was on it. Landry Walker. Um, yeah, he did the ending. Remember, he was on, and then they canceled it. I'm telling you, he had the last three issues, and yeah. he had this rage uh, virus thing going on. I was not a huge fan of it. I liked aspects, but it seemed like that was taken care of, and then we're just thrown yeah. right back yeah. into this with no explanation at but, all. So they're like, they show up, and the guy's eyes are uh, glowing red. And they're like, he doesn't look like an alien. He don't look like any sort of normal human either. What's my dog? He's from here. I know that. But yeah, he shoots Jessica. She gets saved somehow. 
Oh, you, she's you got know? the protection on. I know she does, but it just seemed weird. Like, it, it, you would think that Simon would have known that because he thinks she's shot. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. They get up and they start attacking. And, you wear your vest. And that's where we got one of the best uh, uses of the Green Lantern ring ever. I've never seen anybody Green Lantern construct a battery, a car battery, <laughs> to swing and hit somebody. And I thought to myself, that Simon is a sick motherfucker. I'm telling you, I want a freaking construct of a sock full of quarters. Well, again, you think of this. Yeah, or fucking that, a shiv made out of fucking stuff. Like one of those little mini baseball so bats you get at the fucking ballpark yeah, sometimes. Because it, it's Simon at some point in his life thought, you know what, with that strap on that battery <laughs> – Really like fucking a dandy hit, weapon. You can hit somebody with that. I've never heard. I've heard people like, "Hey, get the quarters. You even get like a, a roll of quarters. Put it in there. Whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never heard anybody say, "You know what? If you're really in a jam, you get a car battery. That's got a handle. Well, it's got now that we know. thing." Yeah. Well, he knew because he's a badass. But yeah, <laughs> he hits that guy upside. Airborne Michigan's hardcore. And again, at this point. I am having a lot of fun. Yeah. I really was at this point. And then They're like, working together. We get to see their individual. I thought it was a little weird at first, though, but uh, Jessica would create this ram head fucking battering ram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't know enough about her to tell, to tell what kind of constructs she would use. Yeah, yeah. But I like seeing the individuality of the constructs. And we always had, like, you know, John's the engineer and, yeah. you know, how he's got this fucking baseball bat and, like, goofy glove. And, and it's sad to say, at what, what would be the generic term you would say about Baz? And it's, it's sad to say, but I would say that they would say he's the criminal he's and the he's fun. not he was he was he wasn't guilty of what they said kind no. of. He, but no he grew up he on the stole car the street. but yeah um i do like too he hits the guy with that battery and the sound effect is kong <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh but yeah they, they have that and then like baz look there's our alien and that shit has gone wrong it is sacrificed so on the goddamn wall. Wrong. Yes, it is wrong. And um even it and it's like held by Pokemon Red Lantern balls. I, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, Jessica almost throws up. She like she's wrecked. happen. And um yeah, she might have eaten ghost pepper salsa right there. But there is um I Simon is I like it. This is not Simon. Simon at this point should be not be saying like Hey, are you okay? Come over here. You need a hug. No, he's like, hey, you're going to be able to pull it together. Let's get the fuck out of here. We got a job to yeah, do. I know. You want to call the cops? We can, but the, the case closed. Let's get the fuck out of here. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, the basement. They're like, yeah, we can't really get the hell out of here. And this guy is a serial killer. Is this that he's been uh, – are these been, all rage? He's been sacrifices and, for yeah, a while. And it's weird, too, because they do kind of make it seem like it's only been the past month or so. These bodies look fucking decro- you know, decayed or whatever, whatever it may be. But you get the idea that he's doing this to help the. To, I guess you need a you sacrifice know, the for is, the honestly, Hell Tower. It, you don't really get much of an idea no, because what, the Red Lanterns before this, the whole thing is they were gonna freaking you know they're gonna bring their wrath, their rage to people who will, like yes. have wronged others. Yes, and now they got this guy just murdering people. Which would you think you know like. People would be coming after him from the Red Lanterns for his fucking terrible acts. Well, and it's funny because that kind of leads to what does happen. But at the point, I'm guessing, because what he's saying, it seems like he has to do the sacrifice to keep this hell tower hidden, it seems. I don't know. They don't really explain it. But what you're saying, 
Or is it something where they set him up, where the Red Lanterns need this? They have set him up to kill all these people so that this town has the rage. Because then when Jessica's trying, when Jessica and Simon are trying to calm people down and the police are there. And well, it, I'm it, saying, the townsfolk show up for everybody who is like missing somebody yes. in their family. They and then they, have go, some they go full out red rage. They so fucking I rage think maybe, out. I think maybe that and was a setup. I think I that do they like that thing, do that. They do this bit, though, where it's just the, uh, the blood pumping, ba-boom, 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 Yeah, ba-boom. yeah, I do like that as I, well. I, I like that a lot, and especially the fact where it's really affecting the Green Lanterns. Like, oh, my God, why does that sound? Uh, yeah, I like that. You know what I didn't like, and I see one of the things I really – didn't like was the police show up and start berating Jessica and Simon Baz. Now listen to me. Yeah, I honestly got a There is that no time. way that anybody can do that. They would not know who or what is supposed to be the Green Lantern of Earth. Oh, you know what I mean? There is no this policeman in this town should have no fucking thing of Oh, where are the real Green Lanterns? No, bitch. I got the great it's a lady. I don't right. want to be awful. Uh but you know, listen we're the real Green Lanterns. No, no I mean right. the other. And yeah, and then they bring up Guy. And they're like, oh, just, what, like Guy Gardner? But even so, that was when I think that was when uh, Simon says something. Um, there it is. She's like, listen, we're trying to do our best. And, and and then maybe it's not up to your standards. I'll do us both a favor and join the wrestling. It's so <laughs> he's so angry. I'm done with this yeah. bitch. And I made I made the call before that I really did think that this was all leading to Simon being corrupted a bit by the, yeah. the Red Lantern rage, and it does seem that. But yeah, this is where up until this point, and yes, I did have a problem with the policeman showing up. And yelling this stuff. No, she should show up or he or she should show up and say, listen, what's going on? Oh, Holy the green lanterns are, are here. That what means the fuck's shit going is yeah, exactly. That's big. Like this isn't – we thought this was just a local serial killer we were trying to find. Now we realize shit What can is, I do to help yeah, you Yeah, shit is going wrong. Why were you called hero? You what, intergalactic what space on? cops. Yes. Well, in the meantime, they, they see that dumb, dumb, and all these people that want revenge and justice, all these people, that's where they get that red rage. And like you said, that's where I think it ties in, where it's you so said that the red, the red banners, but I think that guy was set up. I think like that he guy was, was, he was set, set up, up to, to kill this. all these people to create this rage. But the Maybe. thing is, but I'm saying it's so weird because then the Hell Tower, like, you know, explodes out and it is erected. Well, yeah. And. But Atrocitus doesn't like this. No, no, because I think that it was, it was too not, premature. Yes, like it was too premature. I don't think. I think that at a point, if if we go into the nitty gritty of this, what we think, I believe that there is a certain amount of rage that they wanted to build before that happened. Right. That, that these bodies, there's twelve. They they really say that. I'm We've saying, got why at the least fuck twelve did this bodies. Guy kill a goddamn alien. I Who think comes that, across an alien actually, to sacrifice. I believe that the alien. What I was saying before, I believe the alien must be the sacrifice you needed to keep that that hidden. Because he does say the big thing is the blue the blue lady was supposed to give me a ring. See, I did what I was supposed to. I this, I, I hid the, the at towel. this point though. I can actually go with you, like thinking about it. Where he was set up and Blaze did it by giving yeah. him the sacrifice because she knew that this would alert the Green Lanterns. Yeah, that, that, I think it would be. You I can think kill it fucking is. 40 goddamn people. You kill one alien on Earth, they're alerted. The, and yeah, they're there. Yeah, really. What is the what is the Green Lantern ring really going to care about a serial killer in this town? They, they, yeah. they wouldn't. But yeah, the alien. And yeah, I, I think that you're on to something. I think that I'm always on to something. I know. Well, I'm on, going with you on I'm this. On I'm on working my way towards some, your goddamn I, twisted and, brain. And the, the thing is, up to this point, and even if we're 
wrong, right, or whatever. I was having a lot of fun with this. I really liked it. Now, this isn't a fucking slap happy fun time. Absolutely it not. Is, it is a pretty. It is dark and bloody and dark, But I like it. I like what we got. But then all hell breaks loose. And oh I'm telling God, you, the, the hell tower gets erected. They, you think that city's destroyed? I don't know. Town? I don't know. It's call weird it a city. because it's, it's so weird that I got this idea that they were in another dimension and I, it's so odd but yeah I, it's probably destroyed I, this freaking explosion from this hell tower seems to keep going on and yeah, on yeah. and they they're saved Argus is there that's oh. what they're saved by Jessica and that's what I also love too Jessica saves them Simon doesn't have his ring up he's there reacting Jessica saved their ass and I think that is awesome then fucking Argus is there. You know, that's the worst part about this book to me is that I already liked Jessica just because she was a new, interesting character to me. Yeah. But I really like Simon before all of this. And I wanted a Simon book. This book well, so far, I'm telling you, we have two issues. It's making me lean closer to Jessica. Yeah, and, but I, I think because Jessica is going to be the quote unquote hero coming up, I really do think that Simon's, t- his rage is, it was, oh yeah. It's so much more. And where we said that, um, we were surprised that they brought all that back and that, oh, you've been this for so long and now he's scrubbing the thing. It's just so forced to set up that he is so angry and almost is like Earth doesn't like me. Even in this, he's like, you think that we're not good enough? I'll go join my friends in space. The friends that he said earlier, he doesn't even know if they're alive really. No. You know what I'm saying? So We had some times together in a universe that existed before our own. What are you talking about? Yeah. Shut up, bitch. I'm yeah. going to space. Yeah, I'm going to space. You don't you don't think it's good enough? I'm heading off to see my friends. But yeah, I think he's like torn between he feels like an outsider. All that stuff. Yeah, we um, got the whole but thing. But boy, at, at this point I just don't want him to act like a dick all At the this time. point, you tell me now it's like Even if it it's, works for the yeah, story. <laughs> it's like page thirteen. Uh, can they have a thirteen page issue? Is yeah, is that possible? Well, you think people would get point? upset? You think I, I, I was think upset at Red Arrow? I think it's uh, twenty-one. I think they're all now like twenty-one or so because they were twenty-three in the last issue stopped. of Red Hood Arsenal. That stopped at fifteen yeah. and then got that goddamn flashback. If it stopped here, my score might have been two points higher because this with the Hell Tower, awesome cliffhanger to oh, me. Oh yeah, Argus shows up. Doesn't make sense to me. Now Argus is like, listen here, great. No, these are the Green Lanterns. Don't, don't give a the, shit though. Amanda I, Waller said to say hi. What? Man, really? I don't give a shit about no Green Lantern. And all it is is like, hey, okay, fuck off. And they leave. They're like, they're we're like, in charge now. I like it too because they actually like twist that knife like we talked about before with uh, Lois. But uh, we're saying, hey, uh, Simon, you might want to check in with the FBI. Like yeah. you know, kind of threaten him a bit. But it just I, it seemed too much. And why they would show up now and have it all I'm that saying- there could be this could be an ongoing investigation. Yeah, it's just weird know. though. It's so much fucking shit thrown it's just, at you. It that just, you don't they understand. Just, they just show up, and I thought at that point because we see everybody. But under I thought that this, was Amanda Waller at first. Yeah, I did too. And also, we see that it looks like anybody within a ten mile radius is now on fire. <laughs> Jessica has saved these people who had this. They are rape. now Goldie. And also, what what's going on with these people now? Why no don't they have this rage anymore? They have all this rage. Why? Because well, that they, rage went to the Hell Tower. Maybe. Yeah, the Hell Tower is that what we don't get a lot of what's going on. Maybe that's what it is. The rage did go to the Hell Tower, but why would you, you set it up? You would think they'd still be a little upset that their family died. Yeah. <laughs> so they they leave, 
And then you see Atrocitus with Bleas. He, you know, she's begging. He's screaming and yelling shit and strangling oh her and all that. And, you know, it, it's fine. We're getting that. But he does mention that, you know what? He says, our connection to the rage is deteriorating. It has left us weak, dying. If our enemies found out. But it, to me, that was even a callback of how easily they were being taken care of. When they got their asses before, but that, the yeah. And then he says, the Hell Tower was born prematurely. Green Lantern Corp discovered it, but it's not too late. And, yeah, Bleas set it up. And I like it because you have said all along where – now, I'm not positive, but I think that's oh, yeah. what happened like you said. But I really do because He's he – double agent. He, the, the guy, though, was really spelling out that Bleas told him to do what he did. Yeah, and, the rule lady. And the way this is going is almost like when we get to the next book where it's like, I didn't want this to happen just now. Why is this happening? And and, I'm, I'm but then you, though, this, this is what this happens. Whole... Then it gets thrown out. Now we have the, the Hell Tower. The rage and seed. The hell tower, in my mind, is some kind of like rage cell tower where they need to get freaking reception going yeah, on. Yeah, and I don't it, know why they needed to do it on Earth. You know, we got a lot of sectors going on. Where are these hell towers out fucking bringing in the rage? I don't know. And yeah, he's like, protect the hell tower. Red dawn is coming. The red lanterns will rise again. Not a bad cliffhanger. Now we're a couple pages more. Okay. Now we go to Jessica, who now is just shopping. Yeah, at and the, the Rage CD. I even spoke yeah. over you while you are doing that. Like, yeah. so, Hell Towers, Rage Seeds, and yeah, rage I have no idea what's going this on. This is all goobie virus. Me, but then you show, then you have to show Jessica again that she doesn't like to be out and about, but she's there. Look, I don't like going to Walmart either, but She's man. at like a Walmart, and what, why? This is just, the issue is just continuing and continuing. <laughs> And she senses rage. Now everybody there is mad because they missed the blue light special on the fucking hoagies. <laughs> what are they getting so mad about? But yeah, they're yeah, there. I, I don't understand. I, I want to rage out a bit at Walmart too, mostly because I, I need to get too. the fuck out my as soon as possible. A, my kids want a seven fucking dollar pepperoni stick. It tastes Nonsense. terrible. I rage out, but yeah. Then you go and you have Simon there with his with his family, his uh, brother, out. his brother in law, and his uh, sister, and this FBI. The FBI guy, yes, he's p- pushing it. Hey, listen, we need some info, whatever. Everything with the brother, like it's so weird. Like no, I I love it too. Where we're talking, he says, and this is where you get a little more background. Again, I was in Guantanamo Bay. You yeah, said yeah, I was yeah, a terrorist. Yeah. I would have disappeared forever. The ring saved my life. You'll have to cut my finger off to get it. And then here is fucking smooth ass brother. Nope, forget it, bro. As long as we're here, you never have to run, bruh. I'm Thanks like, a lot, coma guy. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? Get your goddamn surfboard. Get, get, your, get the, you with your fancy beard. Yeah, get the hell out yeah, of here. Look at him. He's he's Jeff Fisher. Right? <laughs> <laughs> fuck. This guy is talking to him about this. He's got this ring. I, I'm telling you, though, it, bro. Even, even before we get to the fucking uh, the brother-in-law, though, when when uh, Simon's raging out at the FBI agent, I know. There's some kind of liaison shit going on between the FBI Argus at some point. Yes. This FBI guy, Amanda Waller, said you were using your ring around a so-called hell tower. I'm like, yeah. how would they know what the hell this is? I like, know. It, I'm just learning about I'm this. I'm saying this is so crazy. And this is the guy. I've been reading this, this book. This is the same guy who was a good guy to him. I don't think this guy's a bad guy. No, he's not. He he is trying to help him. He just has way and, too much information in my like, mind. He says either give them information about the green. He does. It's not even like he wants it. He's like give over the and the other thing that throws me off. Give over information or hand over your ring. What? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You, what the fuck are you talking about? The I'm Green Lantern. Space. The Green Lantern Corps <laughs> is not a, a pissant little organization. 
You know what I'm saying? The, he's not a member of the fucking softball team hey, let, at the fucking Napa. Let me <laughs> you know that you to my like, friend hey, Mogo. Yeah, this isn't a fucking bowling team, and you're going to have to give the pen pals shirt over because you want to – there's no re- – you cannot say that. That is not up to them, and they goddamn well know it. You can't just <laughs> say, give over your ring. But yeah, then that. But it's so it's so over the top to me. Like I said, then he's like, "Yeah, those charges were false." And then you have fucking cool ass surfer. Yeah, bruh. Yeah, Listen, bruh. You, you want to fight? Well, what is he gonna fucking do? Yeah, fucking get him with that there. fucking shaggy looking ass fucking I d- face? I think he's unemployed. And then his sister's like, "You're right. You were innocent. If you want to fight, we stand with you." What the fuck is she gonna do? <laughs> she can't even keep a job. What are you going to do? Move again? Yeah. What is she going to do? Your credit is shot. What the fuck? If anything, I would think that the the sister now they're showing they'll stand by. But to me, if I was a sister, I'd be like, listen, Simon. Look, things aren't working out. Listen, this is awful. Maybe they can help us. But yeah, then all of a sudden, if we haven't gotten enough, the Rage Seed, the Hell Towers, we get the Emerald Sight here, where the he Emerald gets Sight. the Emerald Sight. He sees that lantern. He sees Simon bleeding sees out his, himself. He sees, yeah. he sees his death. He sees what appears to be, is that his brother? His brother. His, his crazy yeah, his brother-in-law. Has raging the, out. Yeah, he's raging out. He's a Red Lantern. Uh, to me, that he would be the, the most... And also Jessica in Walmart. Yeah, Jessica in Walmart. That brother... Would be the most laid back fucking Red Lantern ever. He'd be sitting there and they're like, "Hey, well, we got to go to the the Rage Pool." You got to think. If <laughs> you I'm telling me, you, though, bro. You know well, what? Party at the Rage Pool, bro. Check, check this out. I don't know what. I got to think to myself because he's got a Red Lantern ring on. He's yeah. puking up goddamn blood yeah. like they do. We just saw how laid back this motherfucker is. What's the one thing that would make him rage out? The death I, of his wife. That would be that would be the thing. The the death of his wife. And also or death if of Mr. Hand, sister. If Mr. Hand showed up and wanted to do the work on his own time, that would probably piss him off a lot. Because all he wanted was a pizza, Eric. He ordered a pizza See, in school. You tell, you Who doesn't want to order a pizza in school? Sudden, all of a sudden this freaking brother in law to me is fucking Mr. Bill. <laughs> oh no, Mr. Hand, no! Oh no! No, You're he's fucking he's fucking times. Spicoli. He they, that's what uh, all the time I get messages from Reggie. Hey, Spicoli. <laughs> I don't because I'll say, hey, I'm doing this, and uh, he gets out. But yeah, really, this guy's so laid back. Yes, the only thing that would go. But to me, you, you're playing with fire there, buddy. You're flying too close to the sun. This is Simon and this. There's shit more than just this FBI going on with these Green Lanterns. You're don't give right. the forget it, bro. We're, we're here. We're never gonna run. These colors don't run, baby. <laughs> <sighs> Good. You know, so we Gracious. got the Emerald Sight. It's kind of a thing that's going on, which we, as far as I know, we've never seen Emerald Sight before. I've never read it in all my time reading Green Lantern. I don't mind I, it. I don't mind it either. And like you know, it kind of goes also with you know we got a bunch more rings going out because shit's getting hairy in the universe. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh here's some Emerald Sight for that ass. Yeah. But it also yeah. goes with like you know uh, Atrocitus' own visions with his blood magic and whatnot. Yeah. Where he's like every apparently this is all coming together the way he wants it. He's fucking Han- Hannibal Smith. He loves it when a plan comes together. Oh, he loves it. He's lighting that star right now. He's talking about, you know, one lantern will serve and one lantern will fall. And we looked like we saw the death of Simon Baz there, but if freaking his sister dies, which causes Nazir to freaking flip out, it's going to make fucking Simon flip out even more in my mind. And it it is weird because you would think that if, 
you know, you you start thinking that they're playing with you and that it won't be Simon, it'll be Jessica. But it, well, I'm saying we saw Simon kind of look like he's gonna yeah. be the one to fall. Yeah, well, I told I I called it last fucking rebirth. I told you I'm always right there. I'm always right, and then that fucking ring's gonna come. Anxiety, the anxiety ring's gonna get her, and she's gonna save the day. But yeah, what are these people upset at? Where's the Hell Tower there? Where's the I, I don't you know? know? Walmart's a terrible place, but shit. Calm it down. is bad, and sometimes their prices aren't as prices aren't always falling. <laughs> you have to beware. The prices That's a are falling. Smiley face. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes I go there and I bought I bought um the um Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios there, uh, and then good choice. I went to one, and Logan wanted them. I went to Aldi, and they actually not even Aldi's brand. They had the actual brand, the Honey Nut Cheerios. That's why you pay for that bonus card. A dollar less, Eric. I raged out, but I wasn't in Walmart. I was in Aldi. I raged out. They, the green, the but it was Red because Lantern, of Walmart. I started spitting out fucking blood, and now I don't have a heart. I never had a heart. It's funny. They came to me and said, we want you to be a Red Lantern, but your heart's going to be taken. And then they looked heart. at me like, wait a second. We can't use him. He doesn't have a heart. <laughs> they left. Uh, it's just there's a lot thrown there's out. There's a it's just, shit ton it, thrown It's at you. really uh, crazy. I like it's a not, lot of the book. Well, I'm though. saying I was just gonna say I don't necessarily hate anything. I just don't like the pacing. I don't like the way the story was told and how it was. Uh, we <laughs> are already guessing a lot of what's going. Oh my god! On. A lot of this is us jumping. Getting our exercises. Jesus Christ! I could probably jam right now. I'm jumping so high to conclusions. <laughs> but uh, I do like it. I love Jessica and Simon. I really do. The people who were upset about that and still are. Um, I saw some reviews for this issue, and people who don't seem to know who they are from the New 52 really don't like this because I think they, they got this thinking they're going to get, oh, two Green Lanterns? That must be John Stewart and fucking Guy Gold. Hey, I'm telling you, I've been waiting for Simon to come back and be a big yeah. part of something, and I've been reading you know a lot of Jessica Cruz over the past fucking six, nine months, well, who knows now. If, if Simon does go full outrage and goes Red Lantern, how quickly – is it going to take somebody to complain on Twitter that that is a person of color that they have to use to do that? Even though Jessica oh, probably is up, but how is People it going to be? People are already complaining. You know what I'm saying? I like it. I like it. This oh, issue. Oh, look at him. He's got to have a gun. He's a person of color. Yeah, and the gun made it. That made him so much different. And be, you know what I mean? It I gave him you. the deal. I like his constructs. I fucking. I never I thought I'm going to go out and get a fucking car battery. And my wife, why you get a second? Hey, if, if the car battery dies, we'll have it. Instead, I'm just going to go around and hit people. I'm going to go up to somebody and hit them, and it's going to go Kong, and I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh at them, Eric. I don't know why. I'm still talking about my last notes people. here, yeah. talking about how much shit. Yeah, I don't really I just, have I, a I, lot I, of. I notes. just have a list here: Hell Towers, Rage Seeds, Red Dawns, Emerald Sights, Alien Faced, Rage Out, Meth Heads, and Argus Two. Yes, I have. <laughs> We're going to go that. Uh, oh, I didn't even mention it. I have no reason to besmirch the oath, and that was Simon. I thought it <laughs> yes. was Jessica, where he's like, yeah, in dark, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't do that. You're part, yada, yada, yada. You're part of a core, buddy. And then I put, I love the you know alternating. That place you want to get back to? Yes, I love you the alternating narrative. I put car battery construct, dot, 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 Simon is one sick bastard. <laughs> and then I put cops asking for real Green Lanterns was off. And I liked it so much until the Hell Tower, and then shit went wrong, I put. But it didn't really go wrong. The art, I liked it. I really did. Um, at points, it seemed like like we said about the story, I think too much was going on. Yeah. I don't think that they – it was first, very cluttered. That first quarter, though, yeah. like when they're freaking got the rings next to each other, arms both out with the rings pointed, yeah. 
an amazing goddamn page. Uh, and uh, I think I like the art and I like the colors, but at some points the colors just seemed a little bit muted. Well, they at, did, at and times. I, I think at one point it really shit was going so crazy that I couldn't even tell you specifically that I don't think that they had to kind of hurry shit on. They got yeah. issues every two weeks. Now they should have been doing this well in advance. They should have been doing this back in conversion. Yeah, but I really do like the art. I do, too. General, if you said to me, hey, what do you think of the art? Just not even me paging through, I would say it's fucking awesome. Now I look, and you're right. And even you get, like you said, the first quarter where they're both with the rings. God, that's so cool. Awesome. But also the next where the battering ram. Yeah. And Simon, it's like everything is kick-ass there. First quarter, man. That's a strong-ass quarter. The first half of the book itself is great. And then it just is too much. But what, what did you give it? I gave it a 7 out of 10. I would give it a 6.5, and only because I think that uh, it kind of got crazy. But again, That's I want to point this out, out to everyone, and it's weird for me to say because I yelled at you about Metal Men last week. Yeah. Uh, a 6.5 of these Rebirth, I don't know that that's a 6.5 to me. A lot of these times where we were reading Green Lantern Renegade, oh, 6.5 was like the best. That, that was the best of yeah, the that's best. That's what I'm saying. That was the best. This is so much better and it, it still was disappointing to me a little, but still is just as good as the best of what we got before. So I'm not, I'm not being I'm negative. not deterred at all. I no. want to see what's going on. Yes, I really I want to see going forward. I have not had a book where I thought I'm done. That's of this rebirth. You oh, know, yeah. I'm not. I'm not talking Hanna Barbera here. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I have Mackie not. Raceland number two. Yeah, I've not had a book where I'm like I'm done. Every book, I think you know what I love it and. I hate to say it because a lot of people were angry and there is financial issues. A lot of these, I'm glad that we only have to wait two weeks because we don't have that. Some of these, not only are they saying like, oh, you know what? It sucks. We got a month. There were times where you'd get a book on the second of a month and then not get it to the 28th of the next month where it was almost two whole months. And then you forgot about it. And we forgot about it when it's this month. The excitement stays. I am. And you're getting it. And it's, I love it. Well, it sucks to buy it. I know. And I know people are going to have to make choices of what they have to buy. It's, it's weird. It's one of those where my advice to them is pretend they're us. And we have to get it there. Now, I my get, advice is get a second job. No. That's right. But yeah, we we kind of like we have to get in. Yes, people can yell and scream now because we do get some of the books uh, for free. Good times. Uh, but yeah, but that doesn't affect us liking it or not liking it. Anyway, I don't know why I'm bringing that up. So people can yell at me. Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, I really like that. But we're going to move on to the next book, which is another green one. I liked a little more than you, but it's Green Arrow number one, written by Ben Percy, art by Otto Schmidt and Nate. Picos. Picos. Percy continues to impress me by bringing in more characters from the past, and I'm having such a good time reading Green Arrow again. And that's basically my whole thing about it. I'm yeah. really having fun again. In this issue, we find out that Mr. Red Mask is closer to Ollie than anyone knew. Black Canary is a love him and leave him kind of gal, and that while Oliver was never good at calculus, he knows himself some geometry error. <laughs> It you all, were pointing out all the reasons <laughs> that you like this more uh, than me. It all ends with Oliver dead. Maybe, probably not. <laughs> I have no idea. Where's Doctor Miracle? Otto Schmidt's art is kick-ass, and I really I do love me this art. And if this is shipping, and shipping is wrong, Eric, God damn it, I don't want to be right. Actually, I always want to be right. That's I know you do. Um. I really like this again. And God damn I it, I was going to say something to it. You made me laugh too much. I don't know if it's one of those where I 
I, oh, is that, oh, that's what it is. Are we going with Mr. Red Mask? Is that what we're yes, going with that's now? his name, Mr. Okay. Red Mask. And Fair they, enough. We've had him enough. It's Mr. Red Mask. And uh, <laughs> I, I just am reading this, and there's never a time where there, it's like being punched in the face about awful white people or a biker. I really do appreciate or, that. I, I like that as well, and I like that he is – Going back to basics all around, he is showing that Oliver is not a social justice warrior, as we hate that term, but he's showing that he this is – he, liked to be. he thinks he is. In my mind, he is a guy who thinks he is doing the greatest thing for the world, not even realizing it. And there is a point later where I think it is kind of spelled out that way, where even Mr. Red Mask says to Oliver – it's it's Queen Industries. We're saving the world, yeah. and they are not, and neither is Oliver. He's trying to do the best he can, but it, one of those – I'm just telling true. you, Mr. Red Mask Face, man, uh, the Panopticons, they were not the way to do it. Yeah, No, but also <laughs> – Queen Industries terrible. Yeah, well, also, you're, you're talking about a guy who taught Oliver anything. He was on a goddamn the island. island taught him. His dad was a fucking criminal. His dad's an awful person. Uh, all these people, he never had anybody. So all he knows to do is to just pay people and give money. And, and in his head, he probably thinks like, Hey, I have a lot of money and I'm a good guy. If this person has money, they'll be good too. Spread that the never works. Where I heard one time there, I don't even know if it was football, basketball, whatever, but there was somebody who got in trouble and they said like, how could he do that? Uh, the guy makes five million a year, and the one guy I think it was on ESPN, whoever it might have been, said, "Listen, you take an awful person and you give them five million dollars, they're now a millionaire you, awful you got a person. Rich for awful yeah, person. You, you don't. That doesn't change you, and in fact, it might even make you worse. But that's what Oliver thinks the solution is to everyone, only because he is a good person, and he's a good person, but he's also very oblivious to everything. But it starts off at the Seattle docks." And you see that a guy there. With the fog so thick yeah. that people think they're invisible. That fog is thick, baby. But yeah, you see that a guy's being paid off. You know that he's up to no good. You don't really know exactly, but he's letting these uh, underground men that I like, the sewer men, the underground men have. The underground men is just a ridiculous Seems like that is where they're being shipped in and out of. Are yes. From the Seattle docks. Makes in the sense. Fog. In the fog. But also later we will find out in Queen Industries. Shipping containers. shipping containers. So shit is gone wrong. But yeah, he lets the people in, and that's where Green Arrow and Black Canary are there. And it's so funny to me because they're there, and they're like, everybody, and that is the, there's something about the fog in the city. Yeah. These people think they're invisible, that, that they can get away with anything. But you can't hide from Green Arrow, and then there's Dinah and Black Canary. I, <laughs> honestly, for some reason, though, that her saying end, it bothers me. I'm like, you should say or. Yeah. For some reason, that end, I I, I read this a couple of times, and it bothered me each time. Because you look then, because then he shoots this tri-arrow that goes. Yeah, the tri-arrow. At this point, Black Canary doesn't do much. Then she jumps down and starts kicking ass. And yes, there are a lot of action scene one-liners. Did you get that much in his run before? No. We didn't. And that's why I like it. We didn't get much of Green Arrow in the last run. And I, I also said in my review that I love that right now Otto Schmidt has set a standard for me that the credits page is all, always kick-ass because yeah. I love it. And it's like, oh, yeah, and it's always like a green arrow. Green arrow getting the action. And I hope it continues because I really do like that. But, yeah, they go, and there's going to be these action one-liners, but that is funny. It, and you know what's also cool? Emiko shows up. Yes, because he says then they're fighting these underground men. 
they have Henry there. He's doing the uh, behind the scenes. He's got the um, I'm looking in. I'm going in the computer thing. So you have that. And you have a team again. T-shirt on. Yeah. But you have a team again. And you had this before. And I always like that. Is that Naomi before too? Yeah. Yeah. And all these people are like, oh, they're just trying. Everybody complains about the TV show. But then you're going to – no, I don't complain about the TV show. I like this. I like that Oliver is there and he has people that he's trying to help and they're helping him and all this. And And it always works better when a fucking hero has someone to talk to. And he says, hey, you know what? We're okay because good thing I brought reinforcements. It's Emiko. She comes out. She starts kicking ass. She has hers like, hey, you objectify me and you'll bleed because oh, I'm yeah. weapon. That's a bit over the top. These are over the top, but they're over the top action one like oh, yeah, To me, that is more fun than Oliver going like – uh, to me, if I had to pretend that I was making up Ben Percy's scripts from before in the New 52, it would be oh, him God. showing up and go, you know what? I smell shit, and when I see shit, it's shit. Nothing. Like, there was, there was no humor. Yeah, the guy might not be the funniest guy. You heard the guy's <laughs> voice. He's a crazy sounding. super villain is what he is. I like it. I like, too, that it's... Where's George like, at, Jim? It's, yeah, I don't know. It seems like Oliver's having fun because he's there. They're running around. He went to go live on that farm with Goldie. I'm not even saying that. I don't know that he hasn't heard Emiko say that awful line and Black Canary earlier. Black Canary had hers. Hey, good thing I have the fishnets because that's good at the Puget Sound. And then he's like, huh, you know what? I don't know what that means. Everybody's got these fucking – because they always – they have the fish that they get at Seattle. Yeah, I think that Oliver is just like – Huh, what can I say? Okay. <laughs> They're all trying to top one another. Yes, I'm telling you, that's where I got, and I thought it was hilarious. And he said, I was never good at calculus, but I aced geometry. And uh, these, he's saying it to these awful Nosferatu people who could monsters. never know what the fuck is going on. So I You're really do, to get away and getting riddled with yeah, arrows. I really think that it, it is a playful thing amongst them because well, then he's like, he how'd you do, Emmy? And she says, I was raised by a supervillain. My mom is a ninja. How do you think it did? And he, hey, what about your badass brother? <laughs> See, I actually like that a lot. Yeah, I like uh, but the, the thing, thing is, we talked about this before earlier in the week where – like uh, these kind of like one-liners, whatever they are, were almost like uh, he was trying to impress uh, Black Canary Black with Canary. this stuff. But like we have that, and then when he goes back to back with Emiko, it's like, hey, and now look at me, I'm a good big brother, aren't I? You know, like it continues yeah. with the like. Oh yeah, I, I think the whole issue girl. he's trying to get. I'm a Black hero. Canary. I'm a good big brother. Ugh. Yeah, it really to me, it, it'd be funny if Black Canary had a dog because Oliver would be right over there. Come here, boy. Yeah, let me pet yeah, this dog. You go over there and the girl has dogs a dog. Dogs love me. Yeah, yeah. And the dog's fucking rrr, going away. You're a warg. I don't know why the dog talks. Rot row. <laughs> but yeah, they, they take care of all What is it, Apocalypse Scoop? Rot row. They take care of everybody. There's the canary scream. You get the whole thing with Emiko realizing that <laughs> it's a Black fucking Canary. fucking wondering what's going on. <laughs> and that's when, that's when uh, Oliver sees that it's an Oliver Queen. A Queen Industries container. He's like, that's fucking bullshit. And do you think that's what the, he's paying them off? Is he paying them off to go get Red Mask Man? Or is he paying them off not to say anything about Queen Industries? Because I, really, I, I don't know. I actually didn't pick, I think about that till right now. But no, I think it is the, um, the Red Mask Man. And it's weird, Red though, Mask. because the Red Mask Man's pretty bad. I don't know why they need money to be bribed to go get him, but that's fine. They don't like doing their jobs. Yeah, also... That See, that's money, the, honestly, that money actually, seems really big to me. Like it was I, a little bit too big for dollar bills. That, that shit's big there. 
Um, I'm wondering, there's a line here too. I'm pinging all the Seattle PD phones. Yeah, yeah. I need information. What does that mean? Do you actually know what that he's means? He's just sending it out to all the phones. Okay, I, I'm telling you, I am so fucking uh, He's just, he is started. doing it in some hocus pocus techno technology thing where he is showing that there. Is that a Q and, phone? And every, yes, the Q phone and everybody in the Seattle PD, their phones are getting that same image he wants them to go. And it's funny because then he's like, hey, here's some money. To do it, and then all of a sudden he keeps getting messages. Where's my money, boss? Hey, what about me, boss? What about me, boss? What about me, boss? What about me, boss? Always goes back to a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes, it made me laugh, but then that's when they're walking away, and they're like, hey, uh, Black Canary's pissed. She's like, you know, looks at and sees. like, you can't do that to everybody. She's disgusted. Because then it goes on. I'm sweating with you. They go, yeah, then they go and see this Ezra, the, the dock worker, who to me shifts over, baby. When you see all these people fighting, and you're involved, you you clock out. You go home. It's break time. But yeah, he's there. And, and Smoke break. Oliver shows up and says, hey, how long have you been doing this? What's going on? Hey, my kid's sick and all this. And that, you know, it tugs. Yeah, you get that sob story. He's, he's a fucking liar. Yeah. He doesn't have any kid. But yeah, then Oliver's like, hey, I'm going to give you double. You tell me what's going on. And this is where also I thought, like, that guy's going to know it's Oliver. You know what I mean? It seemed really odd. But yeah, then... That's when she's like, listen, are you insane? You can't pay everybody off. That that scumbag. And then that's where you get a little bit of a Ben Percy deal yeah. where he does say like – It's not oh, bad though. Yeah. Uh, hey, it is the, done just right. Yes, he's like the prison factory creates career criminals. It's okay. But again, it leads to the whole thing where Oliver does think there's not a point in this or the rebirth where Oliver – thinks or is trying to do anything bad. He is doing what he knows. He's doing what he has the resources to do. It works in the style of the old, like, 70s liberal green arrow. And he's like, listen, I'm I'm encouraging goodness. I really do think that we're also seeing, because what leads into this, or from this, we're seeing that Oliver does trust every. Oliver thinks everybody can be good. Darth Vader can turn around. But yeah, what I said, though, you get that guy, now that guy gets that. He's got double the money. Oh, I'm double dipping. What stops him from getting the other? Now he's... No, I'm right there with you. I'm double dipping. Yeah. I'm going to find out what to do with these people, and I'm going to tell Oliver about it. I'll tell Oliver. They won't know. You know, when it shuts down, whatever. Again. But again, too, have a child if first. you really want to go into it, where does this guy benefit Oliver shutting down this whole process? Uh, he doesn't know that Oliver then will keep giving him money. He's just going to – he's not going to give him all the info. Why would you? Then the money trade ends. <laughs> Look, I know he's saying in the beginning of the thing, God help me for what I'm doing and all that good shit. Yeah, yeah. He's a bad dude. Yeah, but what? The guy there at the – Yeah, dock? Ezra. Yeah, yeah, he's a bad – he's good when he got caught. Yeah. That's all it is. But yeah, then. Oh, you, you mean what I was doing was wrong? I'm so sorry, my sir. My God, I didn't realize. I did that, not realize. Human trafficking. <laughs> human trafficking is wrong? What the fuck world am I living in? Jesus, I thought we were in France. Is that, is that yeah, a big really, France? I don't know, but. I thought I was in fucking. Is, is this Taiwan? Guess, what am I, in Scotland? Scott, I just have to yell for We don't pistol. know anything so pistol, about the world. So pistol can hear things. Um. Yeah, and then you go to a scene. They're they're knocking boots. They're waking up the next morning. They, She's not that disgusted with them. They made yeah, really. They're like, you, you know, think what? he paid her off. <laughs> he <may have> <laughs> <laughs> well, Emika wants money. Why not? She says everybody that's involved with them. But yeah, they're there. And hey, you're better when you're not talking, whatever. But then they're they're gonna go, and you get this whole scene where there's wow. Emika. And Emika at the one point where Black Canary's doing her little singing, and Emika reminds me like. <laughs> She's clapping like She's a little Harper Row. But yeah, they go and and Oliver wants to show. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, Before we move on with that though, 
that's one of the other issues I have with the book, but it it makes sense in the long run. Is that how many times we have to jump back to? Yes, Black Canary was in a band and she's a singer. Yeah, I think it that, was I think that's going to end lot, now. I think that it's going to end. But I can understand this. it just because hey, we have an actual famous person in the house. You know, she is a singer. We will it, talk about this it because does it, lead, it does lead to you wondering why she would have done that singing without changing a little bit of our secret identity. Yeah. But I don't mind it. And yeah, I don't think that when I read it, I'm like, okay, I get it. I don't get yeah, angry, though. We got, we got Fife with the Black Canary shirt. Yeah, we got yes, her singing her song. And then we have it uh, when Oliver goes to Queen Industries. The secretary is sing, like listening to the song. Yeah, I listen to the song. And, and they go around, and, and Oliver wants to show, hey, I want to show you all the all the good I've done. And he goes by the Queen's helping hand. Looks like they're giving uh, fucking homeless people some things. I don't know. They're hanging out outside. I don't know what's going on. Then they're he homeless. goes to the children. Oh, excuse They're not going to go or, home. They go to the the children's hospital. Then they go to the public park. And then they go to the Queen's Fresh Start. And that's where you had. And I really thought Lois would come out with that flannel. But uh, they go. Well, and the whole thing Oliver is, is like, it's almost he's like. talking about happiness, this whole thing about what happiness is. And for the most part, I'm like, okay, I'll get what you. And he's like, happiness is a battered woman who no longer has to fear a fist. I'm like. No, you, you've you've gone too far here. Happiness is a woman who's never been beaten, Oliver. <laughs> it doesn't know to fear the fist. It's yeah. like a dog. Like when you see a dog where somebody goes and raises their hand and the dog cowers. That's not happy. Or when John looks at it. Yeah, really. Burns the shit out of it. But yeah, and she's like, listen, I know you've had great intentions, but you got to realize – you can't pay everybody off and you can't make people forget their problems or fix their problems. And really it does lead to the whole thing where it is only, it's not solving the, it's not the solution from the problem. Yeah. It's a band aid. It's not solving the actual problem. It's a band aid made out of money. Yes. And a then black canary says, no, Diana no. says, listen, look at my hot ass as I walk away because she really does. Oh, no, she totally. her ass there. I'm like, and I crap. stared at him like, yeah, I did too. To I'm looking at it right now, but she's like, listen, I'm going to go Goodbye, Mr. Moneybags. And she says, we need some time to figure things out, figure things out. You've, you've only been around for a week and you're, you're sleeping with them. Yeah, now you're, you're leaving. You're saying a week. And I'm yeah. saying a day. And again, I think it's leading from the whole thing that she said to Emiko, where she is afraid herself. Like, listen, I'm falling for him and shit's going to go bad. Hot but then she says like, Hey, Find out why the Queen Industry shipping containers, you know, that she gives them that to, to end with. Yeah. I really was upset in my review where I said, if this is her leaving and she doesn't come back, say that she doesn't. We don't know that she's going to stay in this book for 30 issues. No, absolutely. I'm going to be pissed. I am. And these people with their, oh, shipping, shipping, shipping. No, I'm going to be pissed because almost that I've it's been sold a bill of goods. That, you know what I'm saying? That all yeah. of a sudden you get this. I think it works. I don't want it to end. I don't think it's shipping. But yeah, she goes off and he's going to find out. He goes into his Queen Industries. He wants to talk to Broderick, who was one of the guys that he told Black Canary. She said, you know, everybody you pay. And he what about Broderick? I, I think he's like a father. An or a father. No, he's on the payroll. He goes in and this Broderick, who is the guy who is in charge of the finances of Queen Industries. He's the guy who's running the shit. The CFO? Uh, or yeah, he shows up and he wants to know. He's looked into things. He sees a little discrepancies. Also, he knows there were shipping containers. You know, shit like that. That's um, shipping. Well, it is shipping containers. That's what it was. <laughs> so he he wants to know what's going on. This guy's like, listen, I'll help you. They suddenly get a call that there is a disaster that has hurt something. And he says, water earthquake. And he's like, don't, listen, don't worry. Queen Industries is saving the world. 
He goes off. Oliver goes off. He's like, okay. He goes off, and as he goes off, this guy gets out the red mask. He's Mr. Red Mask. He's uh, one so and says, "It's on, baby. It's time." It, it immediately, st- like, as soon as we like Oliver leaves, it immediately starts storming. Like, goddamn foreshadowing yeah. over the top yeah, here. It's like it, it, it's time. The guy says he meets with all the other masks, the Mask Society, the False Face Society, Not the False Face Society. As far as I know, it's just the Mask Society. And they meet and they talk and he says, listen, I don't think it's time. I don't think we should get Shadow to kill him yet. We need to make – it's almost like the Flash type yeah. thing with Zoom where you kill him now and he's a martyr. You bring him down to where nobody cares if he dies. That's what we seem to be doing. And that's going to be like they're going to say that he is a guy who goes and the he's child – He's the mastermind. Who knows tra- what he's, I don't even think it's going to be that because if they do that, they spell out their whole deal. They want to. They want to hide that. I think they're just going to make him look like an awful person. That's what they want to do, and make it so that he loses the company. And um, in the meantime, Shadow attacks him. He goes home to his apartment. He doesn't know what's going on. Hey, who's that? Shadow attacks him, shoots him with arrows, and then he yells for Emiko. Emiko, watch out! You're going to get hurt. Go away. And she attacks him as well. And that's a big cliffhanger. But because of the way that it's spelled out where he says, and he's like, here, we'll need to handle this carefully. Having Shadow killing him isn't a solution. So Shadow is in with them, knows the plan, but then goes and attacks him anyway. I think that this is a ruse to make him be DOA. You know, he's dead. Yeah, make and him appear dead they so can't. they can get, so get him off yeah. the freaking game board. And yeah, and that they can't do that to him. And like I said to you sometime when we were talking, I think we that what Shadow is doing is going to save the whole thing because with him showing up dead, which also it's weird because who is going to find him dead? You know what I mean? I Maybe he just disappears. Because it's so odd how this is set up. But say they think that... Uh, as long as they don't ask Shadow to produce a body, I think it'll be well, good. Maybe Shadow just takes a picture and sends it. It's done. <laughs> hey, you weren't supposed to do that. Motherfucker is riddled with arrows. Yeah. So maybe it's one of those where she wants... This is the solution where they... they he is dead, so he doesn't control the company. That's what they want. That's what Mr. Red Mask wants. But then when he comes back, it's almost like the island again. When he comes back, hey, I'm here to get the, the my control of the company again, and that'll fuck him up and all that. But yeah, at the one point, it's weird because Emiko is going to attack, and she really looks at that one arrow. And I think that she's seeing something that it's like, okay, I see what my mom's doing. This this isn't what it appears to be, but we have to do it because maybe they know there's cameras in, in there, and they're seeing that as well. Maybe that's where they're going to get it. You know what it and, is? Uh, what's that? She sees it. It's a red arrow. It is a red arrow. I think that's part of it as well. But yeah, I don't think it's just him just doing that. But yeah, where does – I don't know that – This is me uh, diving in deep now looking for all the clues. Yeah, but it is a red arrow, I think, because she is speedy here. Yeah. She is going to be, you know, the the green arrow eventually in this sort of, you know, idea or whatever. But – um. Yeah, it's weird. And now yeah, it's there. And at the end, it says the death Roy of Roy Harper. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll see Roy much. I think that if anything, he calls Roy and leaves a message. He calls him when he knows Roy's out, so he doesn't yeah. really have to talk to him. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. I love the art. I, I do like the I story. Really I like how it's set art. up. I'm actually surprised how much I like the art. Yeah, I really like it. It's not a usual it. style that no, I go for. No, it isn't. For. It's not for me either. But it's – and each – it's weird how we said with Green, uh, Green Lantern that we just talked about – 
that as the issue went on, I liked it less in the art department. This is the opposite. As it went on, I'm like, holy shit, I really do like this. I like that panel. Like you said, it's funny with the foreshadowing, but when he's riding in the rain, it's so good. I really do like this. And, um, I, I like the, the only time I, I had sets issue, up a lot of cool things. The only time I had an issue with the art, and I'm telling you, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but and I still don't see where you're coming from, just because I I can't wrap it around my head. But when Mister Red Mask Man reaches his hand into his tarantula goddamn cage, yeah, it's just and there's that, a key and a lock. I I just me, can't figure out how. I'll tell you working. what it is. This is where I get it. Um, what is that swirly ball? That's the end of the key. You see, when he uses the key, that swirly ball is the end of the key. If you look. Oh, I see you now. Yeah, here's yeah, yeah. The deal. I guess you. I did. For some reason, I never even saw it, that before. This has been Percy's joke that he is an evil man. He's like fucking Dr. Evil. You can't just have a key in a fucking, you know, in your drawer. You have to have it in a tarantula cage underneath them. You know what I mean? This yeah. is like the typical evil man thing. And I thought it was hilarious. I really liked it. I think that Ben Percy is actually showing a lot in these issues. That we've gotten these uh, the rebirth in this one of that he actually does have a sense of humor. Uh, those... I'm trying to remember back to like I, there was a Batman movie I think it was one of the you know the original ones yeah. where uh, Bruce Wayne had the switch to the Batcave inside his aquarium. Yeah, you know he had to reach his hand in there. That's what I'm saying. It's just so goofy. It, it's so goofy, and I think that that's hilarious. <laughs> and I did. You know, we said earlier with the geometry. I don't know. Count. Yeah, I like that. It's lighthearted. It, when it comes off like that, like people can say, but Jim, Steve Orlando's dialogue at Midnighter, he said things that was not lighthearted. What are you talking about? That was like him, Jesus that Christ. was like him. Like that was him being a badass. That's and that guy would say to me in an alley before he's about to mug me. Yes, and it was. It, yeah, we're gonna press. This was pillow the talk. We're gonna talk some fist questions. Like shit, like that just came off as over the top. Or whatever. This seemed like it was a, a playful thing. I really liked. Yeah. I gave it a nine out of ten. I really liked every bit of it. I there was nothing here that I thought, holy shit, I didn't like that. I think I'd give it a seven point five. No, I, I liked it. I, I still enjoy it a lot, Donnie. I, I really feel weird that I have to freaking like tell people I, I'm in the sevens and I'm like I still liked it a lot. Now, it's still a high score in my mind. It's I liked it a lot. I had a lot of fun. I think it was a great cliffhanger. Uh, the worst thing that could happen to him. And again, remember when we said that he Black Canary when she was saying like, listen, everybody's on the payroll. Uh, that's why they're your friends and point out like Emiko isn't you're the the only person you have a real relationship with is Emiko your sister and then at the end it looks like Emiko went to try to kill him and that yeah. just throws everything in a loop and in the meantime he gave the, her guy he thinks, the guy he thinks is his father figure is the main villain who wants to get him killed eventually and lose everything so I, I really did like it but yeah the next one um I actually think I rated it too high but we'll go with this Justice League number 51 Written by Dan Abnett, art by Paul Pelletier, Sandra Hope, Adriano Lucas, and Carlos Emmanuel. Dan Abnett takes over Justice League for a one-shot story, and he brings Dick Grayson along for the ride. It's not Tim Drake. No, no, it's not. I don't know about you, Eric. I'll take all the dick I can and and all the dick that DC can give me, and I'll still want more dick. I want dick. While the issue I said yep. I hate doing these with that, but I hate that you have to say dick and while the issue ties into it. the beginnings of the new fifty two and also sets up Titans hunt Titans rebirth kind of. I liked it for the fun. We and we find out that one day a dick will lead the Justice League, Eric. Sure will. Penis. I wrote that at the end. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like this issue for fun. It's unnecessary. It is to me 
a waste of three ninety nine. Now it the really thing is. is, it just jumped back to me too for that one. I, I don't even remember what number it was of Justice League when no, they were uh, doing the, open and recruiting, yeah. and uh, Nightwing showed up there with like Element Woman and all them other people. Yeah. And I just want to go back to make sure that that pans out with this now because of uh, asshole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, though, where we get this issue, it's fine, and the only thing that they get a. Um, they get a pass because remember with the was it JLA that they had the Martian Manhunter issue out of nowhere or was that Justice? That, that was um, JLA. JLA, uh, and we fucking flipped JLA it. number five. Uh, I didn't mind it as much, but you flip and this this is not uh, this shouldn't be in the Justice it, League run. I'm saying that just upset me because it had nothing to do with the Justice League of America and it had nothing to do with the current Martian Manhunter. Well, I, the problem with this is really, it doesn't really have, it, this is a, we need two more issues. Sure do. And we need to come up with something. This, this is garbage. Really should have stayed this isn't garbage. Too. I'm saying this is garbage. No, no. What, what this should have been is they should have had this as an annual that came out a couple of weeks ago and then had another annual for the yeah. other one. These are not part of the run. We just ended Dark Side War and then you have this. It and doesn't. Then- Next week we have the freaking uh, conclude like continuation of the dark side war with Lex. Yeah, and it's re- the weird part is it's not really it's no. more of a prequel, like a prequel to, to action, action comics. comics. That's yeah. all it is. I'm saying that leads to that to this. You know, yeah, I'm but again, that. these are unnecessary. These are Agreed. only thrown in here because they want to get to 52. That's Which is it. So ridiculous at this point. Yeah, it is. It's We're stupid. In rebirth territory. This seems to me like this would be like a fucking Justice League rebirth or something. But there's no reason for this. This is a money this grab. This is more of a Justice League of America, like you yeah, said. Yeah. This is a money grab. That's all it is. And it, it does get me angry. It's fun, though. And, and I like to have and some fun. And who doesn't fun. love Dick? But again, yeah, I love Dick. But uh, uh, my, the gloves are off because this is not Rebirth. And it doesn't come off as Rebirth, though it ties in more to me to Titan's Hunt yes. than Titan's Rebirth. Oh, uh, I agree. Paul Pelletier's on art, and I do – I have to commend him because he keeps the style of the Justice League book. There are big panels with boom and yeah. things like that. That's very Jason Fabak-esque. It, it's kind of light, Jason Fabak-like. It's still I'm really saying, good. I, I got I to look, though. I can't remember if uh, Paul Pelletier did any of the JLA uh, book, but because no, that's no. what it really reminds but me of. Even the, the, the credits page with that first impression, it's like that is really set up the way they have had – like even the Dark Side War stuff, it's okay. But you get Dick Grayson. The whole story really is Batman introducing Dick Grayson. That's right. Dick Grayson Justice meets the Justice League. Again, is this as goofy as that backup in Catwoman when Catwoman was in the Watchtower? It's very goofy. I don't even remember that. But it's 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 a you you didn't like it. Oh, fair because enough. also you were thrown off because Dick Grayson was there, and you that's thought it right. Was ridiculous. I forgot about that. Uh, in this, what throws me off is that Cyborg and Dick Grayson. That the timing just doesn't fit in my head. It really doesn't. For Cyborg to be involved, though, you can point out anything you want. Like, yeah, Cyborg was at the beginning. You have this and that. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you can show me exactly the P's and Q's of what it does. It still throws me off. I'm telling it you, really does. I never even thought about it until you had an issue with this because for some reason we had that five-year jump after uh, – that was an issue uh, six, I guess. Probably well, six. It was the first – That was the first, first And then I, I think we hung out in that first couple for a while. But we jumped ahead to that five years where we come up with the rest of the books in the early Justice League series. And for some reason, I can, I'm okay with that. Cyborg stayed the same age for them five years in my mind. Yeah. Like he's not that far out of high school. Like, especially in his own book when he's like talking about football and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like, he's not old enough to be reliving the old times. It seems like he's still interested because it just happened, like, last year. And and it's, yeah, it's weird. And even in this, they even, it even seems to me like Dan Abner has to say, like, okay, because even Batman, like, hey, Cyborg's the youngest one. You know what I mean? They have to try to force it in. It just seemed forced to me, but it, it's fine. Yeah, it's just, this is nitpicks. I really, really didn't like the way they, they meet up with Robin. Robin goes up there with Batman. Jerks. And they're assholes. They really are. And they make it later. They try to spell it out like, oh, yeah, you know what? We like to razz the little razz. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a little. No. It, it's, it comes off to me almost as bullying. And say, not what, even what do they that. they call that? Friggin', uh, they try to get rid of that in certain places. With the hazing. Hell, like, hazing. That's, yes, what, that's it what it seems. Is. But what it means, what it's to me is that you were showing me that Wonder Woman's there and he she says, and yes, Wonder okay. Woman is a hard ass and this is the beginning. This is before they really were a full out team. Yes, they did defeat Darkseid, but they're still. Now they're a but, bunch of strangers hanging but, out in a yeah, space but station. Yeah, but they really come off as, as bad because it is a young kid. And especially the Flash. Yeah, Flash is... Why is the Flash a jerk? And, and to me, it's almost like, I don't know why, but I really got the idea that Dan Abnett was trying to get the one punch, like that sort of joke going. Like it's all these assets like, huh, is this bring your kid to, to the Watchtower day? And I'm telling you, they say He's later, yeah, and that's what, yeah, that's kick. what I'm saying. And when Hal says "best day ever," that really seemed to me like it was almost like the one punch. Where no, that's the it, thing is though, I could see Hal having fun with this, but the Flash just seemed odd to me. Yeah, but also, what's so funny about Batman having a sidekick? It's not that funny. It uh, really I, isn't. I, I think it's kind of weird. I'm like. You know, you're putting him in danger. We should really sit down and have yeah, a meeting about it's this. It's not that funny. It's not funny. This is a dire and, situation, Batman. And what later, the fuck are you doing? And later on, they kind of spell it out like, listen, Batman's the big badass in town. And him, no, if he's the big badass, why are you laughing at him in his face? And he's mad. You see him. He's pissed. They're just I'm, laughing at Batman. They are, not, they, are, they are not <laughs> making fun of Dick Grayson. They're making fun of Batman to his yeah. face. And he's not saying... It it comes off as very forced to me, uh, but then yeah, then they're gonna give you. Now we need to see what's going. It's not that lightheartedness that you would think. It's it is more the no, it's Yeah, it's very you know very ang- not angry. What am I saying? It, it's like vicious almost. It really <laughs> comes off wrong. But yeah, and then they're like, oh, you know what? We've been having this problem. Uh, the weather's been changing, going wacky across the fucking globe. Uh, oh, the fourteen, the Fortean phenomenon. I'm like, 14, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? See, the thing is, I actually know about this. I thought it was a cool thing. Yeah, but why would they be? Why is that? I don't know. It's in? a big, it's a big deal for some. I think uh, Dan Abbott just found out about, it, or he is a fan himself. They're like, I'm, I want to put this. But that's in a plug. why then they they spell it out, huh? Oh, that's spooky, Mulder. Yeah, it's it just it's forced. And then, oh, even now, five think, years ago, that's an and, old ass reference. And again, I really do like when they're like, hey, can't we just pass this on to Zatanna? Though I really do think at this point, they seem to know a lot of too many guys. This is, this is six months after the dark side. Yeah. It, it seems forced, but I do like when Hal's like, oh, don't you talk like they're, it's, 
freaking Constantine. And, and I have don't you go too, to there that you know you don't want to fuck with that guy. It just seems very odd with everything that's gone on. It's and just all strange shoutouts that don't need to be there. Yeah, yeah, but it's all for fun. Yeah, uh, I, and, I, 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 and I'm having fun while reading. But it. that's the problem where I'm having fun, but I'm also getting angry because it's an unnecessary issue. Oh, and sorry. We're not getting anything here, and yes, then I really don't want to go into the nitty gritty with this because you get these hellhounds, these Fucking mechanical cyborg-looking hellhounds, hellhounds that can go. They they aren't affected by Hal's, you know, Green Lantern because energy. He's a little bitch. Yeah, and he's trying to do it. He can't do it. In the meantime, you're getting a a uh, narration of a guy. Who it could be, Mister Twister? We think it's the guy who Mister Twister was calling forth. Yes, but it's the one Master of those. Twister. He's, you know, oh, you're now. It's weird that he is out of time because he knows this is Earth Prime. That's pretty and, big. And actually, that bothered me too because I thought Earth Prime was something different, and this Earth was actually Prime Earth. Yeah, well, it's they're something going stupid like this, that. But you know what I'm saying? It's, I do. It, I do. It, it was odd to me, like, oh, this guy's out and about, and. They really do almost I a play out with my it. fucking multiverse. No, they they also it seems like they want to give a little play thing with the Watchmen. That we're, yeah, yeah. We don't think it is, but we think yeah. it's the Mister Twister. Now all of this should be all involved anyway. Whatever it is, Titans Hunt was the big book leading into Rebirth, and yeah. then we had this whole fucking Watchmen thrown at us. Yeah, if the Watchmen become involved, it's it's above and beyond what's going on here as well because these guys are yeah, it's Titans Hunt. Yes, this leads more into Titans Hunt. This could have been. An issue where if they had Titans Hunt had a flashback number issue zero. With this, it would have been okay. But yeah, then there's Robin. They get thrown into this battle. They're gonna fight these things. Hal's having problems. Batman figures out, you know what? You just punch the shit punch out of the face. And then in the meantime, Mammoth cool. shows up. And we talked about this. I really, you said, hey, that's a Titans Hunt call up. Mammoth was in Titans Hunt. Yeah, it's just weird to me and because. The couldn't, I didn't understand why Mammoth was in that either. Yeah, because what you're going to get in this is that there's the bleed, and I like it. It's a tie-in when they fought Darkseid, and they punched him the fuck back to Apocalypse. And we don't get enough talk about the bleed no. anymore. The Stormwatch is gone. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And they said there's a bleed where these people are coming through. Makes sense. It even makes sense with everything that has been happening. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. There's also this fucking goddamn fucking guy, Brainiac guy. This Kalu. Yeah, the planet, yeah. Yacht Kalu. Yeah, he's sitting out there. Dick sees that. <laughs> yeah, Dick sees that, and he's like, huh, something's going on. This guy's watching, and he thinks at this point, I believe he thinks that he's controlling all this because he's just watching. He's a big – he's an yeah, alien so, man. And he's just standing there fucking being all menacing yeah. and creepy. So Dick goes up and says, hey, what's going on? They Identify start, yourself. They creepo. start fighting. Then in a weird deal, Wonder Woman comes, punches the shit out of him, and then Cyborg and, and Dick get a little you know, one-on-one little, hey, listen, you know what? I was the young guy. I was scared. It's not that scary. And then he's like, well, they respect you. You're cyborg. No, no. We we only are making fun of you because we're like, what do you have over us? Batman I like that. You. And I really did like it. Comes in a weird scene, though. They're on. They just. You're in the middle the of a goddamn yeah, battle. Those hellhounds are still battle. wrecking house. I know that you hate when they have like shit like this where they're talking in the battles. And yeah, shit is going wrong. Well, it's like I mean, we go back to Dark Side War. We look at all the shit that was going on. That Half the fucking characters are standing on the yeah. side on. Just bullshit what with each other. Is they should have had the full battle. It should have been round robin. Get in there. Yeah, they should have ended, and they should have been in the watchtower playing fucking you know air hockey and talking like this, like him and Shazam do. Shazam, exactly. You know what I mean? That would have been good because that would have been a. a but yeah, in the middle of this, they're saying this. Then, then how comes it? I'll show you guys. It just says, "What have you got, kid? Me? 
you got the closest look. That's okay. But yeah, all of a sudden, and like at this point, where is he? <laughs> Wonder Woman punched the shit out of him, but then he's like there again. But there, this big battle, you get this guy and he's watching. Oh, I'm going to wait. Uh, I'd attack them now, but they're too, the Earth, Earth Prime, they're too powerful right now. You get everybody's fighting. They realize that this is the bleed. We're going to shoot them the fuck back. They, you find out that this guy who was, uh, I'm looking at his name now, Bron Walks. That Brainiac type guy. He's just there because there was a fracture in time. He was chosen as a scientist to come through. He's a fucking kick-ass scientist. He's got guns and stuff. But he came through to see if there was an invasion happening. That and that's okay. But then in the meantime, they're just like, we're gonna have to mend these fractures. We're gonna have to send everybody back to their deal, and they do. Right? That's yep. pretty much – Cyborg needs a little extra energy. Hey, uh, Al shoots and him. I'm telling you, I didn't know. Energy. How does that work? I don't know. And it just blows up. Uh, the the universe shudders at their might. It's going there. They have a big crater. They're like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to be able to face them. And, <laughs> and here uh, we go. I finally get my goddamn bo- uh, mother box ping. Yeah. Yeah, you did. They go back. <laughs> they get the fracture. And then everybody's like, it's the end of the battle. Hey, man, you did great. It's the fucking Dick Grace. And they're all shaking his hand. I like when Superman comes, though. I, I really too. did. I like Superman comes up and he says, good to meet you. Good to meet you. And you know what's great about this? I really do think that what Dan Abnett thought is Superman wouldn't have put up with that shit in the Watchtower. That's why he was already dealing with stuff. He really yeah. wouldn't have. I think that if they, if Superman would have been in that Watchtower, oh, what's this? He would have shut that shit yeah, down. He would have shut it down real quick. He would have slammed Flash against he, some lockers. Yep. He just comes up. And in the meantime, you get the idea kid, that, dude. yeah, you get the idea Slow that he down went to Batman and said, hey, what's up with the kid? Oh, that's my sidekick. That's Robin. And that's really cool, brother. And you know what else I really like? Never told him his name. No. It's Robin. And I was really scared that they, he was going to tell him the name, and I thought that would be off. But, yeah, then you have the Robin Rang. Wonder Woman comes up. Hey, you know what? Thanks for the loan. You did great, kid. It's almost like she's mean Joe Green. And she, hey, kid, <laughs> catch. Throws the jersey. And stole the coke. I, really I thought that it was the, the jersey. You thought book. it was going to fucking just take, take the coke and walk off and not yeah. throw the jersey? Oh, yeah, yeah. So then he goes up. Dick goes up. and he Thanks, me, there. Joe. Yeah. Thanks, Wonder Woman. But, yeah, they go. And then Batman uh, almost seems like a bit of a dick at the end. Like, yep, I put you in this harm's way <laughs> to show you this. But, yeah, he learned. I, I think it worked really well. Well, again. I like the fact that he says, like, you know what? One day you'll be a member of the Justice League. I want you to get used to the idea. I also think that it's one of those where he wanted to be able to show the Justice League that he has a little boy that runs around before they hear of it from somebody else. Like, what <laughs> do you, you want to get in front around? of this shit? Yeah, really, if this was a year later and they find out that he has a boy running around with him for years, they're going to be like, why the fuck didn't you tell us this there, Batman? What's going on? What you trying to hide? Yeah, but yeah, he says that and then Dick's like, what? I'm going to be a member of the Justice League someday. And he's like, nope, no. going to lead it. And it's so badass. He oh, just walks away. So he just walks away. But in the meantime, the guy doing the voiceover is saying, okay, I can't get these big heroes. These guys. These guys are fucking sluggers. They're, yeah, they're titans. Titans there. Yes. But I might be able to get at them through this Robin. And I really did like it. And it says, they be continuous in Titans Rebirth number one. Bullshit. Get the fuck, fuck out of here. This is a nice one and done deal. That To be continued in Titans Hunt. Because of the way that everything was delayed. This probably, if we really did look at it, this probably was supposed to come out two months ago. And it really would have been like, man, I can't wait till Titans oh, yeah, Rebirth. Oh, my Jesus. God. It, it sends into this. Yeah. And uh, 
And in the meantime, it was supposed to be 52. Yeah. So that just shows you how fucked up this got. And I just wish that in the meantime, they would have thought, okay, I think this, this issue was well done. Not well done, like written well done. I mean, I think it was done well ahead of time. Oh, right, I just right. had to wait. I wish that they would have just We had to wait out. for fucking Dark Side yeah, Warfare. They would have just up. put it out in the middle and just Justice League Annual and did it. Or like you said, you could, this could have been a Titans Hunt. It would have been weird Titans Hunt Annual. You only had that many issues, eight issues. I, honestly, but, fuck it. Yeah, Happy goddamn annual I really would have liked well, this issue would have been so much better a month ago. And I'm telling you, the next issue, 52, that we're getting next week, I bet you we say the same thing, that this is stuff that I would... It should have come out before Action Comics. I I gave it a 7 on the site because I just, I did have a lot of fun. The more I thought about how it seemed to be out of place and... and It's very out of place. And like I'm telling you, the situation thrown at them... You got these goddamn yeah, hellhounds. You got mammoths, and you got a goddamn like it's you stupid. got you have three you got different things. Shit happening all over the world for yeah. some reason, yeah. but then Metropolis is our main point of focus. And really, at any point while you're reading, at any point where you're like, "Oh my god, they're not going to get nothing." That the fight was a side item. Yeah, you, that was only to get them to get. I got to fight show these people it. so Cyborg can get you on the trolley and fix this have, real you fast. You could have had them go up to the. You could have had anything. You didn't need just. All this was just to prove that Dick Grayson could stand amongst yeah. them and help them out as well. That's all it was for. They and this is kind of this good. is an, this is kind of issue that really makes me wish that we would have had freaking you know younger like Dick yeah. Grayson. We got to see the younger Robins working yep. Batman back in the day. Like after Damien died, instead of going Batman, Aquaman, Batman, Catwoman, yeah, all been that great. stuff. If it was a go back flashback, and it was more Batman you could have Robin. had it as a hokey deal. Where it was Batman so upset and he was just thinking about the fucking good days with yeah. all the kids and stuff fucking like book that. Ended with him this and you, about you would have uh, three issue arcs with each Robin leading to perfect. him bringing back Damien, leading to him eventually at the end of that saying, you know what? It's, it's enough time fucking sitting on my ass thinking about the old days. Let's get the fuck Damien back. Just and, like Superman. Yeah. yeah. No, time, I, no more time for grieving. Let's yeah. move on. Nope. Let's move on. But yeah, I give it a seven. What would you give it? I would give it a seven. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's too high. I, this is a really fun book to read. It has no real place for where we're that's at. That's where I get thrown off. And I, and I think a like lot said, of these issues are going to end like this. With who the doesn't new, get excited new seeing fucking Dick Grayson Robin, though? Yeah, I love it. I, the guy on Newsarama, Eric, I'll tell you, that's who said it was Tim Drake. He wanted Tim Drake so bad he pretended it was Tim Drake in well, his whole I'm, fucking review. If he hasn't been reading... The the way they redid the costumes for the new fifty two, Dick Grayson's costume is a you know a nineties yeah, throwback. It's to weird Tim though Drake. at the end when when Batman calls him Dick. Oh, I, it's weird. It's weird so if you funny. Read the book. He, just, he just thought that Batman was being an asshole. I'm saying maybe like, maybe he, he called Tim, through it. He called Tim Drake a dick. I actually think that that's what happened. They, yeah, they didn't read it, but that's what the people in the comments over at that site say. But yeah, we're gonna stop a minute. I'm gonna say goodbye to you, Eric. You're off. Goodbye, Jim. We're off to the Poconos. See you in seven, Jim. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna be heading off to Weird Comics History with Reggie and Chris, and then we'll be back with more books. Comics History. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we like to bring you some weird comics history every week on WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. 
This week we have uh, some information about a little-known imprint on DC Comics. Uh, one of its first imprints, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was its first attempt at a true, mature reader's line. Uh, it was the first DC Comics imprint to allow creator-owned material. And its work was commissioned from mostly unknown creators uh, in the mainstream. Uh, mostly those with somewhat established, but not too established names in the alternative comics and underground comics with an X field. Uh, this ran from 1989 to 1994, and the name of it was Piranha Press, also known as Comics with Teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. What, what, what do you got to tell us here? Well, let's see. This uh, this was all started in the... Uh, well, they, they planned this in the mid to late 80s. It didn't really kick off, like you said, until 1989. Um, and, you know, a lot of the newer uh, readers uh, probably don't know a whole lot about the industry of the late 80s. It yeah. was a very different time. And, uh, you know, uh, alternative comics were starting to become a viable business model for, uh, for comics, primarily due to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, first time that you could see, like, I mean, there's been other black and white comics or, you know, alternative or under, underground comics, but right. none of them really, you know, got into the, just got into the popular culture like the Turtles did. Yeah, well, I mean, there was stuff, I, I think American Flag was out, and uh, you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't forget, of course, the British comics. Cerebus. Were, Cerebus, right, by Dave yeah. Sim was out, and, and you can't forget... The British comics were essentially black and white, so, sure. somewhat independent, you know, comics, independent at least of DC and Marvel, you know, uh, as we know them. But, yeah, uh, the Western side, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely Teenage Mutant Ninja, Tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I would tend to slur that one like everyone yes. else. Uh, I believe that debuted in 85, and that one, uh, the first issue, the print run was 5,000 copies. Crazy. And, and within the same week, it was going for $100, which... You know, then was not a not a normal price for a comic, and now also not really a normal price say, for a comic yeah. to fetch. So That's that that brought in eighties dollars, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was something, uh, and you know, it just snowballed from there. It had a lot of pretenders to it. This is all possible because of the direct market, which we've mm-hmm. touched on, but we're not going to go into great <laughs> detail about right now. Not yet. So but, uh, it, it was it was this influx of, of things, uh, you know, speculators, a lot more interest in comics and a lot more black and white comics attempting to grab that lightning in a bottle. Yeah, because, I mean, you had uh, Dark Horse started in 86 because I think they're uh, they're doing their 30th anniversary this year. Right. And, uh, you know, Caliber Comics, First Comics, Eclipse Comics, and even Marvel got in on the creator-owned thing with uh, their epic line of comics. Yeah. Which, uh, which actually, I think, started... Uh, Either the very late seventies or early eighties with uh, Epic Illustrated. It did. That was a little older. That was at first attempting to like a heavy metal magazine. Exactly. Yeah, it was Marvel's answer to heavy metal. But by the mid eighties, it was their independent uh, line in a sense. Uh, I don't yeah. think it, did it make it to eighty nine. I'm not. I don't remember. But it made it into it made it into the nineties. Oh really? With, uh, they they changed it to their heavy hitters line. Epic heavy hitters. Right. Was, uh, That's right. The, the quality was quite a bit different than you know. It wasn't it wasn't Grew the Wanderer and ElfQuest anymore. It was <laughs> it was some other stuff. Yeah. Some unmentionables. And, uh, yes, yes. Like uh, the last American. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, DC had yet to enter the alternative or you know underground quote-unquote market um they you know of course we know they have published books that were considered mature audience only books like you know watchmen right. like like frank miller's ronin dark knight Returns, stuff like that but i uh, never really never really tried to get this kind of comic done 
No, they'd also done a lot of original graphic novels at this point, or not a lot, sure. but a handful of them. So a they, handful, yeah. They were they were definitely exploiting the direct market and seeing w- what it could yield for them, uh, and uh, this led because them. it was still there was still you know the direct market was still in its infancy relatively. It, it was so you know uh, a lot it, of test in the waters for sure. No one knew how far you could really push this stuff, but but and you know the profit margin for you know a couple of guys financing a black and white comic versus. DC or Marvel is as they're two different stories. So, oh yeah. Uh, but anyway, they did form a imprint, Piranha Press, as I said, comics with teeth. This was adult illustrated fiction. It was on the cutting edge and style and innovation in the industry. Uh, you know, the covers were mainly of a purple and teal bent, as <laughs> as was uh, common in the 1990s, um, mm-hmm. and definitely had some very unusual cover designs. Uh, which I think we'll get into a little bit later. Yeah, but but it it, it stood out on the racks in a, in a big way. Uh, they, Certainly, they started putting pieces in place for this imprint in '87. It was announced through the Comics Journal number 117 in September 1987. Uh, article was titled "Newswatch: DC Aims to Take a Bite Out of Comics with Piranha," uh, and you know this was supposed to be an experimental forum for creators to do what they wanted to do and to own their work. Although, as we'll talk about later, we're not really sure how that all shook out later on down the line. But the initial works were definitely creator-owned and, uh, you know, frankly, deserved to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about, you know, they, uh, they started putting those pieces in place, and some of those pieces are the key players. And uh, you got to start with uh, Mark Nevelo. Yes, the, the mysterious um, Mark Nevelo. Yes, the enigmatic <laughs> Mark Nevelo. He was the uh, he was the founder and editor uh, for from 1989 the launch until 1991. So only a couple of years, and uh, you know it's said that he was an associate of Jeanette Kahn, but uh, really can't say for certain because uh, that's all coming secondhand from people who didn't get the position that he applied for. So mm. we don't know if they're just claims of friendism or or not right um and mark nevelo uh kind of uh he kind of called forth his inner bill jemis when, when <laughs> discussing uh when discussing piranha press he described these as these are com- well, of course comics for people who don't read comics right which you know is a is a comic chestnut these days oh but, uh, god I, you know it's something, <laughs> something you just hate to hear like i like i, I said, know it uh, it's like fans of the Beastie Boys that don't like hip hop. It's just like yeah, get, get out of here. Rap you know? for people who don't like rap. Oh, yeah. you're gross. <laughs> he described Piranha's target audience. Now get this: frustrated males, age eighteen to twenty, and those frustrated males are the kind that have trouble getting dates. Yeah, see, that's not you. Know, you don't really want to denigrate your target audience yeah. like that. It's right. it's it's funny because it's it, he kind of it's. This whole thing for comics that people for people who don't read comics kind of puts them on a plane above, yeah. you know, the the mere mortal comic reader, and uh, and then to denigrate the uh, that audience even further is kind I, of strange. That, that is sort of weird, you know. He's kind of turned around and then you know pointed them out. I mean, frankly, I was a frustrated male, age eighteen to twenty, but I didn't want someone <laughs> to tell me that. You know, that's part of, of what my frustration not. was. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, this is a. At least there were no, you know, bad girls for fanboys who live in their parents' basement. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> in fact, he didn't mention the parents' basement at all. So I got to give him points for that. That's good. Yeah, he, didn't, he didn't go as far as Bill. <laughs> no, um, his associate editor was a was a was a lady named Karen McBurney, and uh, 
precious little on the internet about her. I, I could not find anything except a brief mention of graphic novels on a New York lifestyle blog written by a Ka- Karen McBurney, which may or may not be her. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can follow that thread yourself if you like, yeah, your listeners. You can keep digging down that hole. I don't know if it'll be, uh, if you find anything. Um, then uh, we got here uh, Dean Motter, who uh, created the uh, Piranha Press banner and the he gave the aesthetic look to the line that we that we just that we talked about a little bit earlier. Right. And uh, he was not from comics. He was an album cover artist, which uh, really gave Piranha Press a instantly identifiable look. It's a uh, like you were saying. It's it's those those rad '90s colors. And, yeah. Uh, it it and was the colors. The fact that the imprint logo was down the spine. Uh, yeah. Each each cover kind of had it's it's tough to explain verbally. It's really something you should look up and take a look at if you're interested. But they sort of framed each cover image in a Piranha Press border that yeah, was unique to this to that imprint only. Yeah, the trade dress was just it was like we said earlier. It was a uh, it's something that it, it was something that would not be out of place on Zach Morris's T-shirt for sure. It's, uh, it's very bright. There's a nice little fish on it. And uh, the thing of it is, is it, it it really clashed with the look of the actual art inside the book. So you had the covers with this smudgy or realistic or just darker tone, and then you have this bright, you know, day glow, a fish on yeah. the side. Yeah, which, it, uh, it definitely was a strange, stark contrast. I really think that was like like really we were looking at the '80s turning into the '90s. You know, kind of a yes. grittiness. Turning into a kind of veneer, uh, absolutely. I maybe you know that, that that may be a little too much extrapolation Hindsight, for a comic yeah. book cover, but that that's definitely how I, how I perceive it. Uh, I think it's really interesting too that he he used album cover artists because that's something that doesn't really exist as much as it used to. These used to be no. highly trained designers and people that really knew much about composition and the weight of a picture because that's the kind of, and, and and you know what's going to sell an album, obviously. Uh, you know, making these these bold square pieces of art that were something you could behold and look at. Now it's something the size of your thumbnail. Yeah. Who cares? You know, it doesn't really matter if it's it's usually like a picture of grandma with some text over it, and we're done. And that's that's good enough, you know. But uh, you know, album cover artists or, or and designers, it this used to be a real uh, serious vocation, and guys that could do that well would do it over and over again, make some of the greatest ones. For some reason, only. Uh, to my mind, Andy Warhol's coming up, who made only one album cover for the Stones that I can think of. Mm-hmm. But there were there were one. There were there were guys out there who that was their li- livelihood was to uh, do album covers for different musicians. So I, you know, it's it's part of like this CD culture. You know what I mean? The album purchasing yep. culture. So all this stuff that is irrelevant today uh, <laughs> was was still viable here in, in 1989, and uh, I find that pretty fascinating. Oh, I love it. It's uh, it's it's truly you know it gets you into the gestalt of when this was actually in production. For sure. And, uh, and uh, Mr. Uh, Mata did do a little bit of comics work, uh, including a uh, prestige format series based on the ver- uh, British TV series The Prisoner mm-hmm. with uh, Patrick McGowan, which uh, yeah, I, I I have the entire thing. I just have not read it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> on that pile that keeps growing. But, uh, I'd be interested to know how it pretty. is. I, I did like The Prisoner as a kid. As, as you pointed out, it's more a show better to talk about than to watch. Yeah, it's, uh, I definitely enjoyed discussing the finer <laughs> points of it rather than watching it. It's uh, 
it's one of those shows where certain episodes fly by and certain episodes take about six days to get through. They do, yeah. You're just, like, <laughs> you know, just so confused and there's so much uh, plotting nonsense. You really, when he's getting chased by the white ball, that's what you want. Yeah, that's so that's, that's, about that's, it. that's the scene you need. <laughs> so there were a few key publications for Piranha Press. Uh, we're going to talk about a few of them. Uh, the most notable one was cer- certainly Beautiful Stories for Ugly Children. This had 30 issues. Or volumes from June '89 to September '92. This was the only one that had a regular release schedule, I believe. I think so. Uh, this was uh, written by Dave, and we're going to say Looper, but it's not sure. spelled that way. And drawn by Dan Sweetman. Uh, this was really more of a uh, picture novel, and kind of in the sense of a uh, uh, it rhymes with lust that we talked about that Arnold Drake and Leslie Waller wrote in 1950. We talked about that a few episodes ago on the first Arnold Drake episode. Uh, It was really pictures on one side, words on the other. Sometimes some words below a picture, but the picture was not, you know, immediately tied to the text on the page necessarily. Uh, Yeah, no word balloons. No word balloons, exactly. I mean, it really wasn't a a comic in the traditional sense, I, I would say. Uh, no. To, frankly, it's it's it actually is more akin to those um, text stories that used to be put into comics up until about what the, the early seventies, I think, in order yeah, to get the them a lower, yeah, yeah. To, for a lower postage postage rate. It was hmm. like if you had a certain amount of text, you could, uh, I don't know, pass it off as a magazine instead of whatever the hell else they thought it was. <laughs> so it, it was kind of a, it was kind of reminiscent of that. However, uh, having seen them as as a young man. Um, the art I thought was terrible. Uh, I really hated it. The reproduction of it was really bad, and I never actually read any of the stories in this series. I, I can't claim to have even flipped through every single one. I probably looked at the first, I don't know, four or five, and mm. uh, moved on from them because, you know, just the art turned me off right away. So for all I know, those stories could be brilliant, I want to say. They could be. To Dave Looper, <laughs> I'm not denigrating your stories. I can have no opinion on them. Um... Another one was Gregory. This had four volumes, ran from October 89 to February 93 through December 93. This was by Mark Hempel, written and drawn. And this was a story of an institutionalized baby, boy, alien? We don't know. It's, yeah. un- <laughs> it's unclear. Something with eyes that look like paint streaks, mm-hmm. uh, living in a uh, mental institution, we think, probably. Or some kind of an institution. It was an institution, yeah. yeah. With, a, with a rat. Yeah, he had a straitjacket and everything. With a rat named Herman the Vermin and a mouse named Wendell, who was uh, sort of his nermal to yes. Herman the Vermin's Garfield. Uh, you actually just looked at this uh, yesterday, right? Just out of well, curiosity. I, I re- yeah, I read it just, uh, or tried reading it. I, it's, <laughs> it's something. It looks like it would be like in one of those magazines you'd get at the head shop. I mean, it's uh, it just, uh, it's weird. And uh, the it, it seems to be like they wanted to have some sort of a poignancy to it. Like... Uh, the entire the entire volume he's wanting to get out, yeah. And uh, you know, spoiler alert: at the end he gets out and he wants to go back in. And uh, so it's very. I think it tries to play with uh, feelings of home, feelings of abandonment, feelings of loneliness. But uh, it, I, I can't say that I enjoyed it. It pretty much strikes out on all of them. You know, I actually had three of the volumes, and uh, as I told Chris, I, I held on to them for probably twenty years for some reason, kind of. I kept trying to read them to figure out I was missing something, you know, what am I... It's uh, one of those, for sure, where you think it's going over your head, or you think that there's just one thing that isn't clicking, which would make it brilliant. Yeah, 
But, but, uh, but you reach a point in your life, you figure if, it go, if it's going over <laughs> my head, then that's just how it's going to be. You know, I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I will be ignorant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was no. And then the the last one, why I hate Saturn. This is probably one of the most uh, revered, well, best remembered. Uh, sorry, uh, titles from this imprint uh, had one yeah. volume. Just it was, it was an original graphic novel in June of 1990. This was written and drawn by Kyle Baker. Uh, this is a story of twin sisters, one of whom believes herself to be from Saturn, and the other is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one, I, I also talked with Chris about this a little bit, but uh, one of the most overrated comics, definitely of this period, definitely of this type. Uh, you know, I, I like the, the art. The line yeah. is very nice, but the story is meandering in the beginning, and then about two-thirds of the way through, the last third of it, something happened. Either the dead deadline was looming or Mark Hempel realized he was running out of pages because the last third of the book is like everything that happens in the book happens in practically a montage. You know, they really gyps you. Uh, Chris and I both hate the lettering. It's very precious. This Art Deco style that must have taken him a, a ridiculous amount of time, you know. Uh, oh, I bet. If it takes three times as long to letter a page as it took to ink it or to draw it, you, you've run into a problem now. You know, you've know you written too much, or the lettering is too complicated. Or your passion is just really directed the wrong way. Exactly, yeah. You could have spent a little more time maybe plotting the book correctly instead of like making sure the E's all had the proper curve to them. Now, this one is strange because DC uh, did reprint this via Vertigo, and DC yeah. does have the rights. You, heard, you read an interview where Mark Hempel said... He has no involvement in it because DC has the rights. Uh, yeah, because I guess they there was option for a movie, and someone had asked him uh, what his thoughts were, and he said, "Well, I don't own it anymore, so I have no opinion." Yeah, it's uh, so it's very very weird. And I was doing a little bit more research, and I found that this was actually made available online for free, and now it's not anymore. Interesting. So it was it made available by him. By him, yeah, because oh, yeah. it was a Newsarama article from a few years ago, and it said, you know, read this for free. And I clicked on it, and you know, you go to the you get the four hundred four page. Yeah, and, like, and uh, yeah, and then doing a little bit of uh, reverse engineering on that, I, uh, I I couldn't find it anymore. It just it links to a uh, to where you can buy it. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say what. I mean, really, really anything could have happened here. Sure, uh, we don't know what the contracts were, if there were contracts, or you know, I mean, anything from he could have lost it in a poker game, or maybe you know, <laughs> the contract had a weird stipulation. It's, it's, we don't know, but it definitely goes against the creator-owned uh, directive Mandate, of the imprint. Yeah. yeah so, uh, anyone who has any information on that, we'd love to know what happened to Certainly. to uh, why I hate Saturn. A couple more notable titles uh, that came out from Piranha over the years. The score by uh, Gerard Jones, who is known for uh, Green Lantern and Justice League with Mark Badger on art. Uh, Epicurious the Sage by William Mesner Loebs, known for his Flash and Wonder Woman, among other things, with Sam Keith on art, who... You know what I remember Sam Keith from? He did a Lobo. Hmm. Didn't he do a Lobo run? A miniseries? You know, it would, it would fit. I'm I, almost I positive. That's what that's... You know, we, we actually Please. talked about this yesterday <laughs> or two days ago, and I couldn't remember what... I think I'm remembering him from a Lobo, a very weird, like, metal, heavy metal type Lobo. Hmm. Uh, anyway, He's probably best known for Hulk and uh, the Max. For sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. I should have mentioned those two. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was remembering him from a weird <laughs> miniseries that probably not anyone's read in however many and, and years. 
Mesno Lobes actually did scripting on uh, the Max too. So oh, wow! They uh, so they stayed together for that. Yeah, I mean, this this might have been what put them together. Uh, it was uh, a humor book about Greek myths, which is pretty interesting. And then the the other one we want to mention, which was actually was the final publication of Piranha Press, if I'm if I'm not incorrect here, mm-hmm. was uh, Prince and the New Power Generation by uh, DC Comics Titans Dwayne McDuffie and Dennis Cohen. Uh-huh. Uh, this was the final book published in 1994, which I don't know if that was really a great time to be talking about Prince, the new power generation. Uh, <laughs> was, was he still Prince at that point? I don't think he was. I think he'd already become yeah. the uh, artist formerly known as. Maybe they were just remembering the glory days of uh, when, uh, you know, Gloria Stefan was on the crew or what's, you know, all those other <laughs> personalities. So, uh so that so that was it. That was that was the closing. Uh, yeah, and these were these were notable. I just wanted to point out because the initial mandate was that these were going to be underground creators, and I mean, you know, Gerard Jones was doing the Justice League, and uh, yeah, and, and Messner Lopes was doing Wonder Woman. I mean, and Dwayne McDuffie was and Dennis Cohen are they're just you know ubiquitous. They're just everywhere in DC. Sure. So it's uh, so it's interesting that these. That these titles actually wound up in Piranha Press with, uh, you know, with the underground movement, the alternative movement. It's uh, just it's an odd juxtaposition. Well, something obviously changed. It did. <laughs> Whoa. What was that? That's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about how Mark Nevelo was uh, the you know directing editor for uh, two years, but uh, Andy Helfer. Uh, the guy who did uh, editing on Man of Steel, he also did a, a stint with uh, the Justice League International. Yeah. He uh, assumed editorial control from the exiting Nevelo and uh, immediately decides to change the direction of Piranha Press. And, uh, he, you know, get this. He actually wanted commercial success what? for the uh, imprint. I know. No, I know. Cast him down, <laughs> you know. Because he, uh, when he. What about in, those he... people who don't read comics? What about the comics for them? <laughs> I know it. He, when he was questioned about either Nevolo or Piranha, he described them as as non-commercial as they come. Yeah, and uh, you know it's true. That's about right. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, that's a very good assessment. And uh, he aimed for the bookstore market, seeing you know because when you have those comics for people who don't read comics, they're not going to go into a comic book oh, store. Oh no, they don't even know where the comic book store is. Do they still have those? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, they they only knew about them when they were standing online to buy Superman seventy five. Right, but <laughs> but uh, Helfer decides to aim for the bookstore market, and uh, this is initially uh, accepted as a failure because, you know, this is Borders, Barnes and Noble, wherever you know, B Dalton, sure, and. You know, they didn't have graphic novel sections. They didn't have trade paperback sections for for comics. It was, uh, you know, you might find these books next to Garfield. You might find these books in the kids section. You might find these books next to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I remember. So, and sometimes, like in the art book section, it really it really certainly. was all over the place. Uh, there also just wasn't uh, uh, there weren't as many books as there are now. I mean, I could go to the graphic yeah, novel section. Warrant. Not only are there, is there everything. That every current publisher puts out, but there's reprints going back to you know the turn of the last century. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. The yeah, the, the manga is its own. You know that's yep. probably another show about how manga really did <laughs> create this section in uh, bookstores. Yeah. But that's uh, yeah, it, it was different for for newer readers that might be used to going to their bookstore and seeing a graphic novel section. It did that did not exist not too long ago. And a bunch of kids with with backpacks sitting on the floor reading. That's right. I see it every time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I saw it yesterday in a bookstore, in fact. I believe it. But, uh, and uh, he transitioned uh, from Piranha Press into Paradox Press. Yeah. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be hitting that next time. Right. But uh, around the same time, DC you know, went, went all in on a uh, mature line. And you might have heard of it. It's called Vertigo. Mm. And that launched... Uh, I I have the uh, I have the ini- the initial like uh, announcement publication and that was dated December 1992. Wow! So uh, I think I think maybe either December 92 or January 93 is when Vertigo actually struck. Yeah. And uh, they started uh, that by shifting some of the darker properties uh, of DC proper into the imprint, like uh, you know Doom Patrol after uh, Rachel Pollock popped on and. Uh, Sandman, uh, Swamp Thing, Shade the Changing Man. Right. Sandman was after, like, I don't remember, six issues. Like a dozen issues. Yeah, something, something like that, that yeah. yeah. And uh, let's see here. And, you know, Vertigo, as I'm sure we'll talk about at length another time, it, it's become a haven for creator-owned work. Uh, and, you know, yeah, Trains Metropolitan, Preacher, Why the Last Man Scalped. There's just... It goes on and on, yeah. Absolutely. Ex Machina, Sweet Tooth. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, pretty much, you know, a lot of your favorite creators today that work in mainstream comics have done something through Vertigo. Uh, Certainly. uh, American Vampire, you know, Scott Snyder's thing. So, you know, it still is pretty respected. It's kind of going through some uh, changes recently, but, you know, it's as of right now, as of this recording, it's still a very respected creator owned imprint. Of some stripe, I really can't mm-hmm. say. So, uh, why do you think Piranha Press failed? Uh, there's a few reasons why it might have failed, not owing uh, only to Mark Nevelo's being mysterious and weird. Um, for one thing, it, I think I definitely agree that it was too experimental uh, by getting a lot of unknown creators and just going totally away from their normal comics language. It, it was different than even other alternative press. Comics yeah. at the time. I mean, there, there were what you might, might even call art comics. Uh, it wasn't just uh, you know radioactive ninja hamsters. There were uh, <laughs> a lot of thoughtful and and you know this kind of is the birth of the noir, the noir comic around this time. Uh, mm-hmm. Sin, Sin City came out not too long after ninety four, right ninety five ish or something. I think so. Um, so people were taking comics seriously. Frankly, Daredevil had an amazing run right at the, right around this time. That sure. is very cinematic. Uh, but you know, it, it, it was it hadn't tapped into that. Uh, people, no. I think people were ready for something different in comics, and this was not it. Uh, and the era of real underground comics with an X. Uh, maybe one day we'll explain why that is. But that's, <laughs> that's what what we call the real 1960s underground comics uh, that had passed. That really was no longer what people wanted to see, which was sort of psychedelia and just outlandish. And, I don't know. We talked a little bit off off the air with uh, once once corporate America gets involved with something underground, right? It, it's not cool anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. I mean, this was and, so ev- so obviously a, a corporation feeding you something, you, you know, mm-hmm. that you're already getting uh, the real version of. I think it was obvious even to the casual reader, even to the non comics reader. Yeah, um, there was a lot of. Poor written stories, uh, as I talked about with the three comics I mentioned that I have read. I found them to be very uh, technically poor in part as plotting and pacing and even just making any real sense. Um, you know, Gregory, it just is when you finish reading it, you really get the sense that you've wasted your fucking time. Um, 
So there's so and there was no continuity between them. You know, you mentioned you, you talked about the other day about there being these recurring characters in the uh, ugly stories for beautiful children. Yeah, the clowns showed up uh, in two subsequent issues. The, the, the clowns were in the first issue. Yeah, and then and, they showed uh, they showed up again later on. Yeah, like an eleven and thirteen or something like that. Try to find those action figures in the DC universe. Uh, <laughs> And DC Direct, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, still, even even then, and and you know, I'm sort of talking out of turn because I haven't read them, but I don't think it was like the continuing adventures of this creepy clowns. I actually remember no, I the first issue and the clowns looking sort of like killer clowns from outer space. Uh, very similar, yeah. They were like, kind of like old to see, and yeah, yeah. Um, and, and definitely it's, meant it's to freak you out. Yeah, for sure, and and it's it's weird that you know they they put so much into establishing a brand, but it's like, you know, when you go to a like if I go to a bookstore and I'm looking for a novel and it's by, you know, Harper Collins or right. whatever, I'm not a Harper Collins fan, right? So I'm not gonna go and just buy like just buy books because it's from Blindly. one publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so there's no reason to keep up with Piranha, and you're not gonna go and just be like, ooh, that's Piranha, so I want it. Yeah. So you need to have some sort of there needs to be a hook, and I don't think that there was one. You know where where Vertigo definitely has a hook. You know they have Certainly. a hook of sort of like a oh I don't know I, I don't want to den- denigrate any fans. I read lots of Vertigo titles, but it sort of speaks to a certain sensitive, uh, introspective I, type of person. Do you think that's fair to say? I don't. I don't think I'm really. I, I, you know, I it's I think it's 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 different than mainstream or the the, the comparable mainstream for sure. And. Yeah. But you know, at the, at the same token, you know, if you're if you're a Sandman reader, you're going to come back and read Sandman. So you're going to buy all ten volumes of Sandman. That's the other thing where, too. Yeah. Yeah. Where you know, if you're going to buy, it's like you're not going to go in and buy Gregory and then maybe buy a collection because there was one collection of uh, ugly stories or beautiful stories. There was one collection. Right. And I think it contained all the clown stories. But oh, wow. I mean, it's like you're not gonna. It, it just seems like. It doesn't they, transfer from one to the, you know, it's not the same yeah, aesthetic for each one. So if you like exactly. why you hate Saturn, that doesn't mean you're going to like ugly stories. Yeah, it's, yeah the, the tone is completely different. And, and in making comics for people who don't like comics, they didn't go far enough because they're still trying to placate the collector. Yeah. You know, and it's like the people who don't read comics... Guess what? They don't collect them yeah, either. They, they don't give a shit about that at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They might they might have the issue with Obama and Spider-Man, but that's about <laughs> all they've got. <laughs> yeah, especially right around, you know, as we talked about with the speculating, you know, that would sure. all pretty much tank uh, along with the uh, conclusion of this uh, imprint, which probably had uh, not a little bit to do with, the, you know, with each other. Uh, yeah. As we talked about in the beginning, the, you know, him using unknown creators, pursuing... Uh, people that just were not known that, or were very, you know, might have been respected within the, in the within the industry or the, within the scene, but they had never. Uh, they had no name value. They had no name. I mean, they, they could have gotten, you know, you have a couple of names: Art Spiegelman, Kim Kim Deitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, Trini Robbins was was drawing Wonder Woman right at this time. Well respected yeah. underground artist who was writing, who was drawing a very golden age looking Wonder Woman. Uh, they could have tapped her. They could have tapped a lot of people. Uh, never did it. Never thought of. Never used DC's arm to do it. No. Uh, Nevelo did once say that the only well-known alternative comics artist he would even consider was Chester Brown, who's known for doing Ed the Happy Clown. Uh, but that never, even I, that never happened. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Um, another uh, another key thing is the the publication schedule. It was erratic. It was unpredictable. I mean, we talked about that Prince issue where uh, we don't even know if he was called Prince still anymore at that yeah. point. That, uh, you know, you go from, you know, a volume of Gregory in late 92, and then you go until, you know, the middle of 94, and there's an issue of Prince. Yeah. So it's like, you know, where... You know, was were they were they showing up in previews magazine? Were they showing up? Was, was there any? I couldn't find anything. Yeah, like how are like, they solicited? Like, what what is the, what yeah. was the story here? Uh, like, were they what, running behind? Or what were happened they just in that year? What happened in nineteen ninety three? That's my question. Exactly. You know, like what was what was the Piranha offices? Uh, which you said at one time, uh, Nevelo did have a closet for an office. Yes, he was he was scooted in for the closet. Uh, yeah. Which is which is normal <laughs> office culture. I want to tell you, this is not really sure. DC or no, comics. It, it's not an indictment. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just the way things are sometimes. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean that, that that right there, we know this today too. Erratic publication schedule can just kill any comic. Yeah. And I heard he tried to tap the uh, the mop that he shared the uh, office with for a uh, Herman the Vermin spinoff. Oh yeah, Wouldn't but it, it never came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and is it possible that this imprint was never intended to succeed? It was sort of a fuck you to the industry, you know? Seems sort of like a, it. Sort of a middle finger to everybody in a sense. Comics readers, comics non-readers, you know, uh, executives. Uh, he appeared to be content just overseeing creative output. He didn't even care about commercializing it or oh sorry commercializing it or doing a whole lot with it uh beyond and, just publishing comics yeah and imagine being in that position that must have been a very exciting spot to be in just overseeing creative people not caring if what they're writing is something that anybody's going to read it's it's basically all for him for sure so i mean i mean what what a great place to be in you have these talented creators doing whatever they want that whatever you want basically yeah and uh I mean that's just such a such an interesting spot to be in. You know, it, I, for a long time I had a belief that if you give ordinary quote unquote people, people that don't consider themselves creative, if you give them the outlet, they will uh, ultimately put out something beautiful or wonderful. Oh, uh, absolutely. And I have to tell you that uh, in my experience, that's totally wrong. That's not right <laughs> at all. If you, if you give people the creative outlet, usually they'll draw a dick. That's really it. They just want to draw a dick and balls and uh, a picture of a, of, a, of a, you know, naked lady. And that's about all there you get. Um, and it's, it's pretty obvious that with, with his departure, uh, with Mark Nevelo's departure, DC would have rather just made a little money. Which is, sure. you can't fault them for either. Uh, you know, they are in the, a business. And uh, while I, I doubt Piranha Press was really... Uh, breaking the bank for them, uh, it hmm. seems like it was a pretty small operation. Probably didn't have a ton of overhead. Yeah, it, it still wasn't, wasn't making any money. money. Yeah. yeah, they probably figured it was best just to chuck it. And as we'll talk about next week, uh, it did turn into something that was relatively successful and did get uh, stock in the bookstores. But that is for next week. For this week, Indeed. if you want to write into yeah. us and tell us uh, all the things that we got wrong or all the things that we got right or that you hate or, our stupid voices or. <laughs> Or if you're Mark Nevelo. If you are Mark Nevelo, please write in to uh, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow me on Reggie, I'm uh, on Twitter. I'm at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. And like I tell you every week, you got to make sure to go read Chris's personal blog. Chris is on infiniteearths.blogspot.com. Uh, he's got great content every single day reviewing a DC comic, usually one very near and dear to my heart. The other day you did... <laughs> Slash Maraud, uh-huh. which is a comic that, that it was one of these things. The minute I saw it, 
it was like my youth came back. You know what I mean? Like a, just yep. a, a it's brief. It's one of those. Because I, I haven't thought, obviously I haven't thought about it in, you know, 25 years or however long it's been out. But suddenly <laughs> I saw it. I was like, holy crap. I remember this comic. Even though I don't, I don't really, you know, I read your review. I didn't really remember the context. It was just the cover. Sure. Just really oh, hit yeah. me with that script. Oh, it was perfect. You, people, you got to check it out. It's great <laughs> stuff every day. But Thank for you. this week, that's it for us. Anything else here, Chris? No, I think we're good. And uh, the first time we uh, we recorded this, I said from the uh, from the chilly 106 degree Phoenix, Arizona. Today we are the uh, the breezy 112 degree oh, Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, that's nice. So, so, <laughs> so you're out there uh, in your sweater. You know, make make sure you stay warm out there. Oh, it's uh, chilly. And the rest of you guys uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Catch you next time. Next book we're doing is The Dark Knight Returns, Last Crusade. When I saw it, when I saw it, I'm like, I hope that at one point they have to choose which cup to drink out of. And then there's this old fucking knight, and he goes, "You chose wisely." Chosen. Yeah, wasn't that good? Yeah, yeah that would be great. He chose poorly. I want to see uh, the Batman saying, the penitent man will pass. Yeah. The penitent. The penitent. Uh, I don't know about you. But we. I went back and forth. I did not know if we were going to talk about this book on the podcast. Uh, but it is a big book. Yeah. It's a huge book. You even said right before we came on, this thing's going to sell like hotcakes. Yep. Uh, it's not really our thing. Uh, it's not my thing. Is it your thing? Not really. And, and, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty damn big batman fan yeah yeah i'm soured on the whole dark knight thing still from dark knight strikes back and this is just like more well and i'm telling you one of the main things was for me to do this i had to think do i want reggie to spend seven fucking dollars for us to talk about this (laughs) like that's why i asked you if you wanted to do it we would and you're like yeah we'll do it and then the whole time you were pissed because you spent seven dollars but here's what joel uh joel jody said on the site he reviewed it on the site he said ever wonder why frank miller's batman retired in the first place did you Sure. Okay. Well, in Dark Knight Returns, The Last Crusade, written by Brian Azzarello and Frank Miller, with art by Bill, is it Sankowitz? Yeah, that sounds okay, right. Sankowitz and John Romita Jr., you get to see it. Ten years before the return, Batman and Jason Todd investigate crimes committed by men trying to impress a mysterious woman. As the case grows, it becomes more and more clear to Batman. Does it grow? More clear to Batman <laughs> that he can't do this forever, and he has to consider Jason taking over the job. We really needed this story after the fourth issue of Master Race. The art is fantastic, is it? Mm. And the story is actually a lot better with the theme of age at the center. The action can be brutal at times, but that should be expected in the world of Miller that Miller created. If you are a fan of the Dark Knight world or just a fan of Returns, I recommend the story. And I'll tell you right off the bat, he gave it a 9 out of 10. Now, it is an oversized issue. It is $7. Mm. Um, I liked it enough. It's not seven dollars worth of book for me. It that really, would be my only complaint. Yeah, yeah I, if, um, if this was a four dollar book, I probably would be like, eh, it's pretty good. But now I, I agree. Seven bucks I agree off. fully with Jody though that if you are a Dark Knight fanatic, then I, I'm sure you're going to love this. It's and very it close take- to the storytelling style of the original one, yes. and uh, you know all your favorite characters and those versions of those characters from Dark Knight Returns are back or shortly. Prior to that book. You know. Yeah, yeah, he said it's 10 years before. Yeah. Um, basically, this book is, like you said, Joker's in it because he has to be. Yeah. It's not really necessary at all, right? Not really. 
He's just kind of an aside there. He's kind of. I mean, it implies he's going to be more important later. And well, yeah, that's what I'm probably saying. Probably kill Jason Todd. Yes. Yeah, yeah. he's there because of that. But yeah, we see that Jason is kind of a psychopath, and Batman is old. He he needs to retire. He says it throughout. He doesn't want to. I think it's a lot like a professional athlete who his time is coming on. He's just hanging on. And he doesn't want to admit that he should go, but you know uh, from reading this to me that he knows. Yeah, he 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 goes to Selena and talks to her about it. That's like that's as true as he gets in Pretty this much. when he goes yeah. to talk to her, and he says to her basically, "I know, you know, how did you give it up and and stuff like that?" Because I know I'm done. But the problem is, is that Jason is a little over the top. He this it's almost to me. It is a weird thing in my mind. It's like a timing issue for him that if he would have been, if this was Dick Grayson, I think he would give it up. Yeah, he would have given it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if this was Tim Drake, even he may have, even though Tim's always young too. You know what I'm saying? But Jason yeah. is just, he, and I think one of the things that that they're pointing out as well is that he also sees the things that he considers bad in himself in Jason as well. It's not like he sees Jason and thinks, "God damn it." He's so over the top, and I don't know what I did. I don't know what, you know, he, I think the bad things that he sees, he knows that he has them, but he's been able to to overtake them. And that's why he, it's not, to me, at the end of, I want to retire, but I can't because he's insane, Jason. It's more of, I can't retire now because I'm not done with him. He's not ready, but he will be. It seems like at points, it's not like he's just like, no. He's never going to be, but he's just not a finished product. Yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, Batman understands him. Bruce understands Jason, but he is afraid that he's just going to be a loose cannon and murder people, which he does in this book. Yes, he does. And I think it's one of those where he would, Bruce would feel responsible for putting Jason in this position at that point without teaching him more about what you should do. You know, being a man, not just Batman, but being a man. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, like I said, they have Joker. He's in Arkham, and you see that he could just control people. He, I, the best line with Joker, I think, is when they're playing cards, and the one guy goes, "Hit me," and he's like, "Yeah, I'd like to, but we're playing poker here." Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, some of the dialogue though was really hokey to me, and the, some of the narration, the narration of Batman, I really think was off a lot it of really the time. Seemed forced to yeah. me, and, and to make it sound. Uh, as close to the Dark Knight Returns as possible, but it just didn't seem natural at well, all. Well, and do you correct. think in the meantime, I remember when this was going to go, I think Frank Miller was like, no, I'm going to do this, but now Azarello's with him again. I, yeah. I thought that when it, this was first said, he was kind of going to do this himself. And we that, That's that, what I thought. And didn't we get the impression that he was pissed off? He was pissed. That's what I'm saying. That's Dark what Knight I thought 3, this yeah. book was, that he was pissed. I'm going to show you, but here's Azarello again. And really, to me, the dialogue, the narration especially, comes off as somebody trying to ape the Frank Miller. Frank yeah. Miller. So I, I, maybe he's just lost it. I don't know. But I really did think that that narration was off. In the, in the meantime, you get this crime story, like you said, this mystery of all of these Gotham elites uh, killing themselves, trying to do this. And it's, I want to impress her. I want to impress her. I, it, that that just really died for me. It yeah. really was nothing. Are, are, do you agree? Like, really, the Pretty setup much, for it really was nothing to me. 
I'll be honest. I sort of, I sort of even missed it the first time I looked through it, and then I had to kind of go through again. And I was like, oh, okay, this is because there's there's sort of a lot to unpack in this. Yeah, yeah. In this book, you know, and you kind of meet Poison Ivy. Yep. You have a lot of hanging out with the Joker. Yeah. It's it's easy to sort of miss certain things, uh, but yeah, it just seems kind of like a very thin story. Pretty, are you saying it's pretty thin, Riggs? Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it's very thin to me because, but basically, everything is going to lead. To Batman being too old, he's too old for this shit. It's, it's really this is lethal weapon Pretty right much, here. Yeah. Uh, but like every scene, besides the Joker stuff, really, because the Joker stuff seems above and beyond. It really doesn't it tie into anything until the end. Yeah. Um, but even the Killer Croc stuff, the Killer Croc stuff to me, that could have been Bane, that could have been anybody, any big brute, because that I was hate, just. A I really show. don't like the way this Killer. Oh, yeah, I hated it. Killer Croc drawn. It, yeah. It could be anybody. It's yeah. Like, why is this Killer Croc? It yeah. And it, it just has to be a big brute that yeah. to show. And really, I don't know about you, but I saw and I thought it was actually Bullseye at first. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I knew it wasn't, but it, it, for the little things I've seen at John Romita, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? That's Killer Croc? But yeah, <laughs> uh, it just had to be a big brute so that Batman could face off against somebody who's stronger and, and now all of, a, yeah, and all of a sudden he can't fight back as well because he's older. Um, and also does show you that he still can make up for that, and he's not completely done. But it just everything seemed disjointed to me. It didn't flow well together, like the whole Killer Croc stuff didn't yeah. flow well to me into the Poison Ivy stuff, into the Joker stuff, into even the Jason stuff. Because uh, when Killer Croc's there, it, that's just really forced to show Batman just getting the shit kicked out of him. And that was when Jason was out in the car. And he came, and he's like, I told you to stay in the car. Yeah. Batman's bleeding out. He can't even breathe. And it's really forced. And the one thing I will say is... And drawn is, out, you know? Like, yeah. If, if, you know, I understand they had the extra pages, but is that the best way to spend them? You know, Well, and like, I, I really do think that there was a lot of padding here. I, yeah, I said that like, to you. Like, a lot of these scenes were extended a little too much. Like, yeah, we get it. Batman's getting his ribs broken. Batman doesn't. You got that. Um, but yeah, it all leads to this thing with Poison Ivy where she's getting these guys and I don't even really know what her end game is. Like what is it? She says that, oh, they're, they just want something that's in a, unattainable and I'm going to, Hey, show me your presence. I never really got a concept of what she's doing except yeah, flaunting her stuff. I, I don't know. Hey, she's got the power. Well, she has the power. She's like fucking snap with the power. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, Killer Croc's behind Batman again, <laughs> sneaks yep. up on him, starts choking him out again. I really thought he was going to break his back. And then that's when Batman turns the table. He, I just – I was not that impressed. I liked it more than The Dark Knight 3. I really Definitely. did. And oh, I really sure. do think – I'm not saying that Jody didn't like it as well. I think he really enjoyed it. But I think Jody really was waiting for this comic, not The Dark Knight 3. So yeah. when he got this – he was really into it, and oh man, this is my Dark Knight again, and Dark Knight Returns, so boy, I really like this, but really, of nothing, and I'm not even, is is this just a one and done? Because a lot of places are calling it a number one, but they, this is a one and done, right? I don't even know. I thought it was I thought it was a miniseries. Okay, well, maybe it is then. I didn't even know, and that'll be delayed. Well, I It'll mean. Be up for fucking ten years, but that's yeah, what I'm <laughs> um, if every issue was seven dollars i don't know what the hell they're they're mm -hmm. playing at 
I really don't because this is not a seven dollar issue. You you said it angered you the whole time, but in the end, like I said, I don't want to go through the whole thing. But in the end, uh, you know, Jason and Bruce get in a fight. Jason thinks he's top, and I I really do appreciate that they didn't go over the top with this. This whole time, they uh, any other person or whatever story we've seen like this even with a damien or whatever it's just been constant of the robin saying you don't understand you're just old and i know how yeah. things get done now they really didn't push that it really so does long pops yeah, yeah. So i'll show you but it's more <laughs> of a like um jason just is training he knows that batman is too old and he's going at it but at this bit he just leaves he's gonna solve everything himself he goes off and yeah, that's when Joker, they, he has escaped from Arkham and he gets him. And yeah, it looks like he's going to kill him. And it's fucked up and all that. But yeah, uh, I was not that impressed. I really wasn't. I, mm-hmm. if I'm going to, and I'm, we talked about it. I will say, I think John Romita draws a pretty good Alfred. <laughs> I do not like anything else. I really I, don't. I like his body, you know what I mean? And even paging through it right now, there are a lot of good panels, but. He really, to me, has struggles with faces. They all, yeah. t- he seems to have about you know four or five different basic face models that get reused well, over and over. I'll say the one where it really gets me is when Alfred is bandaging up Bruce, yeah. and he's got like the almost like the crucifix type look. He's got his arms out, and that could be any one of like seven characters that I've seen John Romita draw. He's yeah. just a, but it's just I don't like it. I don't like his art. It's just a style thing that the I'm faces not. Faces look really flat. It, it looks like people are wearing stockings over their faces yeah, all the time, like they're just, about to rob a liquor store. Uh, all that being said, though, I don't think he is a bad artist. I think no, if, I don't either. It's just not, I don't like the style. The, yeah, I, I think that really it's a style thing, yeah. and, and you can draw a straight line pretty much from Dark Knight Returns to this book. Yeah. So if if you if you love Dark Knight Returns and you've been staying away from uh, the uh, other Dark stuff Knight's because way, yeah. yeah because because Dark Knight Two pissed you off like I yeah. pissed me you you'll probably like this a lot yeah better. actually I would like to say that don't go by what I say I am not a real big Dark Knight Returns fan I've read yeah. it twice I was thinking about it today I've read it twice I read Dark Knight uh, Strikes Back once and I read the Dark Knight Three stuff and I have not been impressed with any of it and it. I think it's one of those things of me reading it now. It doesn't have the impact that that it had that people would have read then. For sure, no, and yeah. even my age, I, I'm t- like Jody. Obviously, probably wasn't around when the the Dark Knight Returns. You know, he probably read it later, but he was at an age where it would have been like him then. You know what I'm saying? That sure. Uh, uh, 14-year-old might read The Dark Knight Returns, and it's just so much different. It's so dark. and So and, badass. Yeah, badass yeah. that you'd be there. I'm freaking, you know, I'm a middle-aged man, and I read it. And, and unfortunately, I like things that are bright and happy. Like yeah. How miserable I am, that's the sort of things I like. And this Or, or you it. want Batman to tell you about how he handles diarrhea. That's right. If Batman yeah, would tell so me what to it. do, <laughs> yes, that's what I want, tips. I want to know what Batman would do if he went in the Batcave and the toilet had a turd in it with no toilet paper. And it would that freak him out as much? And I mean, he'd be he, like, what are you doing, Alfred? He's in that suit like 10 hours a night, so obviously he's got to take – there's got to be like a, really? a, di- a diuretic pill or something. He, he is like Rafe. He probably shits himself <laughs> constantly and then tries ghost pepper salsa. But no, I, Shakes it out of his pant. Yeah, uh, what would you give it? 
Oh, I don't know. I guess probably a seven. I'd probably give it a six, five, seven, somewhere around there. It's not horrible. No. I just think that they're, the stories seem like just vignettes pushed together. It doesn't seem like a constant narrative to me. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. And, you know, if they just kind of reduced this to a shorter comic or yeah. you sold an 80 page comic for four bucks, like I say, then I really would be. Much more into it, but yeah. uh, you know, for seven bucks, I think it's a little bit of a risk. Yeah, I just, I the, the whole thing, Killer Croc doesn't blend in with the the, the what's it called? The Even though Sheik tries to say, a Poison Ivy tries to say, like Killer Croc is one of these guys who went. No, well, K- Killer Croc is traditionally like in Poison Ivy's throne. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, not always. That's that's just kind of one but version. It's just, yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's not really explained. In and this, I, I, it's very odd. I hated Killer Croc in this. It I did too, but yeah, we're going to move on. I, like I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on that, but yeah, if you love The Dark Knight Returns, I do not see why you wouldn't love this. Yeah, I, I really I, I give it a shot. This might be what you've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next book is a book of yours, Reggie. Which one is it? I it forget. It is New Suicide Squad. New Suicide Squad, number 21, written yes. by Tim Seeley, art by Gus Vazquez, and... Juan Ferreira. Oh, Juan they, Ferreira, huh? Yeah, well, he didn't quite do the art. <laughs> no, on this. he didn't. He, he did didn't. the plotting and yes. the breakdowns, but and he did the cover. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But yeah. uh, it was drawn by Gus Vezquez. Juan Ferreira also did the colors, which is why okay, it, did I he? Very similar, yeah. Okay. He did a lot. He, I think he wanted to send. You know, this is his obviously his last book on yeah. Suicide Squad. And I, I wanted to send it off right, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. But uh, day 10,036 of the hostage situation at Spooky Castle Fleisch House, and things are about to get witchy. Robbie Reed attempts to use Amanda Waller's unconscious body in an arcane ritual that will make him leader of the Fist of Cain somehow. But the squad crashes in at the last minute and saves the day, including Captain Boomerang, who severs someone's hand at the wrist with a throw. In the end, a pretty cool story that simply took too many issues. Yeah. Um, I hate that, Robbie. What's his you name? Know, like Robbie Reed. Oh, I fucking hate him. Air, I, I hate that the Buddy Reed. Oh, heir to the. Uh, we we hear it every issue. <laughs> they always have to throw in this coffee. Even says like, my dad wanted to change the world by coffee. I'm like, yeah, what are you know. fucking talking about? It's so fucking weird. idiot. Uh, yeah, I don't like him. I, I remember when I first saw him. He definitely has that Scooby or Shaggy look too. Yeah. But yet I like Shaggy. I hate him. I will say one thing. Boomerang is fucking vicious. He is. It shocked Suddenly me. he's become such a fucking lethal dude. Yeah. Oh, my and, and God. Slicing him guy's throat. Throats. Very opening. I know. He slices throats. Where did that come from? I, I really, I was like, what the fuck? But yeah. He's, sick. he's not taking it anymore. He's, he's sick of being treated like an asshole. And he's going to save the day. Because, uh, it's weird. This is one of those issues where Eric says it a lot, where he's like, huh? I must have missed an issue. What the? And But I know I didn't. And But yet, for some reason, it started up, and maybe it's one of those that it's so much the same story over and over again that I just have zoned out sometimes. But yeah, yeah. it's way off. With I'm like, okay, but really, what story do I have to zone out from? You get the same thing again. It's just that <laughs> Robbie Reed, he's, he's going to do some ritual with Amanda Waller. He's killing fucking Red Tool. Looks like Red Tool in here. What is that guy like? Major Havoc or whatever his what name is? Death... death. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, what is his name? 
God, I always I forget now. I'll remember. Uh, Death Trap. Death Trap. There Death you go. Trap. Yeah. Him and 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 fucking uh, what's it called? He does look Deadshot. like Red Tool. I yeah, he does. And him and Deadshot. It's funny because they definitely are having a bromance, and Harley yeah, calls oh, him sure. on it. But yeah, yeah the, really, there is not a lot to this issue. I really am upset that the the Reed Coffee, uh, the fortune that he has, did not allow him to buy a camera to video. <laughs> to, he has one of his henchmen. T- on his cell phone. Uh, what yeah. is going on? I'm like, I thought you had all this money, buddy. You're making a cell phone video. Yeah. <laughs> Nonsense. But yeah, it, what else? Is, well, tell me about it, Reggie. Cause... Well, uh, so we open the book. Death Trap has killed Deadshot for Robbie Reed and uh, expects some kind of payment. Robbie Reed stabs him in the neck. Yeah, right and, in the neck. Uh, and proceeds to do his ritual, which involves putting Amanda Waller in some skeleton's arms, and he's going to kill her. I, I guess will say that skeleton. The height of the full moon. Skeleton looks a book. skeleton looks a little like the the knight in the Last Crusade. Maybe yeah. do that. He Amanda Waller chose poorly. That's what I think. Yeah, there she is. Poorly. Really, this stuff just kind of kept going on. But yeah, go on. I don't want to interrupt. Uh, and and the idea is that he's going to become the head of the Fist of Cain, which is they've been battling. For five issues, four issues, uh, yeah, yeah, straight in Castle Fleisch House. There's a whole point system. It's like that stuff isn't even really important. Um, meanwhile, Cheetah is still fighting uh, Red Rose. Rose. Red Rose, Red right? Rose, yeah. It's like the the spirit of killing, the spirit yeah. of murder. Yeah. This, this this whole part just makes no sense. It's really weird. Story. It's like for me, all this is is the setup to get El Diablo out of the book, but yet you want him in because he's going to be in the movie. So, in the movie. But well, it's also know, like a redemption thing in the show that he is a good guy as well. Like he has of course, a, yeah. you know, he is a heart of gold. It's yeah, very and odd. he sacrifices himself for the team. Well, I do want to point out, number one, you don't see a body. So no, obviously yeah, whenever you see that. And, yeah. and it almost seems like something, the way he talks about it, how uh, Red Rose was followed him from his first murder. Yes. Uh, and he feels like that, that his he brought her here. That this is They're seeding this for future issues. But we yeah. know there's not going to be any future issues. And le- at well, least by yeah. this, this team. It's true, you know? unless what happened is, because this, this run is one of the ones that is extending in through Rebirth, and we're going to get one more issue. This ends Tim Seeley's deal. Yeah, I thought this one was last one I said. I, I did, too. Someone corrected me. Yeah, yeah, they corrected you. But I maybe this is one of those where, like a Teen Titans even, like you you would think think near the end of the Teen Titans run before we get to the Damien team and stuff, we're going to have more of the team breaking up. Like maybe this is like, hey, when you're finishing this up, Tim, we need you to do this with Diablo because that's what's going to happen there. We're going to do this and that and the other thing, yeah. and that's going to lead to what we get. Like like you said, it's weird to set up something that's ending, but maybe it's one of those where they told him what he needs to do yeah. going stick, forward. Stick, stick this in there, and since you have five issues for this issue that – the story that could have easily been three. You have yeah, three yeah. Rooms, and then you so. have, like, at the beginning, you'll have them, like, doing some ritual in, in Bell Reb to bring back El Diablo something or, like that, you know, yeah. something like that. But he even says, like, he seems, well, he says it. I'm going to go, you know, we're going to go to hell. Well, he, uh, you know, the the Almighty's going to send me back because I've done my, you know, he, he really spells it out that he yeah. is coming back. Uh, but it's weird. It's, uh, this is another one where there's like a lot of shit going on. The whole Robbie Reed thing, I really could care less. I really could. And even the whole thing, this is one of those issues where the main concept of what's going on 
It, it doesn't interest me. Like you said, they even mentioned like, ooh, now I can get the points. I'm like, we're still dealing with this I know. fucking oh, yeah. points. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Points, like, Just get the fuck out of this castle. Okay, That's, no, there's your point. I'll give you all points on. for that. But yeah, and, and I, I do like <laughs> Boomerang. Just slices his hand off. They're, I know, they're doing the very... this ritual. He's about to, you know, get rid of everybody. He can control Cheetah. It seems right. Cause well, no, yeah, it's it's already the, the the ritual already went tits up because uh, the Suicide Squad comes crashing in. Yeah, yeah. Shot. Isn't dead. He got shot with a rose petal. I don't really understand that either. I, 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 I think it was something was... they mentioned last issue that yeah, I yeah. lost over. But anyway, no surprise. He's not dead. He shoots Robbie Reed in the hand. Everything's going crazy, and Robbie Reed's about to activate the bombs in the base of their necks that Argus yeah, put yeah. in. Okay, uh, yeah, you're right. That's, I didn't even realize that. Somehow, specifically, Cheetah, even though it looks like he's just holding, you know, a smart yeah, whatever, thing, yeah. so he can target it. But then, fucking, a boomerang comes through the window and just cuts his hand right off yep, of the wrist. It was right so off. awesome. Yeah, it was I so good because he. I love too because he's got like the thing up and he's like, "That's it. I'm gonna yeah. murder the entire." So <laughs> his hand's yep. gone. Oh no! And then they give that hand to Alfred. That's where it was. That's from. right. And, that's and I also right. love too. That this reminded me when I read it, it's so bizarre. But I, uh, when I would watch basketball as a little kid, there was a big thing where you would have a guy reject a guy in basketball. And I don't, you love, like, everybody goes nuts for the guy who rejects the ball into five rows into the fucking stands. But the problem is, it's out on you then, the other, t- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I remember hearing early, as a kid, like the best rejection and stuff like that is when you reject it to a teammate, then they get it fast break. And I'm like, not only did Boomerang cut that fucking hand off, but he made it so it drops right in Waller's fucking lap. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it, that's awesome. I, I don't yeah. know why it reminded me, but it was so awesome that he not only just cuts it off, but it lands in Waller's lap. I'm like, that Boomerang, man, he's badass. I know. And he, he's is. He's, he is. He saves them all because, yeah, then they're going. And you get a lot of I, – I do like this issue. You get a lot of character work in this issue. You even have like Deadshot looks like he will – he'll go down with the ship. I didn't yeah. quite get that, but it seemed like he was like, you know what? This would be a good way to die. Yeah. And, uh, and he has and, a lot of respect for death trap. Yes, he does. Yeah. And then he, a boomerang goes in around his thing, and it says, you owe me. And it pulls him up. But even that, you even get the stuff with Harley and El Diablo is really good. It is. And I like this. This was kind of what I did like in Sean Ryan's uh, Suicide Squad. Harley here, yeah, anybody could write her as insane, crazy, over-the-top deal. But in this even, she you get a more of a character, and you, you even feel sorry for it a bit. And But yeah. she, she's a looney tune. She's crazy. But uh, they all get saved, and they go back to Bel Rev, which, you know, they're never that, – that's the thing, too, is they're never – be they, they, Amanda Waller lies to him all the time. Oh, after of course, this, yeah, you're never, never free. Uh, but then I even like that they show the hunky punk. You know, <laughs> I know. Talking about that, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! I forgot about hunky punk, but there he is. They oh. show and they're like, yeah, and I like that too because she's like, yep, Mr. Ashmore jumped at the chance to help. He really did try, and but she knows what really happened. But she's making it nice, you know. 
Because yeah. really, he just got shot, right, or stabbed right off the bat. Oh, he did well, not. But, like, but he did. He did. No, he did one thing. I can't. Did he? I, I, I think just he got into him the dying. place or something. But yeah, he died immediately after yeah. that. Yeah, he was. We laughed uh, because of but that. But he did. He stood up against. Okay, but yeah, but she yeah. makes it. You know, she's very nice about it and saying, "Yep, he did that." Well, then you have like the end. You have a Breakfast Club ending. Again, you have this in Sean Ryan's deal, too, where they're all sitting there. You see Boomerang. He's reading some magazines, probably a freaking Playboy or something, but he's there. <laughs> there's there's Killer Croc eating a goddamn zebra with cheetah in the room. I, I don't know that I would put them together. I really would. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. But they're, they're beasts. Yeah, there they are. And then the weirdest thing in this issue is if you're looking at it while we're going through here, there is Killer Croc and Cheetah, and then the next panel they show that Amanda Waller has become She-Hulk. <laughs> you remember that? She's green. Is she? It is so <laughs> odd. She she's shaking the hand of that French woman. Yeah, yeah, she and is her definitely she's, in the face. She's it's like She-Hulk. She's there. Hey, it's, She-Hulk here. It's so. She's odd. tall as hell, though. She's yeah, she heels. is. Yeah, she is. Uh, but yeah, again, it's almost like one of those like war never ends. Well, neither does this thing because now you got the French involved that they're gonna have their yep. own little deal. Everybody wants their own Suicide Squad, even though it never works out. It, no. it never does. But yeah, then you have uh, Lawton taking a shit, and you know what? <laughs> he's probably reading The Dark Knight Returns right there. And then Harley <laughs> just sits down, and Harley it says, "I'm not allowed to write letters to myself anymore. They won't let me because you know it's crazy." I wish I had some. And then he starts like saying a letter, dear Harley. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's an awesome ending. Was, I, I mean, really this, like this is the way it began too. Obviously, you know, yeah. this, this was the opening thing. She yep. she came and into the, same the bathroom. Thing she even says, yep. And she even says, like, hey, we're not going to turn in the lunch lady, are we? No, no, no. We won't do that. And, yeah, it kind of starts again. I think that with that lady coming in from France and then this, it just shows the, these characters in and the Suicide Squad itself. It's just, it, it is a life sentence that is always never ending. They go out. They get their ass kicked. They barely get back. And it starts all over again. Yeah, start over. Hey, again. you know what? I'm going to involve you in our next escape plan. And yeah, you know, it starts. I'm actually the end. It should have had that, but it, it should have dot dot dot. It always has you know. Quote. Yeah, I mean, I, I dug it. Uh, especially I mentioned before that you know Juan Ferreira didn't uh, draw this one, but he no, did, but it's actually he did plot good. it to break down, and and it really helped to keep it uh, a little more stylistically the same yeah experience. yeah no, it, it's not as good it's not gonna no i agree it's not as good uh, but, but it's good it's good, it's good. Yeah, yeah it's not bad at all and uh especially when robbie reed is doing the starting to try the ritual there's a lot of really good color uh stuff yeah. even like the el diablo stuff was really good but when anytime they had a couple panels and they really seemed to like fall in love with it where he was with uh, a lot of streaming uh light and the stained glass window. Yeah. It was really good. I, yeah. I liked it though. I, I really, the color work. Well, but this yeah, one, this one where his, 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 uh, he's holding the knife above Amanda Waller looks awesome. Yeah. Like, that's, that's like the one I was backlit. looking at. Yeah. yeah. yeah there, there's some really of them good. like, I don't know, there's like kind of light streaming in like every doorway a little bit. Oh, it is. I, well, I'm looking, there's even like, uh, the one where Harley's beating the shit out of people and there's like light coming from every direction. That is yeah, it's like, tough. But I do like that one panel where he's there with the stained glass behind him, Robbie, and he's like, we're going to do that. And that's when Boomerang cuts his arm. 
Yeah, and, no, I love that. So That's good, awesome. No, I, I like the art. I, I did not have a problem with it, it at all. The only story, problem with this series, like I said, it was a, definitely a, at least two issues too long. Yeah, it was. I agree. I think that it was a couple this issues art. too long, especially when you're in one set piece the whole time. It For sure. Really points that yeah. out. If this would have been uh, two different arcs where they went off, or even if it was like this Robbie Reed, they had him, the ritual was uh, disturbed, and he went off to fuck. He escapes, yeah. Yeah, he went off to Germany, and they, they had to chase him there, and, and some, or they went, he went into the, uh, the French underground, and he had to do this, or, you know, whatever it would be. But yeah, yeah, because, cool. because it was only in the same deal, I think it really stressed that, boy, we're not going much with the story because really it just kind of drug on. But uh, what did you give this? I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I think I gave it a 7, 7.5 as well. There's uh, nothing wrong with it. It And and, and I I really think the story in the final analysis – it was a fun, uh, yeah. cool story. Just a little, just a little too long. Yeah, it just long. went a little wrong. And I said, uh, like you, you said on the site you, with the last issue, and Sean Ryan is doing an issue uh, coming in at the end of July, end of next month. And I tried to get a hold of him because I wanted to see because from what he kind of told me. Uh, he was talking to us a little during the Suicide Squad because I think I loved it more than anybody else. So yeah. obviously he was talking to us, and he actually talked to me a, a bit. At the end, when he ended, because I said it was like a, 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 what's it called? A breakfast club ending. And he said that was exactly what he was going for. <laughs> it's like kind of a joke that he wanted to do. And we talked, and it was weird. I think he followed us on Twitter, and now he doesn't, but whatever the case uh. may be. But I tried to get a hold of him because it seemed like he kind of got kicked off the book before he wanted to. And he had more things, and he was kind of forced to, to get it over with for this new run to start and first off i thought it was odd because you're only getting this other story to lead into a rebirth why why you know tip the apple cart at that point just keep going with what was going and um but he seemed to leave in bad terms i may be completely you know reading it wrong but all of a sudden now they have an issue from him all this time later and i really do think that it is a uh what do you call it? Inventory what, issue. Inventory yeah. issue that has just been around and they're going to use it. And I, yes. I did write down the solicit and it, here it's delve if you dare into the twisted mind of Harley Quinn as she wrestles with her past and questions her future in the mind bending finale of New Suicide Squad. So again, it's going to be one of those where Harley's just there. It's not going to, it's going to be a one shot that doesn't. And I, I guarantee you I'm going to be angry because it's going to be another one of these goddamn issues that it's just there to take up space. It sounds sort of like the uh, uh, Harley Quinn Suicide Squad April Fool's thing, which yeah. is all right, but it was it was just sort of like, what the hell? Yeah, and again, you're going to have with this is the less jokey, so you'll have a little more yeah. violence with it. But yeah, it's just to take up space. Yeah. It, it is actually, when you say inventory issue, it, it even goes beyond what normally is an inventory issue. These really are. I don't we, – we were talking before we went back on here, and I said to you, why are they that concerned with having that one less – I mean, I know you want to make the money and you put out these issues, but there's at a point where you can just say, okay, listen, God, like Batgirl. Batgirl's ended. We don't get Batgirl for a little bit. Right. Just let some of those have that happen. You don't yeah. need an issue up right up until Rebirth, especially if it's going to throw people off. But at this book, they're going to throw this out, and it's weird. It comes out almost that same time as that free one. They're really pushing this out near the movie. They're of not course. having this in July 2nd. 
This is like July 28th or something. Way I mean, the, the movie has something to do with it. Also, there's, you know, some wisdom would say that it's better to have a title out every month. That way, regular subscribers or readers aren't, you know, don't drift away. But you also run the risk of turning people off by yeah. giving them a piece of shit well, that's for something what, that's, that they know isn't important. Especially you, know, those, those. you have regular readers that have their pullists, like a, a Dancing Mike. And you're like, okay, all right, I, I love Suicide Squad. All right, I'm, I have it on my pull list. I can't wait for Rebirth. Oh, man, I can't. Right. And then all of a sudden, a fucking issue shows up, and you're like, wait a second. Rebirth isn't for a couple this? weeks. What's this? And you're like, you fucking assholes. You fucking ripped me off. Hopefully, it'll be good. I like Sean Ryan's stuff. Yeah. But still, it's not going to mean anything. It, yeah. it won't. I, we'll see. But, yeah, the next one is another one of your uh, books where – I I actually like this issue as a goofy bit of fun, and it's uh, Swamp Thing. Me too, yeah. Swamp Thing number six, written by Len Wein, art by Kelly Jones and Michelle Madsen. Just back from Nanda Parbat, Alec Holland enlists the aid of Zatanna, Phantom Stranger, and the Spectre to confront Matt Cable and take the Swamp Thing suit from him. Turns out Matt was possessed by Anton Arcane all along, which only makes his being condemned to hell even sweeter. Back in the mossy saddle... The townspeople of Huma, Louisiana, now hate and distrust Alec, but that's just the life of a green gangster. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to mention uh, kind of the same phrase uh, later when we talk about Poison Ivy. I, I really think that this story got a little away from Len Wein. Because maybe, we yeah. got, Well, just the whole thing with Matt. Uh, like Maybe this concept of what has happened uh, might have played out with a little more setup and a little more time because at one point we got this whole thing where, oh, you know why I'm doing this? Because I want to be, uh, uh, what's it called? I want to get back to the police force because they didn't give me any money as a thing. Then it, yeah. it turned into a, hey, look at you people who don't respect the green. And you could kind of say, well, maybe that was like, the green kind of going with him, but now we find out that in fact it wasn't Matt Cable. It wasn't even him all No, along. that's it, what that is. Yeah. All this nemesis, yeah. yeah. Which is sort of, great. It, it, that is great that it's Anton Arcane. But yeah. it just to me is very odd because of the, the minute that they used that hand of Fatima and Matt Cable, quote unquote Matt Cable, who was being at that point possessed by Anton Arcane, which I still don't understand exactly what went on really. But when he became Swamp Thing, I think that Anton Arcane would be like, hey, Swampy. You know, hey, Alec, fuck yeah. you. I'm Anton Arcane. I'm Anton Arcane, like, right yourself. away. Like, why would yes. you wait? I don't he understand. He would not wait. He wouldn't have went through those issues where he's like, you don't understand. The police didn't know. He, he, Anton Arcane would not care. All Anton Arcane would care about is to throw it into Alec's face that he's the one that gave him the Swamp Thing body. And you could have went with that. That would have made, to me, a lot more interesting story, though I have liked this miniseries. Yeah, overall I have, too. But it's weird uh, that out of nowhere you're going to have Anton Arcane. I wouldn't have minded if Anton Arcane was behind it, but just him being like – because basically he says that Matt Cable – something just went down. Somebody just must have fallen down the stairs there. But yeah, Anton Arcane helped Matt Cable. He, he saved him. And Matt yes. Cable was legitimately going at Nanda Parbat to save or try to figure out how Alec Cole was human Alec, yeah. and then was uh, caught under an avalanche. Mm-hmm. And made a deal with Anton Arcane. This is where I'm like, where does Anton Arcane get these deals? Like, yeah, I know. He you know what I mean? It's time. just odd yeah. that he's oh. making these deals, but he, he makes a deal. Him. He saves him. Matt Cable uh, goes into a coma, and Anton Arcane takes over. It's very yeah. weird. And and to the point where, what's Matt Cable doing now? 
like as the like it seems like he's saying he might still be in the coma. I guess when he pulls they pull him apart, he is worse for wear. He does get yeah, yeah, he's actually he is still in the coma. Yeah. So that makes sense. He is. But, but in the meantime he's the there. End. He he expo he, he freaking the big plan is revealed. He says this and Alec Collins like, you know what? I don't care because I brought reinforcements, which we knew who they were. We've seen this yeah, uh, leading to it. And it is Phantom Stranger, the Spectre, and Zatanna. And this is where the book actually, when, oh, Anton Arcane, I'm like, you son of a bitch. I was actually a little disappointed. The minute that those three, Phantom Stranger, Spectre, and Zatanna, show up, <laughs> I was all in because it's hilarious. Yeah, the comedy. It now it starts getting great. And I'm telling you, of all these, Phantom Stranger is the best because it's it is a drum roll introduction i'm sure you've heard the whispers about the enigmatic phantom stranger <laughs> who hasn't that's what phantom stranger i'm like you are a badass phantom stranger you love yourself buddy but yeah who hasn't he's like the nick nolte of the uh, dcu oh or my something. god and then the, uh, there's the specter he gives him his announcement and i always like through this whole series i always like the beginning page with the you know the mighty muck monster and I love this page because in the art every time they say their names there yeah. it's in that font of their character but then they get to Zatan is like you know what you couldn't have done this with the uh, the mistress of magic who fucked up Zatanna and Zatan is <laughs> like you point that finger at me one more time I'm out of here Alex he's so mad um, I will say that I always say this each issue. I like Kelly Jones's art for the crazy things. The the people, Not little so off. Yeah. And Zatanna is very odd here. Yeah. There's there's a picture. Her second panel that she's in. It's like what's what are her legs? Like what are That's they? What's what happening? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. The one where she's like standing next to uh, the, the specter. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't it's, know. Uh, her legs look like I don't know hams or something. Yeah. Or they something do look weird like happens. Hams, especially with the fishnets going. Mm. It's really odd. It really and her. Her face is really thin and crazy. But yeah, he's he's not so great with humans, but you know it is definitely also part of his sort of. It is a style uh, changing style. So yeah, it has almost a psychedelic style where everywhere, yeah. you know, the char- same characters can look a little bit different from panel to panel. Yeah. It's, it's kind of well, dreamlike. And in the meantime, the whole deal has been the uh, hand of Fatima. You need to get that going again so that he can wish to be AKA monkey's again. paw. Monkey's paw. And the problem is, how many times are they going to say this? You know that only an act of God can yeah. get that back. And you have, you have the specter there. Duh. But there is a lot of hocus pocus of how this happens. I don't. Can you explain to me what they're doing? Is it just. I don't know what. Why well, well, they, he redoes the ritual that they I did. I know, but it's just it just yeah. Seems it doesn't. It's 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 very convenient. Yes. And like and like we said before, and I think I said in my review. So the specter is the spirit of God's vengeance. Vengeance. Why, why does that give him the power to open up? Yeah, this, I don't this understand that. It doesn't make yes. any sense. Like, no, I don't understand that. that. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'll go with it because it's you know it gets yeah, the thing yeah. going. But now we get to my. Favorite, favorite people and part of the book. You go to Argus headquarters, and there's Etta and Steve Trevor. Etta, Etta Candy and Steve Trevor. And yep. they have to figure out what's going to go on. They have to figure out what, what they're going to do. Yeah. Swamp Thing. And at this point, really, if they are watching, Swamp Thing is not destroying anything. There are people attacking them. That you you might well, he's, get to he's that. sort of fucked up the town of he of, has of, fucked Palma, it up. Louisiana, if, if but you yeah. are actually watching, which looks like they have video going, 
You would think you they would, would see, see that, you know. That, oh, my God, we have these other characters attacking and you're doing this. But no, they say Steve Trevor is a black and white type of man. Yep. You only have – he says we're out of options. We are nuking that town. And I, Reggie, what are the other options that they explored? They did uh, – hmm, Let me see. <laughs> they are uh, just sitting nothing. there. And, and then it's great because Ed is like, oh, my – the devastation, the loss – regrettable but acceptable and i'm <laughs> I know. And, and they say to them like hey we can't do this that is like we can't do it without the president's uh okay oh no the president's on the line the phone rings and i'm thinking this guy better be in his last term yeah because i don't know how he's running for re-election with the uh, platform of i have nuked part of the u.s right because yeah. it is nonsense and save us from a swamp thing and and steve trevor even says hey the town sheriff said to do it, so it must be okay. What higher authority can yep. we go to? Yeah, really, the sheriff. He's from the town itself. Yep. He the must sheriff be. says it. it. It must. They must know it's done. He doesn't it's, know that the sheriff would do anything to get out of alimony payments. Oh, the sheriff. Get out of alimony payments. Yep, the sheriff just wants everything out. Yeah. You know, hated Very the town. nihilistic. But yeah, and and to me also, I kept thinking like they're gonna nuke the town somehow. Swamp Thing's getting out of that. Swamp Thing is gonna boom out into the green, end up in fucking you yeah, know well, Virginia somewhere. That's uh, you, you can't actually nuke Swamp Thing. That's you know? what I mean. They don't that's, know that. And I'm yeah. like, oh god, you're not doing. And but yet he just Steve Trevor. There is no other option. We've Steve looked Trevor's for Steve Trevor basically Bill Paxton in uh, Aliens, or maybe yeah. he's more like Paul, Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser, yeah. yeah. It just you're gonna do it, and it's happening. In the meantime, the whole thing goes down with. Uh, and also, you have the Spectres doing the thing with the monkey paw, and then I'm thinking, I know Zatanna's kind of doing the ritual again, but that doesn't even make sense to me. No. And. There's Phantom Strangers there because, you know, everybody's heard of him. He's the star, I guess. I know. <laughs> like, He's been around since like, here? And, like uh, four issues. And it does. It switches then. It's going to switch off where uh, Alec – and that's the sacrifice he's going to make. Now he knows. And, and it's funny, too, because they're like, listen, if you do this – you can't go back. And I'm yeah. thinking Alex like, nah, I think I might be able to. This shit, <laughs> this shit seems to go back and forth a lot. Um, but, yeah, he goes at one point looks like he's turning into Gary Busey. And, and he goes <laughs> in the swamp there. Oh, holy crap. But, yeah, it goes and then they're going to the Spectre is going to separate. Or is it Phantom Str- No, it is the Spectre, right? Who separates yeah. him. He's like, okay, Alec, uh, Matt Cable was a good man. You're not going to do this. I'm separating you guys. He separates him and then says, be gone with you. And – uh, Anton Arcane ends up in hell with one of my favorite guys ever, Etrigan. Etrigan. Rhyming and stealing. And he's rhyming and stealing Etrigan. He rhymes. He's not in it enough. I really would have liked a lot. I know. Um, and I really would have. It was really a cameo, though, just to let you know. And, and also, I mean, you know, the, the scene where Anton Arcane, like, looks the most human in, uh, when he's in hell, you see that panel at the top right of yeah, that? Yeah, page? yeah, yep. That looks almost exactly the way he was drawn in the original series from the seventies. Okay, it really like brought me back. He looks like, yeah, and, yeah. and even in, even in that sort of semi-cartoonish way. I okay, mean, Kelly yeah. Jones definitely did an homage to Bernie Wrightson with this okay. whole so series, that's cool. and that's something that went over my head that I wouldn't have known. Yeah, but, that's yeah. A, totally for the Swamp Thing nerd. He's an old man right there. He looks like me. Anybody want to know? Manship, get your fucking friends. Tell them to buy <laughs> you know, Swamp Thing number six and look at uh, Anton Arcane. But yeah, yeah, that fucking Etrigan's laughing it up. He's having a fucking time of his life. Yeah. And then we get back to Steve Trevor. I love this. <laughs> and this, he's there. And he's like, 
almost oh, better no. than the other scene. Oh, it's so good. He's like, I can't believe it. The threat has ended. And I just like, oh, thank God. I'm like, oh, no, we better call. Abort the thing. These missiles take a U-turn. I know. <laughs> Is that possible? I, I need to know. know. I don't think that's I fucking I don't either. Possible. I'm thinking that they're going to hit a thing and they would just explode out in space. Nope. They take a U-turn. In any movie, if if this could happen, you would have it happen. It, it yeah. does not happen. It's always like, oh, no, we're going to have to do something. Yeah. It, they abort the drone attack. These look like missiles. Like I'm not saying, drones. this does not look like drones, but it says abort a drone attack. Maybe the right. art was yeah. a little off. Uh, where maybe, are these missiles they, going? Where I mean, are they going? Somewhere they're blowing up something. I'd love, I'd love to think that they, they fly back to wherever they launch from and sort of like yeah, dock backwards. Everything's fine, you, see you know? That? <laughs> I actually thought of them going and actually backing up into yeah. it. Beep, beep, beep. And they just park. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, thank God missiles, you're back. Yep. And then the missiles can talk. They say like, yeah, that was close, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's the, so crazy. They walk by, they punch out at a clock. They're just yeah. like, oh, boy. You know, and then you see the one guy goes home. His wife doesn't love him and is his always yelling misses. at him. And then, the, <laughs> yes, and then the other one goes home, has a great life. But yet they, they come together as great partners. There you go. Yeah, that's a, well, I want to have the, the rebirth number one missiles, it's called. Missile command, we'll call it. How about that? <laughs> That'd be awesome. The Dude. missile command deal. That and, sounds good to me. And I think the one on the left, the one whose wife doesn't like him, it's because he's a drinker. He, he's had a lot of problems. He's seen the shit. He's been in the shit. And he he has become a very heavy drinker. And he kind of gets a little physical with his wife. And S- she doesn't like that. the uranium. She does not like that, Reggie. And now he almost like at this point, that guy, that missile thought, okay, finally, I'm going to have a good death. I'm going to end this. I'm a hero now. I'll show her. At the last second, they make him U-turn, and then he comes back. And he goes, you got to understand, honey. I was almost a hero. And she's like, yeah, that's what you always say. Almost, almost. Yeah, we were yeah. almost rich. You exactly. almost did this. We almost, you know, everything is awful. This guy's life it is sucks. And then it's basically what, a lethal oh, weapon. No. And then he blows up the place. That's you're it. Just, Kills you're him describing too. lethal weapon. You know, one uh, one missile's got everything that's, to live for, and the other missile yeah, the has no, missile nothing, has no reason nothing. to live. Yep, and then in the meantime, that other missile, they they kidnap that missile's little missile. The, I guess the, the, that missile kid would be bullets, maybe, right? The bullets would Probably, be? Probably, yeah. Yeah, somebody kidnaps the or one. Or mortars, maybe, yeah. That, and then the one thing, he's like, you don't think I'm crazy, do you, missile? No, I don't, missile. Boy, this writes itself. I wanna, oh, yeah. I'm going to start writing this, missile command. <laughs> the, uh, and the, you know, he, these Argus scenes... This is only two pages of the book. Two, two different pages, and so it fucking funny. almost steals the it's show. So it's so funny. funny. I love it. Uh, then almost steals the show for me is how awful the people in the town are. Which <laughs> one of them is Lucius Fox's like niece, uh, yeah. the black lady. But yeah, I you would get at this point that, yeah, you'd say, okay, well, you see this one. I think that they would have been around enough to see what was going on. You would think so. They'd be you know familiar. What I mean? what, yeah. Just go home for a fucking break and then came back, oh, they're Swamp Thing again. But that's how yeah. they play Didn't it off. Didn't we tell you to get the hell out of yeah, here? Yeah, basically, he's like, hey, I saved you. You know, everything. You get the hell out of here. And I love that Alex still says, like, hey, if you need me, call me. We won't need you. Yeah. Get out of here. But then He's you go. Like, you know, if you maybe want to celebrate my birthday, 
Yeah, Next Saturday. You know what? So, I love. So I would love there. to have a cookie puss cake. You can send it out <laughs> to the swamp. Just don't worry about it. I love the cookie puss. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, then you have them go and uh, uh, Matt Cable is in in bed. He's in his coma still. I like that the weird uh, things that you would never see a male doctor say with what a shame he's in a coma he's such a nice looking man yeah it's almost that what is that (laughs) why is it a shame he's in a coma because he's a nice looking well because if you were in a coma you'd be doing you know society a favor yeah but still it would keep you in iron lungs it's almost like they think that that has something to do with the coma I know, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, boy, it, it's so weird. that Too comment. handsome for this world. And it's almost like they have to say that because then the next thing, Abby Arcane shows up and says, oh, my poor sweet Matthew, goes to kiss him. And it's supposed to be like, boy, he's a good-looking fellow. That's why Abby's on. And, yeah, kisses yeah. And then he wakes up. He yells Abby. And then we see a frog and the reflection. I know. That's it's a weird monster. ending. But, you know, it's and that's just a little fan. It closes okay. And, and yeah. this is where it's kind of uh, – the open-ended ending that I like because I don't think this is ever going to continue, but it kind of already has. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've you've gotten the story a million times in it's, Swamp it's Thing. It's sort of, yeah, this, this, and it's like the Swamp Thing in our minds, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. You can think about, like, what would happen. You know, it's not like I'm like, holy shit, why didn't they fucking end it? I yeah. actually thought that it was a pretty fun way to end it. And uh, in general... I actually like this miniseries. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody because I don't know their, uh, you know, how they would go about it. It is very old school. It's not as crazy as, say, the coming of Superman. No, but but, but I did still... I did equate this sort of that, especially the way that it's like you know pulls out Etrigan, pulls out yeah, Abby, yeah. pulls out it, Anton. It's a very, it's a, it's an homage to the an old school deal by the guy who wrote Swamp Thing, and right, you know it's. it's yeah. Created Swamp Thing, yeah. yeah, and it's uh, basically you know an old school look at what you know Swamp Thing was all about. I, I like... had my I had my ups and downs with this series. I think I was a little harsh on the first one. I think you know my I think my scores kind of ride in the seven to eight range or whatever. And that's where I'd put this thing. But overall, I would say I did. I enjoyed this mini series. Yeah, I did both, too. both as a Swamp Thing fan and also as just a fan of weird comic books for well, strange Well, and this people. is where I, I actually hope that, and we're getting that uh, six-pack uh, Dog Welder book. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I like the concept of this because, and especially every time I think of it, I do think of that Superman coming as Superman, where it's not necessary. You, if you're not into it, you don't have to buy it. No. You, there's not going to be a crossover, but it's fun, and it's something different, even Bloodlines. I really enjoy that sort of thing, and I'm not a guy who usually goes for that. Like you, were, that's de- these are all right down your alley. I know. Well, I'm really I always are. like the crazy ones. Yeah, but I like this because I read this swamp thing. I do not have to worry about anything. I can giggle at fucking Steve Trevor. Yeah. Uh, coming a Superman, I just laugh my ass off because it's not like, <laughs> well, this doesn't like Eric. This doesn't make sense, and this and that and yeah. the other thing, and it, it's a lot of fun to me. And though. We're going to talk in a minute about Poison Ivy. That was not, you know what I mean? That seemed yeah. to try to take itself too seriously and try to, to, you know, save the world or something. But what did you give this issue? I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I, I actually, it's weird. I would give it a 7.5 and I'd give the whole series about a 7.5. I think so too. Yeah. yeah definitely in between a 7 and 8, which I think is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, if you like Swamp Thing already, you, you probably have been reading it and you haven't been, you should have been. It was all right. Yeah. Uh, so one thing can... I got to mention though is before you see Matt Cable, those last three panels, which is really where this book should have ended, 
Yeah. But it fucking starts with Phantom Stranger saying, Oh, yeah. Hey, nobody just walks away from me like that. <laughs> just who the hell do you think you are? And so that's when the drumming for the final, the credits music starts. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, doo, doo, boo, yeah, doo. yeah. And and Swamp Thing would turn around and be like, "Oh, I know precisely yeah. who I am. My name is Holland." And then like, there's a pause in the music. Doctor Alex. right there. I know that that really was the perfect ending, but yeah. it was, you know, it's still with with the epilogue. Then a little was... dueling banjos going. Maybe do a freeze frame like oh, that last scene like... in Breakfast Club with the Swamp Thing with his fist raised fist up, up in the air. air. Oh, oh, that's awesome! But yeah, you're right. That is funny too <laughs> because you have all this, and it's just Swamp Thing walking away from Phantom. Because Phantom Stranger is basically saying, "Look at what you did. You sacrificed it all. You, you have a lifetime of." horror and he's like you know fuck off i'm yeah. going i did it for who i am and these people deserve what you know go fuck yourself nobody phantom stranger has a very high opinion of himself in this book i know uh, but, but, but yeah. it's basically a schmuck but anyway you have two books left uh, not my favorite books no <laughs> not my favorite all. One, actually junky books yeah no neither of these will shock anybody who listens to the podcast because i don't think i've liked any of the issues, one is Poison Ivy, the other is Scooby. Obviously, if I didn't like the first Scooby, that's the only one that's been out since. But yeah, uh, Poison Ivy, though, tell me about that Poison Ivy, Reggie. Poison Ivy, Cycle of Life and Death, number six, written by Amy Chu, art by Al Barrio Nuevo and Cliff Richards, Sandu Floria, Scott Hanna, Ulysses Ariola. The spooky monster that barely threatened Poison Ivy and her plant animal hybrid daughters turns out to be exactly who we thought it was. And the whole Ivy clan is powerless to stop him. Luckily, Swamp Thing shows up for no fucking reason and saves the day. Only for Ivy's daughters to run away from home while she catches up with her estranged friend, Harley Quinn. Yeah. And that's it, about it. Yeah, I really, if this, if we had Flash reviews still, you, that would have been a great one. Yeah, we would have walked away <laughs> from it here. Because you know, the thing, the thing about that, you know, you, you've been down on this book since the beginning. Yeah, I didn't like uh, the first two. Uh, Eric, Eric has been a little quicker to be down on it, but for me, I started out pretty strong, even for the first well, two. It's weird. And you, it it's just you, fell off a You and Eric cliff. love the first two. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love the first Not love. I, you I love the Eric first. like the second one. <clears throat> and I hated it. I hated it from the beginning. I thought it was awful. And I, I said when I read that first issue that we're never going to get a, a good ending and it's going to be yeah. nonsense. And because too many things were just thrown out there and never resolved, even in those first two issues. Yeah. And this happens where all of a sudden you're like, yep, like you said, yep, it's the guy we thought it was. It's grim, but nothing is really resolved with it. Uh, basically, he had inoperable cancer. And he was using the embryo. I love to. It's like the stem cell research. Yeah. That's all it is. It's like the Republicans, they wanted to stop the stem cell research. But this Dr. Grimm, he's going to go for it. And it's the stem well, you cell. See what, you see what happens. This yeah, I know. They were right. Yeah, the stem cells are all from this, these, uh, you know, babies. Yeah. And then you're supposed to believe that she had the research. She started the babies because it was working. He needed his own little factory. Hello? That's what we saw get destroyed earlier with uh, its thorn, right? That was his experiment. Yeah. And that, so he set that up for his own personal stash. But then Poison Ivy destroyed it, and that's why he came after them. It makes sense enough, but really there's so many holes in this whole series and I forget what happened to the, um, Grimm's 
buddy. He died. I know he uh, died. Victor, yeah. He, he died right after Grimm but died. He why? died into that book. How? Uh, didn't Thorn kill him? I'm I didn't even positive. know if Thorn did. I thought that it was this monster. Like, it would have been him, but it didn't make sense. So maybe it, it was Thorn. It's it's had a lot of problems with yeah. uh, continuity in this. This monster has had different colored uh, word bubbles and and yeah, it's it's been it's had problems for a six issue series. It really seems like yeah. it was being made up as it went along. Yeah, it really did you seem know, because like, you, you got these these sporlings that you got the idea that the thing that was going to be the reason how uh, poison ivy kind of finds her humanity uh, yeah. by, and finds like a nurturing type thing and realizes she has to live more for other people and it kind of ends up that way but in a weird way. Like, like we find out Grimm is the bad guy. He just attacks her, and they go on and on about this. But it's just so odd. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, it's like we. I think we talked about it uh, same way before uh, we recorded. Was that you know you think it's she's gonna her redemption is to have these children and to realize that you know that she's responsible for more in the world than just herself than and just you know, herself and even that was humanity like, is important yes but then and, the girl the girls leave like yeah it's like they seem to want to make a future comic with these three girls yeah uh, it's so weird but, but beyond that what annoys me is that here's a chance you know it typically you would expect you know poison ivy can't beat grimly you know and then her three daughters show up and they save the day by showing everyone their great powers whatever they can't beat him either they get no. their asses kicked and then Swamp Thing has to come up and mop up, which is just like... And it's like why? almost like only because Swamp Thing has to get there to say, almost like, listen, you know, when you try to fuck with things, people people pay attention. The green knows. That's really all he's here for is to tell her. But it doesn't matter anyway because nothing matter. happens from it and they just leave. And uh, do you think that they're heading down to Swamp Thing area or is it, South it, actually hell? Where are they heading? Well, the bus says Washington, D.C., so I hope they're just going yeah, to go to uh, Congress. We, we said we're going south. And, yeah, I yeah, I don't even know. I, I guess they're up in, like, the uh, New England area. I, I don't know. I guess, no, they're in, uh, they're in Gotham City, so what okay, the hell Okay, so it would have been, like, New York. New York yeah. or whatnot. And, uh, but still, it just seemed odd. So, yeah, are they going there to get for animal or, or plant people's rights? What, what are they <laughs> doing? And in the meantime, you have Darshan, who we thought at one point they were she was, Amy Chu was working that he was going to be this guy. No, he's he's a good guy, but yeah. the big thing for him here is you have to have him almost die. It just nothing made sense to me in the grand scheme of things. Like you said, this issue seemed again. They're like, oh, we have one little more issue. Okay, let's do this. Even like the point, like. Hasta la vista, and they throw Grimm into the water. You think we should have thrown him into the river? Too late now. Too late now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, like, okay. Yeah, I expected the the fist to come up out of the water then at the end. I mean, because, he could definitely, he can come back later. It's, it really seems why? to be set up for a series later that no one will give a shit about. <laughs> no. It doesn't make any sense. This thing with Darshan really pissed me off because, okay, you kind of imply that he's in on the mystery, but no one ever accused him. I mean, he never explained shit. You know what I mean? For all I know, he's still, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know that he can be, be trusted. You know, I so don't know. Uh, and he seems to really like to go behind the back of. He likes to go behind the back of Poison Ivy with these girls. Like I got the feeling he's getting sexy time with these girls. Yeah, well, hey, he's a <laughs> but it's just weird. Like you, you, and you didn't even get the point where you thought that these girls 
um, had learned a lesson. No. And they have decided that they – like almost like a John earlier where John uses his heat vision and kills this cat. Yeah. These girls yeah. are awful. Uh, Thorne eventually spells it out like, yeah, we better get the fuck out of here. We killed a bunch of people. At least they addressed it. So did Poison Ivy. She killed like five people up yeah, until now that weren't ba- – they might have been scumbags. Me and Eric got in a fight the one time when me and him talked about this, when the guy from the lab, the guy like, hey, I said that we were knocking boots, baby, so you're in the clear. Yeah, he was sort of being sleazy. And he was being him. sleazy, but yeah. And Eric's like, no, he was raping her. I'm like, no. No, he wasn't. She jumped to a conclusion. You're all jumping to a conclusion. You don't kill somebody that just comes up and goes, hey, baby, you know what? I'm here for the payoff. No, you beat him up, maybe. You're, sure. She's a superhero. She can yeah. tangle him up and hang him out like fucking vanilla ice out the window and go, you yeah. know what? You're going to get here. No, she killed She killed the one person because she thought that it was a abuser of animals. Yeah. And that just seemed to me, it was like, that's a big thing for Amy Chu. And she wanted to show, you know, you don't fuck with me or my wife. But, yeah, out of nowhere, you get the big finale. Swamp Thing saves the day. It's Swamp Thing. It's I know. Swamp and that thing. really what is pissed this? me off. I mean, I mean, and not for nothing, if you don't want to show, uh, you know, Poison Ivy being empowered, you don't have to. But it's been this whole long setup but about isn't these, that what these you three daughters. To do? That's what I would have expected, you know, yes. to show, like. And then at the Poison end, Ivy if really you did. go with this exact story, we don't change anything. And at the end, Swamp Thing shows up because he's been told by the Green to go tell Poison Ivy, listen, you can't screw with these things. These these girls now are part of the Green. They're, they're part of this, and they're not right, and this shouldn't be. You can't do this. That's fine to me. That would make sense that, po- yeah. that, that Swamp Thing would go there. But he just comes and saves the day. That's it. And you even get the whole thing with, like, the Grimm because – yeah, I don't know. Are you supposed to feel bad for him? Because I don't. And then no. all of a sudden it's like, look, his cancer's back. What is going on? Why that was, that doing- I thought was stupid. I mean, I said in my uh, review, you know, plant cancer Yeah. on a plant. I mean, I understand. It's a, I guess he's a plant-animal hybrid. It's really I, unclear. But on a, on a plant, you just cut it out. Or, you, or you, it's actually – yeah. In trees, it's called burl, and it, yeah, it yeah. sells at a high premium. So, <laughs> really? You know, she's like, could... hey, Grim, sit down. We're going to deal with this. We're going to yeah. make a lot of money. Give me that cancer, yeah, baby. This is weird because that's like thrown out in this issue. Yeah, like, I know. Like, this was not let so into. So much because... was revealed. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Thing was because set up they as, like a, it... as a mystery. Yeah, they made it so that it was like, oh, you didn't know this. But this would have been something that you could hint at. And they even said like – he started fucking around with this. That other doctor found, but the other doctor even that—that that was the other thing earlier. Uh, the lady who was friends with Poison Ivy, I forget her name. Doctor Louisa, yeah. Yeah, um, she ended up finding out financial stuff. Like, I also that I was like, why would she even be dealing with that? She is a scientist. She's yeah, she's dealing, a research scientist. Yeah, she's dealing with the finances the and like, why does the budget have this? And I don't see that equipment, whatever. And then he's like, yeah, she found out, so I gave her, I poisoned her tea. And that gave me enough time to get this. And then when the police were on, I contacted the Wayne Foundation, and they got the police off my back. No, that right there, I'm like, what? What is the Wayne Foundation doing? First off, you call the Batman's on the case, or, or even so, what is Lucius Fox calling? Like we said, is he calling and saying, "Hey, police, I know there was a murder. Back yeah, off." And back okay, off. okay, Mr. Fox. <laughs> it just it was so many things like that that were like quickly explained and forced in that were just stupid. It really. Yeah. And like you, you were leading into this thing with these girls. I thought that the girls thing was way over the top already, 
but it wasn't enough now. Now I'm like, I, I was so mad because I thought they were really forcing them. They didn't force them enough. They didn't for, you, said, you end up knowing, knowing yeah, you know nothing, nothing about them. And you said it, you nailed it really at the end. You're just like, okay, I don't know anything about these characters, including really Poison Ivy, because the big character moment is her just calling fucking Harley again. Yeah. That we saw at the beginning where she said, I don't like to deal with people. Now she's going to deal with people. I don't get where she learned this lesson because she was awful the whole time. Yeah, and, I, it and she's makes like, no I, sense. The spoilings are right here. Oh, no. She's like, she is the worst mother. They've just <laughs> left and they're gone. Good riddance. Uh, even, you even kind of get the impression that she's, she won't even go look for them. Like, no, she's I actually like, thought oh, Easy she, come, easy go. I thought she breathed a sigh of relief and she was ready to, to go on with her life. These girls were crazy. They knew it. Even Swamp Thing even tells her, like, whoa, they're, they're out of hand. They yeah, might be well, a danger to themselves and to you, and and then he just disappears in the plan. Girls. He goes, "Hey, I gotta go. I gotta go on this planner and leave." <laughs> I know that is funny. It's so ridiculous. Uh, what did you give it? Uh, I gave it a five point five out of ten. Oh. Frankly, I think I, I was a little too generous. Yeah, I think I would uh, give it a four. Four. Yeah. I did like the art enough. It was okay. It was okay. It, was it wasn't okay. really yeah. great. It wasn't great. Definitely was not the problem with this book. It, mm. The art was was fine to carry the book, but it was just annoyed me, especially that you know there was no foreshadowing, like you no. say, you know, the fact that all these things happened in the last issue that had no build up, you know, yeah. and it, it really seems it was like one of it those. Ma- like, it made the last issue seem even more like bullshit yeah. than it seemed like yeah. the first. It seems like like one of those like a horror movie where they have the whole movie and you think it's this one guy and then it ends up being a guy you never met in the movie. Right. Yeah. Like it, that is bullshit. It ends up being so it's almost like scream. I get so angry. <laughs> but yeah, uh well, next up we have Scooby Apocalypse, right? And I did write a blurb for this cuz I did not think you were going to. I didn't. You didn't. I figured that. Uh Chris did this on the site. I he actually asked for it. He wanted to do it. Uh, mainly because I had bad mouth wacky raceland so much and said that I was getting so much crap for it. He's like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. He's a Scooby fan. He and he didn't like it. <laughs> Scooby Apocalypse yeah, number two, written by Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Mateus, art by Howard Porter, Hi-Fi and Nick J. Knapp. I like that name. Nick J. Knapp. Sounds like a cartoon character. The apocalypse is on. While I like this issue a little better than the first, I still think that everyone involved missed an opportunity to make something special here. Instead, we get characters who are unlikable to the point that they don't even like each other and a story without any fun whatsoever. We even get the mystery machine this issue, and it's ruined by everything else. I just don't like this book I put. And I'll tell you right now, Chris gave it a 6.5, and... I had read it, he read it, and he even asked me, he's like, what do you, what do you think? And he was even one of those, like you have even said tonight, where you're struggling between a, a he was not struggling between a 6.5 and a 7. He oh, was no. struggling between a 6 and a 6.5. Oh. He liked it a little more. And in the, in fact, he read the first one, he did not like the first one. So I think that that did, uh, skew, get a score a little more, cause I do think this was better. It was better. Yeah. Yeah. And because we got, we got the introduction, but but still, even you said they they stand around and talk a lot, a yeah. lot. Uh, in your mind, did you think um, uh, what's her name, Velma? Did you think that when they knocked off her glasses, she was gonna have something crazy involved? I uh, actually thought she was gonna be a cyborg. That would have been kind of awesome. Really well, you, see, you see, like her eyes 
have no pupils when you yeah, it was see weird. I really, yeah, I really thought when they knocked those up, when Daphne punches her, I yeah, it was gonna be something fucked up. But it'd be was, like a metal but, face. Or yeah, I did. It was like fucking Westworld. All of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> holy shit! But yeah, um, really, what? It, there's not a lot to talk about here. We we left off. Where we well, the art the, the art is great, and the oh, way the, the monsters are drawn awesome. is awesome. I yes. love the way the monsters uh, are drawn. The problem with that is I was going to say where we left off, we saw what appeared to be the Universal Monsters attack. Yeah. You don't get that here. No. And we, me and you off air were trying to justify that. I said, well, that was the surface. Uh, well, sure, so, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, will tell you, I will tell you that Shaggy continues to be the best character, Absolutely. Uh, followed very closely by Scooby. Those two are great. And Scooby, what I really like about Scooby here is shit's gone wrong. And Scooby steps up and shows. Remember, the whole thing was he was a reject. Oh, he's a reject. He didn't do this. Yeah. And he steps it up. Now, I do think that we're leading into him facing off against zombieized dogs coming up because these dogs are somewhere. All right. And I don't know why at a point Shaggy hasn't gone and thought, you know what? Maybe it hasn't affected the dogs. We can get a whole attack squad here. He has not said it. They're at their work. And the problem I have really with the story and the characters, besides them being awful, is at a point you're not even getting the concept that this is Shaggy's work until halfway through where he does with the events and the one lady that used to be uh, very nice to him and whatever. But up until then, it's just Velma yelling and screaming about, oh, this was that person and this was a co-worker. They're also Shaggies as well. And he doesn't yeah. really say that. And also the forced thing, he really wants Velma to call him Shaggy. And he always says, that's what my pals call me. And it's so set up for at the end for them to say, okay. And I, I always forget even their last names now. I, I keep forgetting. <laughs> But who rem- who, why would you I, remember that? I, I I, the way they harp on this, like this minutia yeah. is Well, that's stupid. right. I think with this whole, at the end, you're going to have uh, Velma say, hey, by the way, we're going to do this, right? Shaggy and Shaggy. <gasps> she called me yeah. Shaggy. She does oh, call we're pals this. now. Yes, she calls him it here, but it's very reluctantly. And yeah, I think that that's a big setup. They're going and they're, they're going to go out. They're still, it's weird too, because all hell is broke loose. Yeah. And they still they're still convinced that it didn't. And it's so like I don't care if your <laughs> nanites or whatever caused these things. Shit's gone wrong. Let's get over this. Because it all is like, is this what you did? I thought you weren't supposed to do that. No, we were it was just gonna make them docile and, and you know, subservient. We didn't want to do that. I don't care. There are monsters that I said look like yeah. they were coming out of Half-Life. They look like those <laughs> face huggers, uh, you know, and those zombies. I just – you have to get the fuck out, and they do. Uh, Scooby steps up, and he attacks, and then does he fart on that monster? <laughs> I thought he pooped. I thought he pooped or pissed, you know, you but it does say ploppity plop, so he yeah. must have shit. I think he I think he But it's so weird. Like that is so odd. It is. Because he's like he attacks and also I'm looking at the panel when Scooby attacks and you see the emojis and stuff and he's going. The others are standing around as if they're in line at the DMV or something. They're just standing there. Yeah, Fred's just there. Daphne's like, oh, my God, he's attacking that. Yeah, he's attacking that thing that's attacking you, Daphne, you idiot. Yeah. And then the thing hisses at Scooby, and I got the idea like it was like the thing had bad breath. 
I don't know, but then Scooby's so upset. He goes, Rikes! Because <laughs> he shits on it. What is that stopping? Does Scooby have fucking crazy shits? I don't understand. And then it's like, then you get Shaggy, and, and here's where you're starting to get, because it's Scooby. That's like gross. And that is like a Shaggy thing to say. Yeah. And I really liked it. And I like that, Fred, you also are getting that whole Shaggy thing where Fred is now, he calls him the Shagster. <laughs> but at least you're like, okay, he likes Shaggy. Yeah, Fred He's is seven. cool. Yeah, Fred's pretty cool. Fred just wants anybody who's not yelling at him because yeah. Daphne is terrible. They are getting attacked. And then at that one point, well, Velma just, she runs off. Ah, she, she tries to explain it later. She comes back with the fire, uh, the what's it called? The uh, fire extinguisher. I yeah. don't know what they're getting at there. Like, she knows something. I, everything with her is that she's not telling them what, everything that's going on. In the meantime, Daphne is pissed at Fred because he lost the camera. They yeah, are being attacked stupid. by the craziest things. Yes, you can say that but she's that's like, what a serious journalist yes, is. Yes, but that, no. The, the thing, and especially they show that one scene where everybody seems to be turning into monsters except there's a couple people who just look upset like there's actually people there they're not going to save them but boy shit's gone wrong and then they throw in the hey what why is everybody eating each other i'm like why did you need that (laughs) they're eating each other yeah it was so weird why you why, do this? It's and, because there's a huge, uh, you know, mutating apocalypse going on. I don't know if you if you knew that was happening. Oh, is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah. No, like why even throw that in though? I think we could maybe even assume that. But they even like spell out. Oh my God, they're eating each other. Okay. Then they go, and I'm like, oh, how much more can you ruin Scooby for me? Oh, here it is. Give them AK-47s. Well done. <laughs> well done, guys. <laughs> Because, yeah, then they get these guns, and now you have a talk like, I've never shot a gun. And Daphne, shit, I've shot tons of things. I went hunting with my dad, and it's all the throw in that, that she was rich. Right. And, and this this crazy, bug-ass woman who Shaggy, it's a co-worker Shaggy. And this is where I said, up until now, I think I even forgot that he worked at the facility until this point when he's like, I knew her. Well, Daphne comes and saves them by shooting this woman's face off, shoots yeah. her head off. And then everybody hates Daphne for it. <laughs> this is not that lady. This is a bug fucking yeah. monster zombie attacking Shaggy. And they're like, that was Becky Davis. I mean, she look worked with me. That was Becky Davis. And you killed her. And then Daphne starts saying that wasn't her Shaggy. That was a monster, uh, a human being, not a deer on a hunting trip, a human being. I'm like, what is going the what fuck the on? Fuck in that? Is what is going on? And then they're, when they're talking, and that's when, uh, uh, Alan gets her fucking, uh, glasses knocked off. And I was like, oh, this is where we're going to see Westworld. She's, yeah, and she's, she looks <laughs> weird. She looks odd. Or I was thinking, like, she's saying about this four that she's actually like a, um, almost like a poison ivy fucking sporling. She is a clone that they made. These four made. That's why she's rebelling. Like some crazy ass shit. Still that might do, be. That does sound like a very uh, Keith Giffen type. Yeah, story it still too. might be that she's actually not even a human. She's that. Yeah. You got the Ripley thing where oh, I don't like clones. I don't yeah. like aliens. But yeah, and then they go through the the shaft. They're gonna get out, and there you have the whole thing where it kind of is a funny shaggy thing 
where they're like, how do you know? Because he is like left up here, right. And I'm telling you, I'm looking. That Shaggy's a good looking fella. I'll mention that. Yeah. <laughs> but they go up in the, 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 they're in the ventilation shaft, like at the beginning of Phantom Menace. They're up there and they're going. And Shaggy's like, nah, me and Scooby come up and have snacks and hang out. They're smoking pot up there, right? <laughs> of course. Of course they are. They have a. They have a fucking, in an air vent. They have a tube that goes out there. That's what they're doing. There was guys at my work that I mentioned earlier, one of my old works, that during their break they would go. We we sold hose and fittings and things. Well, we had these big shelves and they'd go all the way up to the roof, and we sold plastic tubing as well. So what they would do is they would smoke pot, but they blow it out a plastic tube that they had running out out through the the thing up into the roof. Look and they would do that. So that's what Brilliant. it reminded me Oh, yeah. Yeah. I said, there's guys that I went to college with. The, these guys could not form two sentences, but they were the MacGyvers whenever it came to anything to make a bong. They could right. make a bong. And it's with everybody. Everybody who knows these people right now or is one of them is shaking their head. Yep. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. I've known Give a lot me of an people. apple, a toothbrush, and some tinfoil. <laughs> we're in, baby. We're smoking, yeah. dude. Yeah, but these guys, you know, they can't put two and two together. But, you know, you go. They see all these things, even that where they're in the ventilation shaft and they keep seeing these monsters. Also, the I didn't even mention they go in the ventilation shaft and they're about to get eaten by some fucking Sigmund and the sea monster. And um, Fred goes, I'll get him. And he blows the shit out of him. And they're like, did you kill him? And he's like, I, I don't know. I closed my eyes. He didn't have his eyes closed. No. <laughs> I see them right there. Was that just a – do you think that was just a mistake or he's just like he doesn't even want to believe it himself and he's lying? I don't I don't I know. Don't know. I- I, think, I don't I know for this. Art. No, you're right. I don't know. You know what I mean? It could be anything. Yeah. Because then they. Yeah, go, it's everyone's duplicitous in this yeah. book. They're all lying to so each then, other and being pricks. Yeah. So then they go down. They're like, "We got to go." This doctor had this thing. He had. Oh my god! They called it the mystery machine, and I like oh. it. I like the look of it. But then Shaggy gets so emotional about this guy because the guy's dead. I'm assuming right now everybody they know is dead. Just get that through your head, Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy, my man. But now yeah, is not the time for emotions, dude. Yeah, but even that, he's like, oh, my God, I'm looking at it. He's got his hands. He's like, oh, damn. Oh, my God. You know, he was out on sick leave. He just came back a week ago. We don't know this character. I know. You know what I mean? I, I'm not getting the feels we from this. We can't sympathize there, with you, Shaggy. No. Sorry. And everything's gone wrong. We've seen a lot of things. And I will say, throughout the thing, um, Howard Porter had been criticized at points for um, – the bulldog-looking Wonder Woman in Just the League 3000 before he was off that book. Yeah. There are parts where Daphne really looks off. Like, so there, and, yeah, well, when she's there with him when he's talking about this guy, she looks huge. She like, she can pick him up and, like, snap him over. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, yeah, then they, they get attacked by even different monsters, and I really don't know what's going on. I really no. wish that they would have kept some sort of semblance of a uniform. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. Some kind of clue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it seems like the, like those might be uh, monsters made out of rats or something. Yeah, they look, they look and totally even that, different. but they're, they're talking. So what is going on? They say kill them all, only dying. So what, what are they? <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I did. I think this was a little more uh, what I wanted than the first issue. And I will tell you that from where we are here, th- they're at a crossroads with me. Number one <laughs> is if this next issue isn't good, I'm done. But I could see this picking up the next issue 
They're getting in the mystery machine. They're going to go out into the overall deal. If they can just tie something down to make it fun, but really up until now even, to the end of this issue, I still don't know why this has to be Scooby. There is no reason for it. Uh, I want something Scooby-esque about this. You're getting in this mystery machine and going out. I would love to have it. I would love, you know, and is this a Keith Giffen thing? At the end, you find out all these were holograms. That they, something crazy where it still is, oh, you meddling kids at the yeah, end. Yeah, maybe. He might pull something doing like doing something crazy with this that yeah. it, 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 it'd be stupid. I want something that, like with Wacky Race World. Or wait, is that what it's called? Wacky Raceland. Yeah. Why are you using this? I want to see something in that issue where I'm like, maybe they're okay. going to pull Don Knotts out at the end. You think? Awesome. Like, Kiss. They're rock, all there. Rats. Yeah. Rats. And what? So hopefully the next issue, I'm like, okay, I get why they wanted to do this story with the Scooby Gang. Uh, I have not gotten it yet because the characters are terrible. Uh, the story is pretty much you said they they're just standing around talking. Um, Helma's lying the whole time, so you, you don't even know what's real or whatnot. You don't trust her at all. They don't trust her. Shaggy is really good, but even this, I thought he was better in the first issue, where you got more of this caring Shaggy who was stepping, uh, you know, stepping up to the plate to, uh, help Scooby. Yeah. And, and do that. I didn't think you got that, this issue. Also, what was weird too, is I, I don't know if you're the same. And this is six issues, right? I believe um, so, yeah. I hate when an issue has a backup and then that doesn't continue. To me, if you have a backup in the first issue, you're you have set the precedent yeah. of having a backup. And if you're going to do that, why not have a backup this issue that shows how Fred and Daphne got together? Why not have a backup that, you know, all these? You had the yeah. Shaggy meets uh, Scooby. Obviously, to me, that pointed out to me in that, like, okay, each issue we're going to have, and then we're going to find out what led these people to get together and do that. Uh, the Fred and Daphne one's perfect. And they don't have it. It's not here. And maybe it's because you only have a couple characters, so it'll be every other issue. Uh, because really, da- Fred and Daphne will be together in the Velma, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It just th- this issue did not anger me as much. Uh, though Chris gave it a little higher score than I would have. I think I'm probably around a five, five, six. I really do like the art. Um, art is, art I, is oh, great, and especially I love the on monsters. the beast. Yeah, the monsters are awesome. And I really like I like Scooby and Shaggy still, mm-hmm. uh, but Daphne's worse. She just keeps getting some Velma. Uh, Fred's okay. He's just a whipping boy. It's, it's, like, it's like, like I said before. It's like it seems to be a thing with Giffen's books where he the women he writes are just always total bitches. Yeah, they are. You know, They're I don't know what it is. Bitches, and it's, it's not a, even like you're. Like, no, he writes strong women. No. <laughs> they're not. Oh, they're, they're over the top, like you said. Uh, sugar and the sugar and spice. Sugar like that. You said Wonder Green, Woman. Uh, yeah, Wonder Woman and Justice League three thousand one. Just mean fucking and yeah. bitchy women. I don't know what it's about. Yep. I, uh, I would have given this a six since you asked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound out of the ordinary. Uh, now again, we'll we'll do the pick of the week. My pick of the week was Superman number one. That uh, the books I read, uh, you did not read all the books that we talked about tonight. I did not. Of your books that you read, what is your favorite? Is it Batman? You read that. I did read Batman. Uh, I did read Green Lanterns, okay. which I liked a lot when I read it. Okay. Um, I think I would have to say though, my pick of the week would probably be uh, Suicide Squad. You know, oh. and, and part of that is because I think I've been through this long. 
Yeah. Too long story, and that the payoff was good. It made me feel good about the, okay. the whole thing altogether. So that's cool. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. That's, that's cool, cool, bro. I, 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 I mentioned. I did like Green Lanterns, though. I want to say. I thought. That uh, was yeah. I we obviously people have heard me yell and scream. Yeah. I loved it until that Hell Tower showed up, and then it seemed like a freaking. <laughs> uh, he threw Sam Humphreys threw like everything at you. Then like all of a sudden you got Atrocitus. Then you got uh, freaking Simon getting all raged up. You got that freaking. We still don't know why the people got the red uh, rage in that Walmart. When Jessica Cruz was there, we said, I said it was because prices really weren't dropping. Like yeah. they, they say. You ever been to a Walmart? I, I have up there today. I fucking red rage Yeah, myself. I actually uh, almost got in a fight with a guy today. Yeah, there you, you go. Reminded me what happened. Uh, I went to go get my propane. We were gonna. This is what led to me making that hamburger. Uh-huh. Uh, our propane was out, so I went to go get the propane tank filled. I went to go get, and I know, kind of. That you're not supposed to take the container in the store, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I know that they don't really spell it out, but I kind of do know that. But I went there with my son, my uh, youngest son, and we set the container down where you're supposed to. Now, again, I could have kept it in the car, I guess, but I set it down. You're supposed to go in. I started walking in. I see a guy going over trying to get my fucking container. And the <laughs> thing is, it's like $15 to refill. It's 50 to get a new one. Oh, my God. And I was like, whoa. So I'm like, wait a minute, Logan. And I go over. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And the guy goes, oh, oh I was going to buy this. No, nah, no, you weren't. And I got really angry. And I went up and I said, <laughs> I'm getting this filled and something. He goes, oh, man, my, my bad. And I fucking hate when people say that. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I pick it up and I walked in and we had to get in line at the customer service because then they're going to come out and open the thing. So I just set it down. And I'm standing there, and this fucking asshole manager comes over. Now, the guy doesn't come over and say to me, like, hey, uh, can can I help you? Uh, you know, you can't. What? No, he comes over. He goes, you know, you're not allowed to have that in here. I said, oh, really? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I had it out there, and some guy tried to take it. He goes, I don't care. You're not allowed to have it in here. I said, yeah, I guess I'm going to go somewhere else and get it filled. And I yeah. went, I picked it up, me and Logan are right there. And as I walked away, he fucking grabbed my shirt. And pull wow. back and goes, no, no, I'll get somebody for you. And I said, get the fuck off of me. Wow. And Logan was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, and he said, oh, oh, man, I, I didn't mean anything by it. I'm like, what is it? no, you don't grab people. I said, I'm going to go somewhere else. He goes, good luck with that. I said, good luck with that. To get propane filled. Are you kidding me? Like mean, good luck with that. What are we, Scooby Apocalypse? No, I went down yeah. the Giant or one, you know, supermarket deal. And, yes, it was a yeah. dollar more. And I went in two seconds. Freaking put it there. Yeah, I actually had Logan. Yeah. And also, that was the other thing. At this Walmart, there's just too many people going in and out that I would feel comfortable waiting in a long line. And the line <laughs> at the customer service is very long for me to say to Logan, hey, stay out here and wait with this. I, I didn't yeah. feel comfortable for that. So we went over to Giant, put it down. Fucking went in. Two seconds later, we were out. I was making a hamburger that gave me diarrhea. I think that oh. guy cursed me. You know, like, I can't believe that guy actually grabbed your shirt. Everyone, yes. everyone who knows Jim Warner knows you don't touch. The That's right. Feds, I'm, like Fan, I'm like, I'm like Phantom Stranger. They're like, <laughs> they've heard whispers of him. Yeah, you have. <laughs> and then the guy, why well, you don't turn your back on me, buddy? Yeah. Who do you, you, think, who you think you are? I was so irritated by the way he came over and was like aggressive right away. Yeah. He didn't come over and go, oh man. Uh, I don't know if you knew, but you can't bring this in. Is there a reason? Do you have anything? Because obviously I'm not just, you know, I, I'm ugly. 
but I don't look like a moron. Yeah. And so, uh, but when he grabbed and he like yanked me back, so angry. You don't touch the threads. What do don't you do t- that. Hey. Hey. I'm like, <laughs> and then afterwards, I did that before I left. I had to go to the bathroom. I was going to comb my hair. Hey. Hey. It looked, yeah, it looked perfect hey. already. And I jumped on my lazy boy and then fucking <laughs> used the jukebox there. Boom. I'm listening right. to fucking tunes. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Next thing I know, I see a guy from another planet named Mork. I'm like, what is going on? And then I karate kicked Tom Hanks. <laughs> I I did think that Fonzie was the coolest motherfucker who ever lived. I, yeah. I thought he was. And so did my fucking retarded uncle who beat the shit out of me. And he hey, under fine. So I'm like, oh, you run. That's a trigger. That means he's aggressive. Get the fuck <laughs> out. Don't give eye contact. Get the fuck away from him. He's going nuts. He also loved Dukes of Hazzard. At least you had that to share with each other. Yeah, me and him. He also loved the monkeys. Okay. Uh, He loved Dukes of Hazzard. He loved Uh Elvis. He loved the Beatles. The Beatles, actually, I will say that of anything of my retarded uncle, I would go to his house and he had a lot of Beatles records. And the thing, this is awful, but you would think that he would have treated them poorly. You know, you just get it. Retarded, just right. throw it on there and fucking go to town. No, you're very good with them. And uh, did you just die, Reggie? You sound like you got. No, just... I'm alive. <laughs> but yeah, we would listen to Beatles records, and then he'd start singing, and then I was done. But before that, oh man, can we, he- can we hear a uh, impersonation like, of that? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was that and drooling all over the fucking place, spitting all over. But did I ever say on the podcast, because you would know, did I ever tell you about the other that I had mentioned the girl that my mom and dad would make me play with as well? Yeah. The would beat the crap out She of you. would actually pull me by my hair and wow. drag me across oh, you, the room you like I was that, a yeah. doll. Yeah. Uh, did I mention at the birthday party when she had the birthday candles? And I was so afraid that she was going to spit all over the fucking cake that I ran in and blew out the candles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was that a shining story. moment. Sorry. My dad was so fucking angry. But wow. yeah, it's fucking retards. They hate me. Well. <laughs> See, and you know what? I think that I can say that because I was bullied by them, right? I, I'm allowed to say that term. So as a victim, as a victim of retard strength. Yes. And boy, that girl, she really would just drag me across the floor. And yeah. she was probably – that's the one thing that, that people – and if you do have a mentally challenged person in your life out there and you get a young kid to play with them, you have to realize that while you have a 20-year-old that has the brain of a 6-year-old, they have the body of a 20-year-old. Right, yeah. That's what I always ran into. And they don't necessarily I, have the empathy or the understanding like said, to know they're, they're hurting. Or, yes, yeah. they don't know they're hurting. They don't have the empathy, and they don't have the control of what they're doing, just yeah. strength-wise. There is a reason why somebody came up with the term retard strength, and I really yeah. don't think it's because they're stronger. It's because it is an uneven playing field that they are with kids that are six. Right. I was probably yeah. seven. My uncle, I think, at that point was 18. I mean, it's that <laughs> crazy. And this girl, again, she was probably 15. I was probably six. And they're like, oh, play with – I think her name was Debbie. Play with Debbie. I don't want to play with Debbie. And yeah. I would go, and she would just, like, think I was a doll. I really do think that's what she thought. And, you know, you've seen girls walking around dragging a doll by the hair. Yep. That was you, me. You were one of them. And, boy, everybody laughed. They thought it was hilarious. I'm laughing like, now. Oh, no, I'm, I'm saying my mom and dad. They see it, and they're like, oh, yeah. look at that. Debbie really likes you. I'm like, yeah. And you know what happened now? You could come over right now and pull the shit out of my hair. Wouldn't even hurt. It doesn't. 
it, it, I actually really? used that later in life. Like I'd get in fights with my brother and he would go for the hair pulling because he's a bit of a sissy and yeah. I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect me. I'd That's laugh. But I'd sit there. He'd pull out clumps of hair. I said, what are you, and you cackled. Who, who are you, Debbie? <laughs> damn it. Oh, yes. I, I don't, I just want to push everyone away from the podcast. We are awful people, but you know what it is? Just like our reviews, I'm just being honest. I've been completely out of school. Yeah, tell it like it is. I got the shit kicked out of me. I should be going to classes where they tell me how to get over it. I, I, cause obviously <laughs> it still affects me. Yeah. I, I see that girl probably three times a week. She lives at one of those like halfway houses. I, it's not a halfway house, but it's like a, yeah, a special needs home or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. I was going to call it different, but yes, the special needs a home. Retard house. That's what I was going to say. And, uh, <laughs> she is older now. I mean, she's very old now. And I really, growing up, I was always told that, and I've mentioned this in the podcast too. My uncle is still alive. He might be like 65 now. You should fuck him up. What's going up with that? The you guy should have died by now. It's going down. Where's the survival of the fittest? Dude? I should go. Uh, he's a big dude, though. Now he's 65. He's probably fucking a wreck. I've not seen him in a while. He lived yeah. with when my grandmother died. He did live with our my mom and dad for like a week until my mom had enough. Got him the fuck out. Then all of a sudden the tables turn. Then my mom realizes that when she goes, "Hey Jeffrey, you got to do that," and he goes, "Fuck you," she can't do anything about it. The guy was like six four and yeah. weighed three hundred pounds. It was all funny when it was me. And then, you, and then you told your mom, oh, no, go play with him. Play yeah, I laughed. Jeffrey. I just yeah, sat there and laughed. Oh, look at you. Yeah, you guys are having a grand old time there. Here, have a football. Go get him, Jeff. Yeah, that's what he'd do. He'd fucking, and it wasn't even that. He didn't even know. Like you would say, hey, play football with him. And you would go out. And there wasn't even like the concept that I can say like he would throw me the football and then tackle me. Yeah. All he knew was that you killed the other. You, there was no football. <laughs> you didn't need the football. I'd go out and I'm like, okay, I'll do Boom. He'd just tackle me. Just were head-butting you. And, and also, like you said with the empathy thing, he would get up and like if it was me, I'd laugh my ass off. Look at you, you pussy. I just fucking killed you. He wouldn't get the concept. So he'd get up and then jump on me again. And then the next thing I know, he's humping my fucking leg. He's got, God damn it. Wow. He did. He, he would get, like, start getting a little sexual. Hey, you know. And I got the fuck out of there. I'd run. I'd run in the basement of my grandmother's house and hide. They had a fucking pool table. I would hide under the pool table. Next time we go, my grandmother would accuse me of stealing the fucking balls from the oh pool table. Oh, my God. It's under the pool table so I didn't get fucking ass raped by your fucking retarded <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's like a prison here. And yet every weekend, my dad, come on, we're going to see your grandmother. I don't see my grandmother when I'm there. I'm running for my fucking life. But all of that helped to make you the well-adjusted man you are today. Oh, so it was this, all I worth have it. I a fucking towel now. I'm wiping off sweat. I'm getting so angry at that. <laughs> Bullshit. It, it, they tri- that, that is cruelty. This is why but, uh, yesterday I was laying down with my youngest son. We went to shoot hoops, and I, I'm an old man, so I'm, like, I'm tired. Yeah. So we were going to watch a show, and I was Ten laying there. Later. We're laying there, and we're, I think we were watching uh, American Dad, whatever we were watching. And Logan turns to me and goes, you know what, Dad? I said, what? And he goes, your parents never loved you. <laughs> I'm like, really? I said, where, where do you get that? And he, and he goes, uh, they don't visit ever. They never come over here, and we don't go talk to them. I said, you realize 
that your granddad is dead. He's been dead yeah. for a year. And he goes, oh, I'm not talking about that. He never liked you. And I'm like, this is <laughs> he's telling me this. I'm like, yeah, you might be right. And then we he were, we were on the money, uh, we were talking about it. And I said, just be happy that, you know, I may be miserable. I may be, I'm a very lazy man, uh, but at least I do some things with you. And I, I'm, I'm concerned with what goes on. My dad had no concern whatsoever and wanted me to get raped by a, a, a fucking retard. Oh, yeah, I don't know. And it's weird that uh, somebody uh, on my block growing up, they had one of those, you know, the, the special needs houses. And the lady was a friend of my mom's who worked there. And it really, there's such a turnover in that job as well because it, it's awful. But yeah. she said that these people in this house, any guy especially, if if somebody accidentally punched a hole in the wall, there would be a race to fuck that fucking hole within two seconds. <laughs> that is the problem that they're always trying because you have yeah. they have wants and needs of an adult body in a yeah. six year old who demands to have like you said, your your fucking nephew is, is fucking is it a nephew you said? Yeah, yeah. Going for the fucking binky all the time. Oh, yeah. Boy. It's got sexual connotation that. Oh, uh, Molly, I think I'm gonna have to edit all this out. I feel like <laughs> screaming. No way. Again, I'm also in. repeating. This is important this stuff. This is folks. all repeating everything I said before. I just I get on these tangents. But <laughs> I get so upset. This all came from that guy grabbing my fucking shirt. Yeah. <sighs> That's it. And we we finished in a pretty good time. We did. We started we did all right. Really, we did okay. Still gonna be like a nine-hour podcast, I think. That's all right. It's fucking nonsense. So nonsense. I guess that's why we have the uh, books of the week. But I think when we do the books of the week next week, I want to get you on for a little chat. Okay. Eric did the chat this week. All right. He did it after we were done. Um, and I will tell you, if people listen, at one point we it was going to be Batman and Teen Titans. That was the the ones that we had done specifically to do that. And we had so much fun talking about Superman that we threw that in, so it was Batman Superman. But yes. yeah, uh, next week we have, we're going to get to the books. I, I had this set up, and then I forgot what we hadn't done. So you said your <laughs> new Suicide Squad, your pick of the week. Mine was Superman, number one. Yep. Next week we have Action Comics, 958. Aquaman, number one, your book. Yep. Your book. You think you're going to get a lot of black mana in that, baby? Mm, probably. I think so. I may have even looked at it already. Oh. Cyborg number 12, which ends that cyborg book of Eric's. Uh, Deathstroke number 19, which does not end that run. I think it's the second to last issue of James Bonney. We have Detective Comics 935, and I will tell you, I did page through that, and uh-huh. it looks fucking awesome. Oh, really? I, this is not any bit of a review. I'm not, you know, talking out of class. I didn't read a word. I just looked at Eddie Barrow's art. Holy crap, it looks good. Oh, it's wow. I can't so wait to look cool. at it. Uh, Harley Quinn, number 29. That's Pretty me. From that. Uh, Justice League 52, which appears to be a book that is going to lead into Action Comics. Um, I don't know why my thing says Mad Magazine 540. You going to do that? That could That's be a it. DC yeah, it is. Also, Looney Tunes 231. We will not be talking about either of those. It'd be weird to talk about Mad Magazine. It's it like would so be many out of things nowhere. going all over the place. I know. Too. I mean, really. Uh, Robin, Son of Batman, number 13. That ends that run. We have Suicide Squad's Most Wanted, Deadshot, and Katana, number six. Yeah. Uh, you have Teen Titans, number 21. That does not end that run. You're going to continue with that. I have The Flash, number one. 
Uh, the next one's Wonder Woman number one, and I love that first Wonder Woman. But yeah, that, those are the books we'll be talking about. And um, I think that, and I said to Eric just in, in in general, right before we leave, the books of the week. I had said to him like he really thinks it's the top scores books. All right. I don't want it that. It's not best books of the week. It's just books of the week. It's just, and I want to mix it up because even if we think action comics and detective are fucking stupendous and whatever, I don't ever want to have like the same two books over and over again of that week. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. So, right. so I want to mix it up, and I, I'm gonna. I mix- think it should be. I think it should be the two most entertaining reviews of the week. Yeah, yeah. Really? So if it's you know if it happens to be cyborg maybe that was, that's a weird one. I said you when we were talking about it, I said you also have to realize that there are some books that are the you know the sellers. <laughs> if yeah. Batman's there and we have that in the title, yeah, we might get a little more people listening, but mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. I'm not as tired now now that I'm all fired up and I'm gonna go down. Usually I eat something when we're done and we're done a lot earlier than we usually are. And you know what I'm gonna have tonight? What's beans that? on toast. Wow. You ever, you ever have beans on toast? Sure. I love, a, good, a good British, good I British love meal. beans on toast. That's one thing I can thank my mom for. And You'll, you'll be shitting explosively later for no, sure. No, it's weird. That doesn't do that to me. But yeah, again, why are we continuing this? With I don't know. Arts? I love this it, is the podcast. All right. Well, uh, keep it weird. I'm trying to think. I still don't know what Eric says. Keep it weird. Keep it real. You're supposed to be proud. Yep. Weird out, everybody. I'll he see said this at the end seven. of the yeah. He said this at the end of the fucking books of the week. See you in seven. I'm seeing seven. What a moron! You're a moron, Eric. But yeah, see you in seven. Oh, there he goes.